What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Huge announcement. The dad drop. Pre-sales going live 6 p.m. Wednesday. You may ask yourself, what do you mean the dad drop? We have brand new shirts coming out. They have Cool Dad, Best Dad, and Grumpy Dad on them. Now, Father's Day is just around the corner. We are offering for 120 bucks. You get a choice of those three shirts. So Cool Dad, Best Dad, or Grumpy Dad. You get a bloke cooler bag, unreleased bloke cooler bag that you cannot get outside of this package. You get a bloke stubby holder that has dad written on it. And then you get it. You also get a bloke father's card to give to your father or to yourself or whoever you want to give it to. Plus, you get a choice of a six pack of bloke lager or bloke mini. That's right. So for 120 bucks, you get a bloke shirt, a dad shirt. You get a bloke stubby cooler with dad on it. You get a bloke cooler bag and you get a six pack of bloke beer. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Be there. Also, the bloke dad shirts are sold separately, $49.95 each. If you just want to grab the shirt, uh, whether it's for a Father's Day present, whether it's for yourself, uh, head to bloke.shop Wednesday, 6 p.m. Make sure to be there. Huge, huge drop. As always, brought to you by Bloke Beer. You head to blokeinabar.com. We've got a store locator. You can either tick the midi box or you can tick the lager box or you can leave it free. And you just put in your postcode. It will show you the nearest stockers. Grab a case of Bloke in a Bar beer. It's beer for blokes to turn up, turn up for their family, mates and good times grab a case of bloke in a bar beer that tastes like real beer not fruity not hoppy also joined today by the great timmy from sc playbook give sc playbook one a follow on instagram subscribe to the sc playbook uh, podcast and the great gurino at rugby league guru with the great new branding head to rugby league guru on instagram Give him a follow, subscribe to his podcast on all good subscribe, uh, all good podcast apps. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by our new shirts. Pre-sale dropping this Wednesday, 6 p.m. That's right, pre-sale. So we've got we've got the cool dad. If you're a cool dad out there, grab a cool dad shirt. Then we've got the best dad shirt. If you've got a dad that's the best dad in all the world, grab this shirt. And then we've got the grumpy dad shirt. If you've got a grumpy dad shirt, uh, sorry, a grumpy dad, grab him a grumpy dad shirt. That is this Wednesday, 6 p.m. They go, uh, they go live. It's a pre-sale and also it comes in a bloke bundle. And guess what you get? So if you pay 120, 120 bucks, you get the cho- your choice of one of these shirts. Uh, then you also get a bloke cooler bag. You get a bloke stubby holder, but on the stubby holder, it says dad. So obviously for your dad or, or if you are a dad. And then you also get your choice of a six pack of beer. So the bloke lager or the bloke midi. And then you get a bloke card. So this is all uh, based around Father's Day. Now, if you're just a dad and you just want to get it normally, just get it normally. Who cares? But these will all be shipped out by August the 22nd. So August the 22nd, the pre-sale starts Wednesday, 6 p.m., then they'll all be shipped out by August the 22nd. Uh, you can also buy the shirts individually. They're $49.95, the usual price. Um, but yeah, so $120, $120 gets you a shirt of your choice, gets you a six-pack of beer, gets you a bloke cooler bag that we haven't released yet, and you can only buy them in the packs, and it also gets you a bloke stubby cooler with dad on it. Um, so make sure to be there Wednesday, 6 p.m., guys. Wednesday, 6 p.m., if you're a dad, get your missus or your, your kids to have a look at bloke.shop at Wednesday, 6 p.m. to get you a shirt. We've got a cool dad, best dad, 
or Grumpy Dad shirts. Uh, plus, we've got a bunch of other stuff on bloke.shop. If you want to go there now, check it out. We've still got a couple of these hoodies. We've got old school shirts with the big bloke on top. So go to bloke.shop to grab some bloke merch. But that's just a reminder, Wednesday, 6 p.m., pre-sale start. They'll be shipped out by the 22nd of August to make sure that you get them for Father's Day. But if you want to get, um, get them for yourself, if, even if it's not for you for Father's Day, cool dad, best dad, and grumpy dad. But I've got the great guru here. How are you going, brother? Going good, mate. Uh, Father's Day, idiot-proof now. Can't mate, go wrong. Can't go wrong. You know, I, think, I feel like blokes... Very hard to find what's good for your dad. You know what I mean? Like, what do I actually get, dad? I think buying so, presents is the worst part yes. of life in general for anyone. And we've taken care of that for you. Yeah. Blokes, we've taken care of that for you. Just get a bloke.shop. You go have a bloke bundle, 120 bucks, your dad will be stoked. I'm telling you, dad will be stoked. I'm going to get my dad, all three of them. Uh, the great Timmy, how was your weekend, mate? Very good, mate. I actually snuck away to Byron Bay for a little uh, little, wow. little, little late season getaway. I know we're getting towards finals time, so I really wanted to freshen up and peak come finals like uh, like every good footy side should you be doing you holidays this year, mate? Yeah, look, mate, they're working holidays. So, you know, <laughs> it's not, not all luxury and cocktails and beers, but, mate, uh, I'm very fresh coming into this one, so ready to go. Mate, exciting times. Luckily, you came in on a quiet week, so we'll just talk about the footy. <laughs> Nothing else happened. Um, <laughs> does Week got a dog? Ring a bell? Does that ring a bell to anyone? Oh. We've got to talk about it. Uh, all jokes aside, so obviously Ricky Stewart in the post-match <laughs> press conference after losing to the Penrith Panthers uh, has called uh, one of the opposing players a weak-gutted dog, and he's been like that since he was a kid. That's just a, you know, obviously everyone knows the quote, but that's just a, 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 a paraphrasing of it. Um, Guru, I'll get your thoughts first, mate. Can you tell the Raiders had a bad loss or what? Wow. And once again, I mean, when no one's talking about the Raiders against the Penrith Panthers losing by 20 or 30. And playing really poorly. Playing terribly mm. against Penrith without the best player in the game. I, I think that Ricky knew it. Both halves. Both halves, yeah. In Canberra, season on the line. Yeah, I, I kind of think Ricky knew what he was doing here. Oh, really? What do you guys... I mean, it's not the first time Ricky's done this. I, don't rec I reckon he just got overly emotional. You reckon he was willing to go, like... The, the ramifications of this are going to be so hectic. There were a million oh, other ways. I, I, I don't reckon he, he thought it through properly, but, I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't shock me at all that he's done something like this after a Raiders loss where they probably should be heavily criticised when their season was on the line. But wow. regardless, I think it was a really shit play by Ricky. I think he's got to be better than that regardless of what he thinks of. Salmon, oh, him as a kid, <laughs> just made it even more fucking bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm interested to see how the NRL handles this. Mm-hmm. Fine, suspension, whatever it might be. I think that they need to put the hammer down. Timmy, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I'd love to say it's a classic Ricky Stewart uh, deflection of the result and trying to take the heat off his players. But, mate, it was a hot-headed moment where yeah. he lost his cool. And, obviously, the fact that Penrith... Uh, won so convincingly, it just makes it look so much worse. Like, had he done it after a Raiders win, it honestly softened the blow. He'd be like, wow, like, he, he's coming in in a chipper mood and still finds time to say it. But after that loss, uh, I, I love Ricky Stewart. I'll defend him uh, defend him week in, week out. Whenever he does anything wrong or says something wrong, which is most weeks with Ricky mm. Stewart. But uh, he lost his call in this one, and I, he's, he's going to get in a lot of strife. They'll, they'll come down hard on him. Yeah, look, honestly, anything else, like, all of the other blow-ups I've seen Ricky had, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's probably crosses the line, but I kind of enjoy the fact that he's so emotive, he's so passionate about the losses or whatever. Like, I look, totally, totally, um, those ones are like, again, they're across the line, but I can deal with them. 
This one for me personally, it's just way too far, way too far, totally inappropriate. And unfortunately, the NRL is probably going to have to come down pretty tough on him. Like, uh, not unfortunately, because like when it, when he come out and apologised for it, I was almost of the mind of like, look, he's apologised for it. Let's just move on. Like, let's move on. He he's admitted. I'm usually mostly on the on the side of if someone comes out and apologised, you just you move on. But then I sat back today and I was like, what if he said that about my brother or someone in my family? I'd be ropeable because now there's like hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, but at least hundreds of thousands of people that genuinely think Sam, uh, Salmon is a, a bad bloke. And whether he is or he isn't, like I, I, don't, I don't know him, I've never met him, have had nothing to do with him. Whether he is or he isn't, those people didn't have the right to know that. Like that he, he's a person that's reputation now takes a hit when it's a personal matter between him and Ricky's um, families. Now, the Salmon family has come out and said um, they're surprised by the comment. He actually hasn't had anything to do with uh, Salmon since he was 12 years old. Um, so very – and then Ricky did say in his, in his apology, he did say, I thought that this, you know, this is a very long time ago and I thought I'd moved it past this, but clearly I haven't. Um, yeah, just really poor. And and some people might say, oh, let them say what they want. It's like, hang on a sec. We're talking about a coach here. We're talking about a coach in a professional environment. He's supposed to be a leader of men, one of the, what, 16 leaders in the NRL. Uh, whether they players and coaches like it or not, there are role models. It's just the way it is. Like, you can sit there all day and say, I never wanted to be a role model, but it's just the way it is. Um, and, and the thing that sucks, I guess, for Ricky from his perspective he does so many good things away from rugby league, and I'm sure you you know more about it, Timmy. But this one was just way, way too far, way too far. So, what do you reckon the NRL is going to do? What do you reckon the NRL is going to do? Yeah, I mean, respectfully too, Ricky defines work. Mm. Like it's it's been ten years of him walking to press conferences, blowing his lid. I don't think that fines work and I don't know if a fine's <laughs> enough for this I, like do, do we recall any coach doing anything like this in nev- I've never seen it in any sport ever ever yeah ever so yeah I, I personally think a suspension probably has to come in here I don't know what a suspension looks like whether it's games press conferences trainings I, I don't know how it would work but I, I don't think a fine does the job mm. yeah what do you reckon Timmy yeah I, I think it'll lead to a su- suspension of some sort and it was such an interesting one because I'm uh, the idea of coming out, and if you just dislike someone that much, I know it's a professional environment. You've got to, <clears throat> you've got to be cautious with it. And like normally speaking, like you know what, coaches, players, they tread on thin ice in, in interviews, and they're boring. And I love these honest opinions coming out. Um, but a, if you're going to have a crack at someone, you have to provide context, and you can't just keep people guessing and calling them out for something without providing context. Yep. But in this situation, the second he mentioned the word kid, mm. it was just like. Ricky, mate, like that that's just so far gone and so out of line. Mm. You know, it becomes it not only becomes a character assassination of Jamin Salmon, but it becomes a character assassination of a twelve year old um Jamin yeah. Salmon, which is just so far wrong. So uh, unfortunately Sticky's well, not unfortunately, he, he brought it on himself. Mm. Um, you know, he's a big boy, he'll be able to deal with it, uh, and he's gonna get in a lot of strife over it. So uh, so I, I love a, a fiery, exciting press conference with a bit of honesty, but, uh, you know, he crossed the line probably more than once with, yeah. in the space of one quote. It's a really interesting thing because, like, if it was player to player, like the kid thing is just, you know, that's, you just can't do it. You just cannot do it. There's, yeah. no, there's no explanation for it. But if it was player to player going, I think he's a weak dog, you'd be like, 
Matt, that's awesome. Like, yeah. player to player, let's do it. Like, we want more of that in the game. Like, I mean, sorry, we don't want more of that in the game because I – but, like, you know, from a purely selfish perspective as a fan of the game, I want players saying how they feel. I want players, mm. um, you know, expressing themselves. How, the biggest origins we've ever had usually come off the back of something being said mm. in the media and then it just turns into an explosion. Um, but I, I just – I do believe that – coaches should be held to a higher standard than players mm. because they're supposed to be a leader of men and women you just cannot go there like what's interesting as well is like he could have he could have got across the same point without saying if he had said something along the lines of um you know kick to the nuts in my opinion usually is really cowardly and um that's not the way i like to play the game it's kind of the same point without the aggressive wording um that's where i feel like it's a clear indication that he was overly emotional in the situation because he would have probably worded it a little bit better without, you know, saying. So, yeah, look, me personally, I think, um, unfortunately, really poor look for the game, really poor look for Stewie, Ricky Stewart. And, and the, the sad thing is I, I think Ricky Stewart's done so well to turn the Raiders around, like so well this year, but it's going to be all overshadowed. Now, I know they played really poorly against the Panthers, and we'll get to that. Um but, I mean, we got to remember, start of the year was looking like a disaster. It was looking like fucking wooden spoon territory. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what the punishment will be. I think a fine probably doesn't cut it. Um, I think that it's, they're going to have to do something. You just cannot have this. You just cannot have it. Just on that note as well, um, I thought Ivan Cleary handled it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that the journos said it to him, you saw Isaiah, you know, his eyebrows went up <laughs> like, oh, fuck, mm. here we go, this could, yep. this could blow up here. I thought he handled it perfectly. Pretty much mm. said, I don't need to respond to that. And said, we love having Jamin here. He's part mm. of our squad and we love having him here. So credit to Ivan because it could have turned into a uh, bit of a shit show there. Well, I mean, I think we saw a much more mature Ivan like yep. only last year with the Wayne situation mm. and... You know, they kind of got reeled into a bit of a back and forth. Now, I'm not so sure Ivan, like we saw how smart Ivan was in this press conference. Now that I look back on it, I'm not sure so sure Ivan didn't intentionally get into that back and forth with Wayne Bennett um, because then it took pressure off his squad going into that grand final. Um, because you're, you're totally right. Like watching the Ivan press conference, he handled that like a mastermind. Like just to go, boom. His emotions, you could see his eyes go like So his emotions just went, mm. and he just went, yeah, I think I it was pretty evident that that was the like. I don't think anyone had tipped them off. Before I don't think they so. In. I, I think, think so. they heard it live. You could there. see in his face. He yeah. was like, "What the fuck? Are you serious?" <laughs> but then he just went like he took like a second answer, and then his whole demeanor changed. He said, "I don't have to answer that." Absolutely, yeah, absolute class from Ivan Cleary. I mean, there's not many blokes that wouldn't have gone. What the fuck did he just say? And then just rattled off a bunch of yeah. you know expletives back. Um, I do, the, I, do, I do understand where the Salmon family is coming from, though, in the sense of, like, it, you know, yeah, Ricky has apologised, but how do they get back the damage that has been done to, Rick, uh, to their son's reputation? Like, how do they get that back? There's going to be a portion of the population that just side with Ricky, that are just like, yep, if he said it, there must be a real reason for it. And that's, that's going to be – there is going to be a narrative – we love the word narrative – that is going to be created from, a certain, uh, from certain people saying – Mate, if he was willing to say that, he must have good reason. But in my opinion, guys, the reason is irrelevant. Whether it's true or it's not true or whatever, you cannot be talking about a 12-year-old kid making – whether he did make mistakes or he didn't make mistakes, it is just not on. It has to be handled privately. There's, there's honestly like 
there's not much that it could excuse that being public, in my opinion. There really isn't. Especially um, when it's off the back of an incident. I'm sorry, it was a blatant accident. Oh, so obvious it was an accident, seriously. Yeah, if, if, he, if he doesn't use the word kid, I could find ways to defend Ricky as a passionate Camp Raiders fan. Yeah. But the second word kid was dropped, it's like, how do you defend this? You just can't. You just can't. Like, it's a kid. Mm. It's a kid. Like, anyway. So... Um, I, I do respect Ricky for coming out. His apology seemed quite sincere. He didn't seem to dodge much about it. He's quite open about it. But that doesn't excuse the fact that this is like pe- people, I, I don't think, a lot of time I feel like some people don't actually sit down and think, okay, what would, how would you feel if there's hundreds of thousands of people out there that now think you're a shit bloke? You would be devastated. And it's not just like, oh, it's a press conference, it's forgotten about. That, that is going to be replayed for the rest of time. Like, look at Tuvi's interview about there's got to be an investigation. Like that, Ricky's comments are already being memed. Like already straight away. Like within, an, within probably 30 minutes of it being done, it was already a meme on, on social media. And so that's what he's going to have to deal with now forever. So really unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. I hope his mental health is all good. Um, and I hope his family's getting around him, which they would be, and I know the Penrith Panthers would be, um, because, I, I, fuck, as I said, I don't think anyone really deserves that, to be honest. Um, just um, quickly on the women's game, um, there was a bit of a, I guess, a, a not a controversy, but did you guys read about the suspension stuff? Yeah. So basically, and I think, um, apologies, I'm forgetting her name, but wasn't one of the Rugby League Players Association, she was put into the judiciary or something to make decisions? Okay, well, dis- disregard that, disregard that. Anyway, whoever makes the rules with the Women's Rugby League game, they came out and basically said, we're going to make it the same as the Men's Rugby League game, as in suspension's going to be the same. So, you know, if you get a grade three or whatever, you miss four to six weeks, whatever it is in the men's game. But the concern was, and like, so when people see that on face value, they go, oh, that's correct. Like, why wouldn't you make it the same? Like, we should be striving towards the same. But the problem with that is, and, and um, a few women rugby league players have come out and argued against it, and they're 100% right, is that it's not the same because they don't have the same season. So mm. imagine if we break down into percentages. So if you do a grade three, and I'm just using random numbers, if you do a grade three in rugby league and there's 26, 25 rounds and you miss, you know, let's say there's 20 rounds and you miss five matches, that's what, 20, 25% of the, 25% of the, the season? Sorry? Yes, 25% of the season. Whereas if you miss four games of a, what, six-week season, five-week season, that's what, 85 to 90% of the season? So they're not the same. And so I, I saw some people, I guess, commenting on it and going, you know, if the girls want equal, you know, want equality or whatever, then why are they complaining about having a different, uh, the same judiciary system as the men? And so I just wanted to make sure to clear up, guys, it's, it's not the same because they're only playing five games. So... You can't expect these girls because they made a mistake and all of the, nearly every every misdemeanor is a mistake. You cannot expect these girls to be missing five games of a season or four games of a season. Like that would just, like we need the girls on the park, sorry, the women on the park as much as possible. And I don't think suspending women for four or five games sends any other message other than we just want to destroy, like, how that can help the comp, I don't know. We already don't have enough numbers as it is. We've got, we've got five, it's a five-week season. Um, so I agree with the, the women that have come out and said, that's crazy. Like, why, why are we getting the same suspensions as the men when they have a full season? So hopefully they can change that because that would be super unfair. A lot of these women work 
um, their jobs whilst they play. Imagine, you know, taking a couple of weeks or months off your job and then, you know, doing a head high in the game one and you miss the season. Well, it's not imagine. That's what they're doing. It's, that's it's literally just, what a heap of these women are doing. Well, what I mean is imagine if you yeah. head high somewhere. Yeah. And this will and be the reality for Miss a season. Yeah. A whole season. So just for people that are like, oh, it's the same. It's actually not the same. It's not the same at all. Um, it's it, not even close to the same. If it was the same, they should work on percentages. They should go, okay, if, if a grade three in a men's is five weeks and it's 20% of the season, then what's 20% of the women's season? It's like one game. You know what I mean? So instead of it being four weeks, it would be one game. So hopefully they fix that because that, that to me is just – I think it comes from a really good place in trying to make it so that we're all working on the same, you know, field but i just think that it's just in practice it's totally incorrect like totally incorrect um but yeah with the women's game i'm, I'm excited i really am like I'm, am i going to watch every minute of every game like probably not but i tell you what i'll be tuning in way more than i was tuning in a few years ago that's for mm, sure for sure um so yeah and and also they've got a bit of history is building you've got the titans versus the broncos the titans beat the broncos in their first year of nrl you've got uh roosters dragons that have a bit of a rivalry going now we've got players trading between clubs and, and this knights team now is stacked like, yeah they've built a really millie boyle up there yeah big recruit they've got uh yeah took it from the broncos dead, so. damn you the knights you know what millie fuck you <laughs> leaving the broncos how dare you not a fan anymore. Just saying. Future, I'm burning my jersey. Future Raiders Foundation, uh, NRLW Club Car. Oh, give Boyle. me a break. I tell you what, there's only one way worse place you can go than Knights. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I'm burning my jersey, Millie. I'm burning my jersey. You want to leave the Broncos? You're now my number one enemy. Um, who else we got? That's uh, you want to say the to Adam Elliott or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so really, really exciting. Any other big uh, transfers in the, in the season, mate? No, I, to be honest with you, I need to have a closer look at it when it all comes. Yep. Um, but uh, hopefully, I wonder, so how many, so it's, is it 2024 that we're getting a few more teams? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Really exciting though. This, this next season is going to be great because they've already had the season at the end, start of the year, so they'll know each other. The, they, their ball playing will be better. Their systems will be better. It's like even... It's Sorry, like the next year we're getting more teams. Yeah. Next so in 2023? 23, 23, yeah. Wow. And how, how are we extending the seasons at all? I th well, so, we'll have to. Yeah, so basically... It's going to expand to 10 teams in 23, but the, for 20, the 24 expansion is going to be either a longer season or more teams. That's yet to be decided. But, like, if they get more teams, it's got to be a longer season, doesn't it? Oh, for 23? Uh, uh, I mean, for, for 24 as well. Because, like, if they've got more teams, they have to play more games, surely. Yeah, I guess. Surely so. everyone plays each other. So they yeah. Have to. And if the editor or either that or it'd be, like, a pooled, like, yeah, a pool, cut pool, type system. Look, the good thing is, is it's getting better. You know, the girls have made... The girls that have come before and the girls now, they're all making sacrifices to make it work. And hopefully... Oh, so, sorry, you're right. It's going to be played across 11 weeks overall next year. Mm. And that includes That's finals. Good. So, yeah, it'll be a nine regular round comp. How good. That's awesome. And hopefully, you know, a lot of women that may not watch rugby league start watching the women's rugby league because that's, that's the fan base that they need to get. You know, like, you know, for example, me, I can only watch so much rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine watching bloody two full seasons? Um but yeah, it's great. Like if they can, you know, get the women on board and more young women start playing, and they can build that women uh, fan base, that's when they can really have their own game, make their own decisions, and and instead of having to, you know, at the moment it is great that the men's game is helping it. I think it's the right decision. But how good would it be in a world where they could make a self-sufficient thing and have their own um, kind of uh, 
freedom to make their own choices. I think it's great for the comp too that it's not just the Brisbane. Like the last few years, it's been the Brisbane yeah, Broncos. You absolutely. knew they were going to win. They were the best team by far and away. All of a yeah. sudden, Millie dogs us, and like, the, yeah, <laughs> sweet. Millie dogs us, and we, the whole, you know, everyone else gets better. Great, yeah. great stuff. Thanks, Millie. Um, uh, it's all in jest. I know Millie can take it. She's, she, I had her on a podcast quite a while ago. If you if you enjoy oh, Millie can take it. Uh, if, you can, if you enjoy Women's Rugby League, um, I interviewed Millie Boyle, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago. It's on YouTube. Just type in Millie Boyle, bloke in a bar. Um, might even try and get some of the girls on uh, before the season starts. Um, I'll put the interview in the bio of the YouTube. Yeah, put the interview. It's a great interview. Really interesting. Um, Legend yeah, like, from incredible Rugby League stock, the Boyles. Oh, tell me about it. Mm. Um, okay. But when the women's games come, guys, we will uh, make sure to pre- try to preview and, and review the biggest news. Because as I said, like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to watch every single game, but I absolutely will. As the years have gone on, I've watched more. Like when it first came out, I was like, not interested. But as each year's come on, the, 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 the standards improved. I'm absolutely watching more than I did a few years ago. And I'm, I'm hoping that the women's uh, band base is, is increasing as well. Because that's the key. That's the audience that they have to get. Um, well, there are, I can tell you, around South Sydney at least, there are more and more um, girls' teams. That's great. Popping up in juniors. That's good. So that's and good. That's, that, that's, that's how it has to happen. Like, yep. more young women play, then the more w- young women will grow up watching the women's game. That's the only way to grow it. Um, now, time for Team of the Week. The great Munster at fullback. Guru, you love Munster at fullback. I love Munster at fullback as well. I know a few weeks ago you brought it up. I think when the first injury happened, you brought yeah. it up. Had a few people calling you crazy. Um, then when the sec when Meany went down, I was like, nah, they've got to put Munster back at fullback. Um, and I'm pretty confident that me telling Cam Smith that got him. <laughs> he rang bellyache. He said, look, I got this fucking tip from the beak. And we all know he those fucking footy. And then he put Munster at fullback. Um, now, all jokes aside, Munster was fucking amazing at fullback. And honestly, I'm going to just say it selfishly, not caring about anything but my own pleasure. I enjoy watching footy with Munster at fullback more than at six, even though I understand why he needs to be six. We all know why. He's a f- we, we all know why. Um, anyway, Sivo at two. Hold up. I've got a question. Um, do you reckon now that Hughes is out and Meany's back, do you reckon he'll go back to six this week? I think he should stay. I think he should stay. I was already in agreement with Guru initially going, maybe you should try Munster at fullback. Guru? Yeah, I just think as it stands right now with all the injuries they've got, if I'm playing Melbourne and he's named at 5'8", I'm stoked. I know what I'm going to get. I know where he's going to be. If he's named at fullback, it's... We saw on the weekend. Yeah, it's crazy. He just I, I know it's wherever. the Titans, whatever, but he did it to the Blues two years ago. He did it. He's fitter 100%. now than he ever has been. I, I'd i be keeping him at one. If Melbourne want to give this comp a real shake, I think they need an X factor and him at one is going to be it, I think. And are you telling me a halves pairing that has a Hughes in it doesn't have enough X factor in your halves? He has, an, uh, he has enough X factor. Put it this way. I guarantee you there is 15 other clubs, maybe 14 outside of, you know, Penrith, that would kill to have Hughes as their seven. And they'd almost say, we don't care who we have as six. We just want – that's how good Hughes is. So I, I, and I said this to Cam Smith as well. I was like, Hughes is enough in the halves. Like, I know in a perfect world you'd have both of them come at you and you're going, fuck me. But Hughes is enough. Let him fucking run the ship, do all the good stuff. Cooper Johns, I thought he had one of his better games on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, in answer to Maddie's question, it will be interesting if, if Jerome's out for, let's say, two weeks, they're saying one to three. Mm. 
I, I mean, who, who do you play, Nick Meany at five eight? What do you do? Well, yeah. Meany, Meany's still probably out for another week as well. He like it could be at least he's in that same sort of one to three week mould as well. So like if he misses. The thing about it is they don't have a lot of fullback options to lean on, whereas in the halves they can bring in Tyron Wishart, who's more of a half than after he named a fullback originally. Yep. Tyron Wishart, they've got Nick Arima there. So they do have halves that can come in mm. um, to, to partner Cooper Johns there, whereas fullbacks, they're pretty scarce. Yeah, so. abs- I mean, look, and this is absolutely no disrespect for Tyron Wishart. I think he is such a goer, like such a goer. But he's not a fullback. Nah. Like, like, so if you're, if you're putting him at fullback, you're clearly quite low. Now... You would know better than me, Guru, but don't they have a really good young fullback at like Sunshine Coast Falcons or something well, like that? Well, they've got – well, the other one that we haven't oh. spoken about, they could bring in uh, young Gazette, who we saw in the yeah, under-19s. Mm. Don't they have him. a union guy, All Blacks union guy? Yeah, Will Warbrick. Uh, he, he's more of a centre. Okay. And he's been carrying injuries the last few weeks as well. They've, got, they've also got young uh, Luke Polselli, I believe his name is. Very talented, but he hasn't really been on the radar. Mm. Uh, and I think that – a lot of these guys, if they if they haven't used them up until this point, then they're probably not ready. Probably don't think they will. Um, I would say I will say though, if Hughes doesn't play, you probably have to play Munster in the halves just for the direction, just for direction. I actually think Hughes will probably play this week. Have they ruled him out? <sighs> I no, no, no. He has been ruled out. They, they've they've cleared him of serious injury. But I've subluxed my shoulder before, yeah. and I've been out of. I've played. I think they'll just needle him up yeah, and strap the, his shoulder. Yeah, the, the, chat is, the chat's one to three weeks. One to three so weeks. It's okay, so touch or go. I yeah. think there's a chance he might play. Mm. I really do. Can it's, they fall out of the eight? Is it still possible? Yeah, I think they yeah. can. They're at, what, 26 points at the moment? So they're on – no, they're, they're on 28. Oh, the Raiders okay. are on 22. There's only four rounds left, so the Raiders would have to win every single yeah, game. They'd have to lose everyone. Right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't rush. Yeah, that's back. a good point. But they're also still looking at top four. But then I guess they've, yep. well, they've got Penrith at Penrith this week. Maybe they just go, let's not rush him back. Cop oh, it. it's Penrith? Yeah. Okay, yeah, not bringing Hughes back. You could Cop be honest something. The, the wording is he may miss one to two weeks with further diagnosis mm-hmm. to come early this week. I'll be shocked if he plays Penrith this way. Penrith, oh, oh, look, yeah, the fact that they can't fall out of the eight, I think they're probably going to resign themselves for probably not a top four finish. In saying that, Broncos were really poor on the weekend. So, oh, they were poor in patches. Power in fifth have a tough draw as well. So it's, it's up yeah, in yeah. As to South Sydney in sixth. Yeah. Mm. They can lose this week, the Storm, and still make the top four. Yeah, way. yeah, okay. So probably smart to – you'd be crazy to play Hughes then. Uh, really interesting game for Melbourne Storm. Because this, this could get – well, they don't have clear in that, but we saw how good Penrith were. Anyway, we're going to get to that. Fuck me, boys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're doing the Team of the Week, Guru. We're up to wingers. <laughs> One player into Team of the Week. <laughs> yeah. And we just got sidetracked about talking about – we talked about Melbourne Storm. We talked about who's the best fullback. Anyway. Um, I blame Matty, to be fair. Yeah, that anyway, was Matty's yeah. fault. Okay, so – the great Munster at fullback for me, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, Sivo on the wing. Now, I've, I've broken my cardinal rule, but it's only because I love this bloke so much. Well, I love both of these blokes so much. My centres this week are the great Dylan Edwards. And you know what I love about Dylan Edwards? He's finally starting to get the love that he deserves. Talk about... He's the indestructible man. Seriously. He was getting belted. I mean, sure, I'm... I... I would bet my life on the fact that Ricky Stewart has gone, every time he gets the ball, I want you to fucking jam him. And he just kept, it's like a pinball machine. He was just like fucking all over the shop, but he kept getting up, kept delivering. I'm such a huge fan of Edwards. And I am going to go as far to say, Edwards is a smoky for the Australian squad at the end of the year. What do you guys think? 
He's one hell of a centre, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually reckon he'd go all right at centre. He would go all right at yeah. centre. But yeah, no, I, I, I think he could be a bit of a smoky as well. What, what do you take, like a 30-man squad to going overseas? So. Well, I'm just trying to think. So Tommy Trevojevic, prob- like he can be back, but will Manly release him? Probably not. Then you've got Kalen Ponga, who may be back, but should he play? He probably shouldn't. So like all of a sudden, like oh, I think Meninga probably sees Latrell more as a centre. So I don't see him being picked in the squad as a fullback, even though he can play fullback. All of a sudden, you're going, he's probably the next in line. Like, Caelan Ponga doesn't play, Tom Travoyevich doesn't play. Let's assume that they don't. Who else would you have to back Teddy up? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe Gutho. Gutho, yeah. You reckon that he would leapfrog Edwards at the moment with form? Even though I thought Gutho I mean, was outstanding. I mean, he's, uh, clearly, it's obviously a different setup. Yeah, he's yeah. been ahead of him in the New South Wales pecking order for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, but they'd also see... Gutho was being more versatile. Mm. Um, you know, we know he can fill in in the back line in the halves if need be, whereas Ellard, Edwards is an out-and-out fullback. So maybe Gutho. Yeah, I can see Gutho's I name. I think they'd go Gutho. You reckon they'd go Gutho? I yeah. I'll tell you what, I bet your case would be they go Edwards. It's an unfair bet because you've got you've got beer <laughs> on, on, ready to go for you. I actually have to fork out. I just feel like, oh, you grab one over <laughs> yeah. there, bro. You, on your way, I just grab one. Um, nah, no, 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 make it two cases of bloke V1 and we'll talk. <laughs> you know what? I'm so confident. You don't even have to give me a case of beer. If I'm wrong, I'll give you a case of beer. Let's do it. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, you can grab a case whenever you want. Mike, so like. funny. <laughs> do they, I assume they're going to take Hines with them. Could you take him as a fullback? I think Hines is just an out-and-out out seven now. Like, I th- I, we saw him transition it back to that one spot. Look, put it this way. Who would have been selected at fullback if Teddy was injured at New South Wales? I think Edwards would have got the call-up. Oh, I reckon they would have gone Hines. I I really Hines. Gone you reckon Hines? Hines? I reckon they would have gone Edwards. Interesting. Let's know in the comments section. Um, do you feel that Edwards will get selected in the squad over, say, a Hines? Or do you think Hines will uh, – sorry, as in, like, Hines will be a backup fullback slash half? As, as I said a few weeks ago, I think that if Penrith do win this competition, I think you'll see a fair whack of those guys. I think you'll see Appy, and I think you could see Edwards then at that point. Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, I think the differentiating factor, in, and I like it, I think Hines at fullback <laughs> is just Edwards has been unreal this year. Hines has got the ball playing ability, which is so key, as we know, to fullbacks. It's, it's yep. not a massive knock on Edwards, but I think if you can add that like top line ball playing mm. on the end of backline movement, I think Hines would be the man. Or even okay. Gutho slightly ahead because of that reason alone. Because, like, so are you saying, do you reckon then Hines over Moses in the squad? Because, like, we'd go Cleary for sure. DCE, is he in the squad, you reckon? I think so with Mal as coach. Yeah, and also with the, what he did at game three. Yeah, and to be fair, what he did do in game three, yeah. Man, it's, uh, we got so I fun. mean, at the end of the day, it's, so good. it's, it's still so good. Chez's jersey. At the end of the day, you're right. I think they should go Cleary, in my opinion, even oh, yeah. though what yeah. DC did was fucking oh, amazing. I would go Cleary, but I think that if Cleary was to get injured the week of the of the grand final of the World Cup, I think I'd want Chez in there. Chez in there, yeah, for sure. For sure, I can see a world where the has been pretty good. Um, anyway, we'll get one. <laughs> we got plenty of time to talk about the World Cup squad. Um, but yeah, Edwards at three. Fuck, I just... He's so impressive. Such an impressive young man. Latrell at number four. I had to just get him there, guys. Like... He is the silkiest big fella the game has ever seen. I don't care what anyone says. I'll argue to the cows come home. Tell me when we've seen a guy with a front rower's body. He's so big, so strong, but has the ball playing of a silky, silky little seven. I don't think we've ever seen it. Is there anyone that comes to mind for you that's, that has as silky hands as him as a big boy? No, I don't think so. Not especially at, at the pace he does it and the positions he does it. Oh. It's incredible. Like even the one where he caught the ball like wrong. Yeah. Flipped it in his hands quickly and then went like that. It's just like, bro, you don't see that from blokes that are six foot four, hundred and fucking five to ten kilos. 
He'd probably be 100. What do you reckon he'd be at the moment? 105, 6? I don't know. I'm not playing the the weight game. Latrell's weight game. I fucking hate this conversation. Oh, it's not a negative way. Oh, yeah, I'm, no, no, I mean, sure, in, a, in a positive of yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. a fucking big, strong motherfucker. Yeah. He's a big boy. Um, I said to you a few weeks ago, like, I remember watching him at the Roos and going, fuck, he's incredibly talented, but I don't know if he's got the ball skills to play one. Uh, everyone then, thought that. I, I, the only, mm. you know what, you know what's funny is because the only reason why I had so much confidence that he would play fullback is I was speaking to him personally at that time and he was all, he just kept saying, he's like, bro, I was like a half when I was going up. Like I, my ball playing is sweet. And I was like, fuck, if he's saying that, I'm going to believe it. Mm. But even then I was like, when I saw him ball playing for the first time, I was like, I cannot believe how silky this guy is. Like, it's just incredible. So Latrell Mitchell uh, at four, Suali'i. Oh, this kid, seriously. I fucking hate his guts after what he did to the Broncos. But, <laughs> mate, I'm telling you, the drums are beating louder for him to get selected <laughs> in that squad. Because even Mel Meninga came out and said, He's a real possibility to be in that squad. I think I'm. Uh, he's almost a lock in that Australian squad for me. I think he pretty much is a lock, yeah. Like, even if he plays poorly for the rest of the year, his potential and future, and also from a games perspective of like, yeah, the Rugby Union World Cup is all coming around, we need to get him in, like, the systems as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, so, Suwali'i at five. Dylan Brown, oh, my God, he's so fucking cool, bro. Um, <laughs> he's the coolest cat in all the land. Talk about... And he, he did it like – it didn't look like he was nervous at all. Like the Eels are under the pump. They lose Mitchell Moses. This kid at like 21 years old – twenty is it 21 or 22? 21, 22, look, chill as anything. Couple of tries. Couple of tries. He's 22. Couple of tries. Tore them to bits. Tore them to bits. Um, and we saw his pace on the weekend. Far <sighs> out. I told you he was quick. He's fucking such an athlete. Um, Hines at seven. Mate, he's so silky. He's so... I just love the fact that he touches the ball nearly every fucking second play. So good. Uh, Cotter at eight, a joke. How this guy is back in this form, I'll never know so quickly. Then I had Harry Grant at nine. I thought Robson played really well, though. But Harry Grant, I mean, once he polishes his game, Harry Grant, seriously going to be incredible. Totola at 10. Lane at 11. Crichton at 12. Murray, three try assists in the first 18 minutes of the game. He had an absolute belter of a game. Nat Butcher, I thought Nat Butcher had probably the best game of his career. Uh, I just wish it wasn't against the Broncos. Isaiah Yo, I thought he stepped up without Cleary. Leilua from the Cowboys, massive, and Nikora at 17. What do you have, Guru? Pretty similar. I went with Munster at one. Uh, I found wingers really tough this week. I picked <coughs> Isaac Thompson from... South Sydney was his debut. Yeah, I thought he was really solid. I, it, I think his first five touches of the ball, he got a penalty. His first five touches. <laughs> He's a big boy. Fuck big bit me. of gear. Yeah. yeah, he was good. I went Sebo the other wing. Then centers I thought was hard too. Um, I went for Penasini. And then I went for Tuala from Newcastle. I think, and, and apologies if I get this wrong, I think it's um, Pensini. Pensini? Mm. I, 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 I listened to it on the Eels thing. Yeah. So I think it's Pensini. But... Apologies if I'm incorrect because it doesn't because it's 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 spelt Penasini. Yeah, but when he when I l- listened to it on the Eels Instagram page, it was Penasini. But I could be wrong. So Had sorry. A cracking game. He yeah. was really good. Um, six. I went Dill Brown. Uh, I think you mentioned Dill Brown. His pace. I I think from watching him last six seven weeks, I think he's been carrying an injury mm. as well. I think now you might start to see Dill Brown open up again. Mm. Nico Hines at seven. I went to Tola and Josh Papaliti in the front row with Harry Grant at nine. Colin Montungi and Angus Crichton in the back row with Cam Murray at 13. Then my bench picks Latrell, Nakora, Luciano Lelua and Sean Lane. 
What did you go to me? Uh, uh, sorry, I just looked at the pronunciation. You're right. It's Benzini. 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 There you sorry. go. Boom. Uh, Cam Munster at fullback, stacked field there. Wingers, Mike Sivo and Jason Saab. Centres, yeah, really difficult. Stephen Crichton and Inari Tuala. Dylan Brown. And at halfback, over Nico Hines, actually went Cooper Johns, I thought it was really good. Again, yeah. obviously soft opposition, but four line assists, three tries. He's pretty yeah. serious stats. Oh, Sullivan was really good too, just yes. quickly. Yeah. Uh, front rowers, Campbell Gillard and Totola. Damian Cook at nine. Back rowers were Sean Lane and Angus Crichton. I did have Nat Butcher and then... Going a little bit probably stat heavy, but Butcher ran for 55 metres. Crichton was really good and ran for 150-odd, so I went with Crichton. Cam Murray at lock and bench was Latrell, Ruben Cotter, Papali'i, and big bad Griffin Neem, who was... Oh, the Neem stuff. Griffin Neem. Mate, the yeah. Neem, he's a fucking... He's a great signing for the Dolphins. Started to, fo- started to bag a bit of meat as Kiwi well. Kiwi too. He's got a, he's got a taste for the try line. Oh, big red. <laughs> Fucking loves it. Big Red flying on the edges for a try. Two tries in two weeks. Yeah, and two crucial tries too. Put yep. like they're both in crucial moments. Yeah, Neem, Neem has been because the the Cowboys have had these like Nanai just fucking killing it. Neem's been flying under the radar, but he's a gun. He's I a gun. Feel like we're the only people talking about Neem during <clears throat> the season. Too, just Mate, quietly. Just quietly. Um, now on to seriously the biggest robbery I've ever seen. Worst rest ever. Rob Roosters versus Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I jest, I jest. I thought the Brewster's first 20, they absolutely bashed us. It's funny, the, the, the toughest, the most physically demanding game I ever played was a semi-final against the Roosters. And I remember it was, we're talking like Marco, Mealy, like all the big dogs, fullback Anthony Minicello, the half was Brayton Astar. Um, we went down there and it, it reminded me a lot of that game. So there must be, Trent Robinson, I know he wouldn't have been the coach then, but the Roosters must just have a thing with the Broncos. Uh, we went down there and I remember walking off at halftime and we were all looking at each other going, holy fuck, what the fuck just happened? Like, they were so aggressive. Like, Kay, Carmichael got jammed. Like, everyone was getting shot. We're all sitting around and you could just feel this kind of shell shock of like, holy shit, these guys are fucking going crazy. But then there was this like calm that came over us. He's like, there's Darren Lockyer, there's Justin Hodges. And we just knew our, our cream of the crop would just rise to the top. Come out the second half, your boy scores a try. <laughs> we get in front, uh, and then we go to the the pre uh, the next semi, which was against Melbourne Storm. That famous loss we had, fuck me, dead. <laughs> Just hold the ball. Um, <laughs> <sighs> um, anyway, so it, it reminded me a lot of that. Like you know, Broncos away down you, there. You, and you reckon they, Ricky Stewart holds on to things? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Roosters. I thought they were outstanding for the first twenty, especially. I think that. Their middle 20 of their game needs a lot of work. We saw against Manly, they were very similar. Real heavy um, heavy front load like their efforts. Um, look, it's hard. The Roosters, they're definitely getting better. Like, they're definitely getting better. I'm just – and yet they, they probably should have – once they got out to that lead, they probably should have beaten the Broncos by a pretty substantial margin. I think the Broncos did really well to get back in it. But there was just some really crucial errors like from just – just poor, poor errors that haven't been in the game for a while for the Broncos. What did you, we'll speak about the Roosters first, Guru. What do you think about the Roosters? It's funny, at about the 20-minute mark, I, I wrote about three texts to you and then deleted them all sort of say, oh, it looks like the Roosters might be back. Then I was like, oh, he's probably in the hurt. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. He'll be happy to be potentially right, but devastated about his Broncos. So yeah. I thought, ah, oh, it was it. was I'll a, talk to him tomorrow. It was I'll a glass him. cage of emotion because I'm yeah. like, the Roosters have proved my point, but they're tailing my team up. Yeah, and the first 20 minutes, they looked unreal. Um, I was very impressed with them early, but then, I don't know, after that, it was just more of the Roosters. I don't know. 
I'm still not convinced they're where they need to be. Mm. I, I don't think, <clears throat> mate. I said about Brisbane two weeks ago in here that Brisbane are the team that I know what I'm going to get every week. <laughs> I, I fuck. It's been the opposite yeah, since. It's probably been their two. Is it fair to say their two worst performances outside of? I think they had a bit of a lull in the middle of the year. I. Th- what I gather from it, I gather this is a young team that I think just got a bit comfortable. Mm. Like we're killing it. We can take it to the best teams. We had this big win. And so they've just gotten a bit comfortable and real, and just forgotten of how high the standards have to be each week to continue that. That's the feeling I get. And it's no knock. We're talking like – it's a young, young as anything team. So the year is still a success. But I tell you what, let's just say they, they can actually dive out of the eight. That's the scary yeah. thing. They're sitting on 26 points, I think. If they lose two and the Raiders win three of the next four, so if we could fall out of it. Um, so very scary time for the Broncos. And the sad thing is, is if we do fall out of the eight, an incredible year that has turned the table of a, a great club turns into a disaster, yep. even though for most of the year we were a top four side. And so they need to be fucking real careful they don't do that. You play Newcastle this week. I hope they. I mean, the problem is, is they. We don't want them to be too comfortable. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and just like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll be. It's Newcastle. a danger game for exactly because yeah. it's, it's almost like, oh, it's nearly. Okay, yeah, we had some tough losses before. We'll turn it around. Uh, okay, let's talk about Broncos. Let's talk about Broncos quickly, and then we'll get onto the Roosters. I personally think changes need to be made. I think that Tessie New came back. His first two games were outstanding, incredible. Last two games for me have been probably similarish to kind of the. You're falling into some maybe old bad habits. I think some of his – I just think he, some of his line running needs a bit of work. Some of his decision-making's at fullback, decision-making at fullback just needs a little bit of work. I still think he can be a fullback. I just don't know if he's ready for it yet. I would like to move uh, Tessie New to centre. Uh, Dean Mariner, he's, he's, he's been really solid, but he's a youngster. Put him back. You know, he's, he's – we all – like most people in their first year of first grade play two to three games. They go back, they learn their draft. I would like to see Tessie moved to centre. I would like Tomato Martin moved to fullback. Mm-hmm. And now some people say, well, Tomato Martin's not there next year, but Reese Walsh is coming next year. So a couple of weeks ago, we were saying Tessie New could challenge Reese Walsh for a fullback position. I probably have to say now, after the past two games, that unfortunately I don't see that happening. I think Reese Walsh is much more suited to it. The only reason why I, th- I thought Tessie might challenge Reese is because those two games were the best games of his career. These last two games, unfortunately, he just hasn't looked as comfortable at fullback. Um, there's a couple other – Ezra Mam, I would be sitting down with Ezra Mam and I would be saying, Ezra, you've had an incredible year, but this is almost like if you if you play poorly again this game, we're probably going to have to bring someone like Tyson Gamble in at six. I'd give Ezra Mam one more crack. Um, he, he's had an incredible year, but I, I definitely consider bringing Gamble in if, ne- if next game he doesn't, you know – play well um who else is there that i was going to make some changes um yeah uh, uh, there would be there's some other changes that i can't really think of at the moment um cory jensen's not getting as much time i don't think i thought he was one of our best when we we're on that run cory jensen was incredible for us so i think that we need to get him some more time some shining lights have been hassan flegler i think they've been outstanding i think our bench hasn't had as much impact as it had started the year uh, so maybe you need to look at that. But they're the key changes I would probably make for the next round. What do you reckon, Guru? That's a lot. Um, I, I don't disagree with any of it. Queensland is picking and sticking, mate. Please. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Talk about holding on to things. 
Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting with testing you what happens. From what I've uh, I've heard that Mariner isn't going to be playing this week. Okay. Sounds like Branko might come in for him. That's another option. Branko's been Branko's solid another option. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind the option of moving Tessie out of fullback, but I would like to keep him in the team somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't mind your shout of playing him at centre. Well, that's where he was playing a bit last year. Yeah. And I think he'd be there. a good centre. Because yeah. the, the problem the Broncos face is like Tessie News ball running is absolutely better than Tessie, uh, than Tomato Martins. But his ball playing isn't, you know, Tomato Martins is silky, silky ball playing. So the Broncos have to face the, the hard t- question of like, do we want our fullback to make us a lot of metres or do we want our fullback to be silky? And it's just a, a few little things like every time Tessie gets, not every time, but a lot of the time when Tessie gets a ball at the back, he's reaching like that. And if it happens enough, you've got to change your line because clearly Reynolds likes to play up flat with that. And he's so used to say like a Cody Walker at the back that played really flat and was real good at his, his pacing. And, and so and you can see it frustrates Reynolds. Yeah, 100%. Times, yeah. It gets frustrating for Reynolds because that's what he's used to. And whereas Tessie is used to being a much deeper sweeping player. Um, and Brisbane are also in the position where, like, let's say they do want to go down the Tamari route where, all right, yardage won't be as good. The meters out of his own end won't help. You've got Cobbo and Oates who are two of the best yardage players, wingers in the competition there. So you don't really need it out of your fullback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, and even even some like little things like like just overcalling sometimes where they go down a short side where nothing was on. Um, sometimes like he would skip across too much instead of just straighten up and he, he's run and just going hard um, when it comes to like kick returns or whatever. So I'm a huge fan of Tessie. Please do not mistake this with me saying that Tessie can never be the fullback. That's not it at all. I just think he might need a little bit longer, another preseason under his belt. These things take time. We have to remember the kid is what, 20 years old? He's young as anything. He's young. 2021. 20, I reckon you put him in the center. We know we know he's tough. He's 20? Fuck me. So young. We know he's tough as anything. We know he, he's fit as anything. And he's a good he's a good strong body. So get him at center. Get him some ball. I, I think he'd go really well at center. Then regroup in the preseason. Get him alternating with Reese Walsh at fullback. And then you go from there. Because he's he's given us proof that he can play some <coughs> real high quality fullback footy. Um I think it was pretty obvious the other night too that when you come up against a good seven that Tessie can get caught out defensively. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I mean, like you, you could just see Sam Walker. He was just zoning the entire time. He didn't mm. care what tackle it was. Yeah. If he saw him out of position, He's he was taking him on. And I thought Tessie got lucky a couple of times where Walker overkicked, uh, overcooked it mm. by a metre or two and, and it went dead and it was a bit of a get out of jail. But the reality is you're four weeks away from finals footy. You're going to be playing a good halfback every single week. Yep. And it's something that they, they'll start to take note of. For sure. So I, I, I totally agree. Tessie he needs to stay on the side. He's proven it. It's just I think Tomato Martin may be better at the, the fullback position when it comes to silky hands and positioning. Um, a, very, a very minor one, but it's around the rotations there. Uh, Corey Jensen, who we spoke about a lot earlier in the year, was in that starting role and doing a fantastic job. Brisbane were winning a lot of games of footy. Now Tommy Flegler, who we're his biggest fans on this podcast, uh, has been starting. Why do you think they made the change there to start Tommy? Because they've started quite slowly the last two weeks, the Roosters, mm. uh, and Jensen's gone to the bench. I, I don't know why they flipped that around. I think Flegler just was playing such fucking good footy. But, that but, uh, yeah, but Flegler off the bench, coming onto a more tiring defence, he's got a bit of footwork for a big boy. He's got a fantastic offload, which has caused so much damage this year for the Bronx. Uh, I liked him off the bench. He can still play in the same minutes, yeah, just no, in a no, different rotation. I agree with you, and that's why I said Corey Jensen needs mm. more minutes like... I, I just think that Jensen's really good at that first 20 just to take the brunt of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and I, I agree, Flegler off the bench was just out. We were bringing on a top, top tier front rower, like a top tier front rower. So the tough thing is, is, is Carrigan has kind of thrown a lot out of whack because mm. he's injured. Yeah. And he, he cleans a lot of shit up, a lot of shit up. Well, well I, I sort of felt like your best 20 minutes the other night was when Flegler came back from his HIA. <coughs> mm. You finally started oh, yeah. to get some yardage there. I think the other one that I, th- I think he's so talented, he's not getting much time either, is um, Paliasia. Look, he, he came on and, and he just – he had a few little lapses where I was like, he just didn't seem to be concentrating as much as he did because okay. at the start of the year, he was amazing. Like there was amazing. that period where Payne Haas was out and he came in and played pretty big well. minutes. And yep. he, I thought he did really well. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Corey Jensen – like, he, Corey Jensen still played 45 minutes on the weekend, mm. but I, I'd be starting with him. Yeah, you just start him just to, just to lock that forward. Like, not to say that Flegler is a poor defender at all, but he's just an imp- he's so impactful off the bench, so impactful. And the other one you've got Dubak, likely this week could be next week is Rabadi. Does he come yeah. back onto your bench? Or? Oh, sorry, that's the other change I would make. Um, <coughs> Hosking's got to be on the side, and I'd move Ricky to the bench. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, yeah. I just think like Hosking just off- was offering so so much. I think Ricky, I think he might be better as an impact player. I just don't know whether I think sometimes he gets a bit fatigued as an eighty-minute mm. edge back rower. Um, and again, Ricky is still so young. So I mean, Hosking's young as well. But I don't know. That it just seemed that we had more oomph off the, off the edge with Hoskins there. Um, I'd give Ricky some time on the bench and just say, mate, go on and rip and tear for 20 minutes. And then we'll bring you off and then we'll bring you back on. Play, maybe play that Helam Lukey role off the bench yep. on the edge. Because there's there's not a lot of clubs who don't have 80-minute back rollers. Mm. Um, then the Cowboys and Peyton was probably one of very few to, to bring it back an edge back row off the bench and bring him on. And, and he yep. did it so successfully with Lukey. And mm. you're right, maybe Ricky can be that same sort of X factor off the bench. <clears throat> oh, the other thing with Jordan Ricky, that because he's come in with so much hype and everything, like we do forget, he's in his third or fourth year of rugby league. Mm. Like I, I remember mm. talking to his assistant, uh, to his coach in reserve grade, Rowan Smith, three years ago and said, oh, who have you got at the Devils that's good? And he said, oh, this kid's really good, but he is very raw. Yeah. And he said to me at the time, I'm worried about bringing him into this Broncos system because you were going like a busted at the time because yep. he will end up playing this huge minutes all of a sudden and he's mm. probably not ready for it. And just so point. he's a union player? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like Ricky's had some really good games, especially I think his last game, not the Roosters one before. When, um, but yeah, I don't know, Hoskins, I just felt he was really good. Another th- thing I would say, um, you know, I do think that our senior players in uh, Catewell and Reynolds probably need to be a little bit, be a little bit better. Mm. I think Catewell's missed quite a few tackles um, and Reynolds' kicking game has been nowhere near as good as what we've seen. So it's not just the young fellas that are struggling. I think it's, you know, you go as far to say nearly 17 blokes haven't been playing as well as they were earlier this year. You know, maybe the only exception is like a Haas and Flegler, but Flegler probably suits off the bench at the moment better for us. Um I think it also shows you how important Carrigan is to the side, like far out, super, super important. Um, so, yeah. Did Kobe Hetherington get injured? Like he, he played 35 minutes. Did mm. I, I See, I would start, if on a full-strength Bronco side, <laughs> I would start Haas and Carrigan in the front row and Kobe would be my starting 13. Um, I really like him long, longer minutes. I just yeah. think he, he offers a lot of speed around the right, good ball playing, great defence, really fit. So he, he came off in the 17th minute. He returned in the 50th and came off in the 64th. So he went off in the 70th minute with a HIA. Yeah. But the 60th minute, it's, it just says normal interchange. So I don't know if he was injured or if it was 
because there's but mm. it, the official HIA was in the seventeenth minute. Yeah, you just sometimes you just don't know with interchange. It could be injury. Yeah, yeah, it could be he's, he's nursing an injury. Um, so yeah, the Broncos for sure. Um, they better turn around and turn around quick because unfortunately, it can go from an incredible dreamlike year to a disaster in four matches. Could you imagine? Could you yeah. imagine how devastating that is for the boys that have worked so hard? They've worked their asses off and they deserve all the praise they can get. But the same people that have been praising the Broncos will be riding them to death if they miss the eight. So I believe in them. I think they can turn around for sure. A few little tweaks here and there. Um, you know, I think I think Reese Walsh is, is a godsend now. Like when you see, okay, we're losing Tomato Martin. Maybe Tessie's a little bit away from, you know, his full potential at fullback. Reese Walsh at the back there, I think he'd be great. So obviously we've spoken the last two few weeks about those two who's gonna play fullback. Are we getting close to considering Selwyn? Or not yet? Nah, not yet. Even Selwyn was a little bit quiet even on the weekend. Mm. I, he's still got a ways to go, in my opinion. He's still got a ways to go. I I want to see a good year or full year, two years of first grade footy before we move him back to fullback. Selwyn go on the World Cup tour? I would have said I'm just a bit like I just want to see a few games out of him since coming back from the headlocks. Yeah, okay. Um but with his incredible future, I probably would bring him in the squad. Just, I just think that Suwali'i and uh, Cobo, like they're long-term, you know, superstars in this. You get him in early. Get him in the systems early. Um, Can't you just see those two scoring three tries each against oh, a friend? Far out. Just three. absolutely Only fucking three, yeah. it. To three to be conservative. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, I, I, and another senior player like Corey Oates probably had one of his poorer games. He had he made like three or four errors. Yeah. So it's not just the young guys that are struggling; it's the squad as a whole. And I just, as as, far as as I said, I just think they're getting a little. They got a little bit comfortable. It's it's normal. Even in when I played in two thousand eight, we had guys like Darren Lockyer, Hodges, all these boys, Mick Innes. We got comfortable towards the end of the year. So it, it happens to every squad. It's just it's the ones that are the tippity top that, you know. Don't get comfortable. Um, it's not panic stations yet. No. If you don't 13 plus the Knights this weekend, then it'll be like, all right, something needs to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like watching the, the Knights play on the weekend, we should we should beat them by 13 plus. Yeah. Um, Saturday night under lights at Suncorp. We should, be, we should be a really good, strong win and our completion rate should be high, seriously. Um, so, yeah, really, really disappointing. Now, on to the Roosters. Uh, so hard because there was... There was patches of like, wow, this Roosters side is here to play. And then the other patches where you're going, what? Like error after error after error. Um, I think they actually actually ended up having a worse completion rate than the Broncos. Um, but I know I say it every week. I still think... <laughs> way worse. Yeah. way yeah. Worse. 66% to 81%. That's why I was so disappointing with the Broncos loss because they couldn't put get points they just kept making crucial errors at crucial times but yeah the roosters had terrible completion rate and they still won and so it's like the manly situation where i'm like they still found a way they still found a way and they had showed signs of great great footy um what do you reckon about the roosters guru before we get to the roosters just victor radley oh yeah i love it is he sweet (laughs) loves it he loves it i love it i was just sitting there watching it going i cannot believe this guy's never going to play origin yeah, it's devastating. It is devastating. Selfishly, it's so devastating. Him in a Blues jersey would be fucking incredible. He, what about when he when he copped the first hit and he's, he was bent over and it looked like someone was pouring blood out of a cup. I know. Out of I, his head. It was... It was one of the most, like, gushing cuts I've ever, cuts I've ever seen. And, then, like, he spoke after the game and they were like, you're right. And he just sort of went, oh, it's like a drug, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
What a madman. Like you've been in a car accident. Crazy. Went back on there. You know what's funny is like the Dale Finucane situation, like the tackle on Corey Oates was a head clash. So it's like we're so inconsistent yeah. because we, the head clashes, uh, at least two to three head clashes happened on the weekend. Uh, George Burgess, when he's eye against the Sharks, there was a head clash. Like, anyway, sorry to derail. Like, whilst we, you know, we talk about Radley, how tough he is and all this stuff, like the ball that he threw to Teddy in the, for the first try. Silky as anything. Like, I, I know there's guys like Cam Murray and Isaiah that have obviously jumped, jumped ahead of Victor Radley, but... Fuck, don't forget about him as a mm. 13. Once he puts it all, all together again, he's so talented. He's the best ball-playing 13. Not the best 13, I don't think, but his ball-playing is the best in the comp, mm. I, I reckon. Timmy, what do you reckon of the Roosters? Yeah, round 21, a week 21 of roaming Joey watch. Yep. <laughs> that Angus Crichton try, there's a really, there was a really good angle, I should say, from behind the line of that unfolding. And Joey Manu went to the left side, was playing as that roaming sort of fullback. Manu was running one line, Teddy was out the back running another line, and then Crichton was running short, and Crichton ended up being the one who scored the try just because the defensive line were going, who the hell do we go for yeah, here? Yeah. And, and it's just been this constant conversation of, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen. If the Roosters can make it work with all these attacking guns, like, dear Lord, they could be anything. This was the first moment that I was like, that was just poetry in motion. Yeah. Mm. I, I was terrified watching it. And yeah. um, so, again... Can they get it all going and in sync before the finals come out? I don't know, but that was I just I loved watching it as a footy. Yeah, thing. it's they have the like it's right there. Oh. It's at the it's at the fingertips. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking right there. It just like their completion rate was so poor. I just yeah. How scary are those sets where they play hallway footy and Suwali Suwali goes. Then Marnie goes from dummy half. Then Teddy goes from dummy half. Oh. Marnie goes. You again. can't stop it. All of a sudden they've made sixty meters. Yeah. It's, it's honestly... And they, and they haven't gone more than two metres wide. Like. And that's why, like, if they just... They could do that nearly every set. It just got to complete. And you'd be... You, by, by the time you hit the 60th minute, you'd be so fatigued as a Broncos forward mm. that the points would just pour. They would pour on, but they just kept killing well, themselves. Kempi, it's that, it's that Penrith game plan, isn't it, that you talk mm. about with, with their back three and their yardage that has been so successful for them and you, you, you've raved on about it for all season about how then... The pack get their rest coming out of their own end. Yeah. So then when they're in defensive line after the kick, they're just flying off the line. Mm. Now the Roosters, that has to be their blueprint, doesn't it? Because sure. we know they can score points. Yeah. Um, they're obviously a far more flamboyant side than what Penrith are in the way they play. Like they're quite different, but that. And then you throw in the fact that Lindsay Collins, you know, we don't know exactly how long he'll be out for with the concussions, but, you know, hopefully back within the next few weeks. Mm. Um, Takiaho back in as well this week. Mm. So they've got some big boys coming back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there were sets there where Adam Reynolds would kick deep and I felt like saying to the Roosters front rowers, just stay where you are. Yeah. They're going to get to you before you're going to get to them. <laughs> yeah, seriously, just chill. Stay, like a back line with Tupo, <laughs> Suwali'i, Manu, Momoroski's no slouch mm. and obviously Tedesco. It's almost like the best back line, best running back line in the comp. Like I would, Taylor May versus, Taylor May and To'o versus Suwali and Tupo, like... That's a fucking good competition. And, you know, you'd probably go to Tupo right now. You'd probably go Tupo Suatli. Um, so, mate, they just, it's right there. They just, the completions, that's it. And that's that's the thing that. with the, with the Roosters back five or whatever it is. Like, if you want to hit up, you've got to go in and fight for one. Because yeah. yeah. if, you know, if Teddy takes it on first, he'll want it on third again. Yeah, no. <clears throat> it's just, yeah, they've just, they've got this crazy setup. 
It's just, I think, taking Robbo a bit of time to find out like what, what works. Like, How mm. can we get this to work? And I think that they're finding it. I really do think they're finding and, it. And like, you know, I, I've been pretty off the roosters and they're but like it hasn't been easy for them Rudley's missed a heap of weeks Kiri's been in and out mm. like Teddy had to go away and play Origin Walker's so. 19 years old mm. in his second year you know like I, I, I say it all the time but I also think James Tedesco like he had to play three positions last year literally and then all of a sudden now he's just got to go back to a normal fullback and look role. at the form he's hitting yeah and then no. you got to fit Connor Watson in somewhere like it's it's tough it's, it's interesting because like Robbo's carrying like th- arguably three small blokes on the bench so I, that's where I, I think he really is beginning to discover what he, his team needs in regards to like three small blokes. Well, that means we just want to be fucking super fast through the middle, win the ruck with quick play of the balls. Um, yeah, I, I think the Roosters are going to be a scary side. You know, we've still got four weeks of the season to go. That's four weeks for them to, f- to figure this out. I wouldn't want to play them week one of the finals. Shout out as well to Sammy Walker's goal kicking, which was so really poor early yeah. in the year. He's obviously worked at that so hard, getting significantly better every single week now. Oh, which mate. We, I mean, don't need to sort of exaggerate how important that's going to be come finals time. Well, not even then. Like, they're battling to make the eight, so mm. huge for them. Yeah. It, I was watching them on the weekend. I think it's pretty evident that um, Sue Lee, he's obviously been told to hold his whip mm. on all their plays. So well, we start to consider moving him over to left centre, give them more strike there, and then bring one of these other guys to play on the right um, wing. I just think he offers so much with those carries off the wing, uh, and also the crossfield yeah. kick. I just think he yeah. offers so much. You just, I keep him there. He's so honestly, he is so important to their set. Like imagine the Roosters right now without Suwali. Like mm. they would get nowhere near the set dominance. I know get. we said it last week, but imagine South Sydney with him. Oh, yeah, South Sydney would be fucking amazing. Let, 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 let's say they do end up in a you know a big finals clash with Penrith or whatever. You know, you'd give the ascendancy to Penrith. They'd be going in as pretty firm favourites. But you speak of those wingers and the height advantage that Sue Elite and Tupa are going to have over May and Toto. Mm. You know, if it turns into that real finals grind, maybe there's some wet weather, those crossfield kicks could have a huge say in the result. Massive say in the result. So, like... Suwaliti and Tupo, they just, that's a scary, scary win combination. Like, I can't, usually a team has one of them and you're going, fuck, watch out for such and such. Watch it. They got two of them and they're huge, huge frames, super athletic. So I I think the Roosters, although, you know, 40 minutes of this game, they are really poor. If they can just sort their completion rate out, they're a scary team. They're real scary. Nat Butcher, I thought, had the best game of his career on the weekend. I thought he was really good. Angus Crichton's hitting good form. Angus Crichton, can you please check, Matty? But Angus Crichton's still yet to be signed for next year. Is that correct? Yep. Mm. What is going on there? Surely, like, are the Roosters trying to move people on? Like, what's going on? How Angus Crichton hasn't signed anywhere? Like, he must be being told by the Roosters, we're, gonna, we're freeing up space, we're freeing up space, and the Roosters must be struggling to free it up. Like, what else could it be? I hope it's not the World Cup, the Union World Cup. But wouldn't it be already signed? Like, the Roosters are ruthless. If they found mm. out that he was playing them against the Union, they would just – they'd cut him straight oh, sure. away. But as you said, what else could it be? That's the only thing that I can sort of think well, of. It doesn't – Yeah, I think I think personally it's literally he wants to stay, but they just don't have cap space. Don't have it, yeah. Because wasn't there an article saying they couldn't register his contract earlier in the year? So, like mm. – like, but then you look at that squad and you're like, who are they moving on? Doesn't doesn't look like anyone's not happy. Doesn't look like anyone's, you know, 
on the outer. It's yeah. a weird one because it's still in our Google Drive. I have a post, Angus Crichton resigns, and that was last November. He was about to resign, mm-hmm. and then dead silence. And then that article come out two or three months ago. So it's a weird one. It's bizarre. I, that's why I, I genuinely believe the Roosters are saying like, just give us time. Give us time. We'll find that we're going to find somewhere in the cap to be able to squeeze you in. But the fact that it hasn't happened already, like there must be, I mean, I can only assume there must be some players going like, no, like, or not that they aren't willing to leave, but no, the club is willing to pick up the tab. Could, could they maybe now be just waiting to see what happens with Matt Lodge to see if it's a good fit, whether they... Oh, but this was already happening before Lodge got Oh, for there. sure. But I wonder if now, if, if maybe that that is playing a role on it yeah, now. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's I mean, a bizarre Lodge left one. the Warriors, what, six weeks ago now? Mm. Like the, the Chooks might have known since before then that they were going to have him. It's... It's just interesting because Crichton is placing so much trust in the Roosters because they could just turn around and go, sorry, mate, your contract's what your contract is. This is all we can afford. And then Crichton's left without a... Mm. So it's almost like it's just a strange... I mean, fair, fair play to Crichton. A good, if the Roosters you know, and him come to a deal, then I, that, I'd love to see that. It shows trust between a player and a club that we do not see anymore. Um, but the scary situation is if that, you know, that could get broken. Yeah, um, oh, I think that, and we've spoken about it before on here that the Roosters have done a lot for Angus as far as his charity and everything. So I think there would be a good trust there. Yeah, for sure. But the, like, trust goes as far as the circumstances allows it mm. to. You know, there could be a world where they just can't move anyone on, and so the Roosters, although said they were going to, they can't. So they're not necessarily liars. They're just like, bro, we literally cannot. And then Crichton sitting there going, well, I don't even have a club next year. I'm going to take under somewhere else. Uh, again, that this is worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. But I agree with you. I think the, I think that the Roosters, if they found out he was, you know, wanting to sign somewhere else, he would be already gone. He'd be already gone. That's how ruthless the Roosters are. I mean, we've seen it so many times. So, the Roosters are also really loyal as well. When it comes to when they have a player that they feel they can trust, they're super, super loyal. Um, not trust, sorry. A player that they is, is playing really good footy and they, they can get along with, they seem to be really, really loyal. So interesting times at the Roosters. But again, I would not want to be playing them week one of the finals because, as you said, when you watch them do pull, pull these plays off, you're going, that's a scary side. Like, how do you defend that? Yeah. Um, Have they maybe been waiting to see how Luke Keery returns from his injury? And But this has been going on for, like, he was going to sign last year. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, Luke Curie did an ACL, what, the start of last year. He's mm. always had the head knocks that have always been floating around as well. I don't know. It just seems so strange that it has taken this long. There must be a reason for it. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I, I, I'm, I give Roosters the benefit of the doubt of simply they're just trying to manage their cap. Like, rather than, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I could be, but didn't this happen last time as well that he was – like years ago there was rumours about him going to Union and, and it took ages for the Roosters. Because I remember doing a similar thing years ago, having a post ready, and then it took forever for him mm. to sort out that contract. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Hopefully they can keep him because, you know, he's a victim of his own consistency. Like he doesn't get raps anymore, yep. but he's always playing good footy. And when he, when he has like a, a quiet game, it's still – a solid game by yeah. anyone's standard. Um, anything else about the Roosters, boys? All good. Yeah, no, all good. Now, on to Storm versus the Titans. Uh, yeah, obviously, Munster at fullback was the big talking point. Um, interesting game because, like, the Titans were kind of in this, you know, for a bit. We just spoke for 15 minutes about what their team's going to look like this week. So, week to week, I'm not sure 
what they're going to do. I think a lot of it depends on Hughesy over the next few weeks. But I thought Munster looked very dangerous. I thought Grant looked better. Uh, for the first time in a while, I thought guys that come in did a pretty good job, like Cooper Johns, like Young Tonomapala. All the like for the last few weeks, it feels like guys they brought in of they haven't done poorly, but there hasn't been the way that replacements have come in for <laughs> Melbourne for the last ten years or so. Mm. Um, I did it's calling a spade a spade. I thought the Titans were their defense is just bang average. Mm. But they, I, I thought Munster had a great game, and I'm the first guy to you know cheer in the Munster fullback bandwagon but like some of those tries that he scored i don't know if he scores them against many sides yeah i don't think he scores them against top eight sides mm. realistically so it's it's a bit of a hard one to gauge mm. yeah what do you reckon timmy yeah i'm still no more convinced about the storm uh, because like if this was the storm side playing in round seven that was ruthless they'd have won that 60 nil mm. like without doubt because the titans are so ordinary and as you said they were you know to a degree in that game at stages uh, so, you know, my opinion hasn't changed on them. Um, well, I should say I'm still unsure about them because I think they're still capable of making a run in the finals because you'd be a brave uh, brave footy fan to write them off. But, you know, said so Cooper John's come in. I, I threw out a bit of late mail, whatever day it was, about Munster going to fullback and Cooper John's coming in in the halves and people sitting there going like... Cooper John's, surely not. Like, surely there's a better option. And, and he was really good. Yeah. So I think it was, what three or four try assists and line assists and um so if he can come in and play a good role as a halves partner to jerome hughes and do that on a consistent base let's see him do it against good sides firstly yeah. but you know that'll really shore up what's been a bit of a problematic spot for them in the sense that they can now move cam munster to fullback consistently um at least for this season while they're looking for a bit of x factor yeah let's see him do it against a good side and they've got penrith this week so we're about to find out Oof. if they're <laughs> competitors or not mm. I mean just they've just been decimated by injury mm. like seriously I just 15 injuries 15 long term injuries this year um, you know Nofaluma was solid uh, Coates poor bloke is he is he injured as again he went down I think he would he hobble to his wing he's at least going to be carrying some kind yeah, of injury if okay. he keeps playing um, so look their defence was a bit more solid but it's very hard to get a gauge because obviously the Titans like seriously, the Titans, every time they got even close to some good ball, they just drop it. Mm. Every time. It's just like how? How? And I think I think mate, I think personally I think next week we're gonna be sitting there going, Jeez, they played the Panthers, they're real like, they're going from playing, in my opinion, the worst team in the comp mm. to the best team in the comp. Like mm. it's hard to sort of get a gauge on them over the next two weeks as mm. well. I think they got Parramatta in, in the last round. So we're gonna learn a lot about the Melbourne Storm. I think we're gonna learn a lot about Craig Bellamy over the next Three or four weeks. Yeah. it's. I'm not convinced yet. I'm still a bit concerned about the storm. I, I just... They just don't seem to have the same energy that they usually have. They're not as dominant in the ruck. They're not, their line speed isn't the same. They're not... Like, as you said, now, I know they've got some players out, but, like, they've still got Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Kofusi, uh, Munster, Hughes. Jeez. Cheese, Coates, Grant, Nofaluma. You know what I mean? It's not it, – like, I know they've struggled with long-term injuries, but that's not a side – like, that's not a bad side compared to – like, I, f I kind of feel like a less a less tired storm, so a, a storm from a few years ago with the same outs would still be ruthless as fuck. Yep. And I just think that that's just not as much there anymore. Like, for the first 20 minutes of the second half, 
they had 50% completion rate. 50% completion rate, a storm side. Like it just, I don't know. I, it's been a big few years for them. I, I just think it's finally starting to catch up. We have to remember they won a premiership all living in another state. Like that's a, you know, you can sit there all day and be like, oh yeah, they're in a resort or whatever, but it's still not home. It's still not the family support. It's still not where you've put your roots and you've settled down. You know, it's like, it's like saying, oh, I could go on holiday forever. How many of us have gone on holiday and by the end of it, like, I just want to get home. Mm -hmm. I just want to get home. And that's on a holiday. You're not even working. You're just enjoying your life. Yeah. You don't know how many beers I drink on a holiday. Be <laughs> 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 <We're> very tired. <laughs> and so, yeah, the Storm, look, uh, good on them. They, they got a good solid win, but it's just hard to measure against the Titans. And it's, it's a bit unfair because it's like, well, what do you want them to bloody do? Like, they beat the team that's in front of them. What else can you ask of them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but, it's, but it is what it is. I don't think anyone would push back on. Yeah, I think it's more just like we, we expect the Storm to be so good all the time. I also think, like, for me, one of the biggest hallmarks of the Melbourne Storm over the last 20 years has been if you make a mistake, they'll make you pay. Mm. If, you're, if your fullback is out of position by a couple of metres and they hit a 40-20 – you can guarantee the Melbourne Storm are going to score in the next set. Mm. Now, I see teams knock on in their own half or, you know, there was a moment where Jerome Hughes kicked a 40-20 a couple of weeks ago and it was a big moment. They got all hyped up and I sort of sat there and went, maybe they'll score off this. I, mm. I don't know anymore. They don't feel like they're going to drown you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting times. Really, really interesting times for the uh, the Storm. Um, as I said, i just got to say the way I feel and, and, and I know people don't like – hearing this as a Storm fan, but I just, this year, I just don't know where they can do it. I just don't know where they can do it. They feel like to me at the moment, they're a team that their ceiling can be a prelim. Mm. They can maybe win a semi that's like their grand final and get yep. to a prelim, but I just... Well, like, think about this though, the great Garino. And you can think about this as long as you want, mate. You can think about it for two seconds. <laughs> you can think about it for the rest of the day, bro. <laughs> Last year, the run they were on, and they didn't even, what? They didn't even make a prelim. No, they sorry. Lost the they lost the prelim. Yeah, you know, with that fucking crazy run, and like, look, at, we we didn't see this kind of energy last year, and so you can take that guru and think about it if you want. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I don't know if I've ever felt more uncomfortable. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do, baby. I was, um, go I was going to say. Um, Going to throw it back to that little run they had early in the year where they were just scoring a ridiculous amount of points with not too dissimilar a team. I was like, well, look, they've done that already this year. If they can rediscover that, who knows what they can do. But I've just gone back and had a look at it. Look at the teams they put points on. They beat the Dogs at the time, who were very ordinary, 44-0. Beat the Raiders, who were very ordinary at the time, 30-16. to Sharkies, 34-18, solid enough. But that was a relatively close game. It blew out a little yep, bit. Yeah. Yep, Um then they beat the Warriors 70-10, to 10, and then the Knights 50-2, to 2, then the Dragons 42-6. Then they got belted by the Panthers. They then got belted by the Cowboys. Before that run, Parramatta dusted them up in Melbourne. So of that really good run they had, no team's gone on, gone on to do anything. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And also, I didn't like... Pappenhausen's so important to their points. Like, mm. without Pappenhausen, they're nowhere near as dangerous. Like, he is so silky quick through the middle. They just lose so much pace around the ruck um, with Pappenhausen, that first 10 metres. Yep. So, with him out, as soon as he went down, I was like, I just cannot see them. Mm. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. You know what? If we're sitting here in six weeks and they're killing it, I'll go, you know what? Storm have done it again. Oh, I think it's fair to say that even without Pappy, it's been worse than what I expected, though. Mm. Like, I, I didn't... As soon as Pappy went down, I thought, okay, I don't think they can win a comp now. But I still probably thought they'd, they'd make top four. Mm. 
now, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they do finish six, seven, eight. Well, I think the only thing stopping them not making the top four is Broncos' poor form. Like if Broncos just kept playing good footy mm. or solid footy, they'd probably make the four storm drop out. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, one other thing on it, sorry, mate. Um, some touch on David Nofaluma. It's looking more and more like I find it really hard to see him going back to the Tigers after this. If that is the end of his existence at the Tigers as their what all-time leading try scorer, it'd be whether it's what happened has happened internally, whether it's him or the club's fault or whatever. Be really disappointing finish to his career, not to get like a really good Tigers farewell at Leichhardt Oval. I think round twenty-five they might even might be the Raiders at Leichhardt Oval. It'd be really shame to see it finish up on these terms. Mm. Storm it. Leichhardt or Raiders? I think say? it's Raiders at oh, Leichhardt okay, around 25. It is, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah a super sad way for a club. Mm. You, you know, he's a club legend. He's a leading try scorer. You, you know, yeah. I know it's just a shortish history, but still, it's not a. He's got some fair names that have been through there. Um, yeah, that, that would be a sad. Just see you later, you know? Surely it's done. Oh, I, I, I can't see him back going back. back. I can't see him going back. He got interviewed on Triple M and he. Seemed very he like he danced around the question heaps. The quote was, "I'm purely like I asked him, will he go back to Tigers?" And it was, "I'm purely focused on putting my energy into Melbourne, not so much focused on the other stuff." Yeah, mm. I think he's just waiting to see if someone will pick up a large portion of his contract, and then if they don't, he'll just go back then. But I, I don't think he's happy there, and I don't think the club's happy either. Which is, you know, it may be publicly, I guess, a sad way to go. But if he gets paid his full contract and he's happy to leave, then. That's a win for everyone else. The problem is, though, his contract is till the end of 25. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, why, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think he's waiting for someone to pick it up. Like, you don't, you don't loan a player that's contracted till 2025. Like, he's yeah. an experienced gun. Like, you don't do that. Um, unless, you know, you're both kind of uh, looking elsewhere. Um, but yeah, look, the positives are Munster was outstanding. Harry Grant was really, really good. Um, just their completion, man. Holy moly. That second half, it was just like, couldn't believe it. Um, I also think like, are we also seeing a bit of the energy zapped out of the team because of the fact that both Bromwich brothers and Kofusi and Cheese are leaving? Is it, is it a case of, you know, they're not it's very hard to get up maybe or... Yeah, I, I sort of thought at the start of the year that it might have the opposite effect. I yeah, galvanise them. Yeah, but I mean, and without moving away from like I said it a few times, the more I watch Melbourne's pack, the more I'm worried about the Dolphins. Mm. Like it's pretty much that team you're watching. Yeah, I think the fresh start might freshen them up a little bit. And I also think that like, you know, there may be a few of the guys that wanted to re-sign at the Storm and the Storm have decided to move on from them. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a bit of, like, energy loss there. Very complicated situation, that's for sure. I had a bit concerned too, Guru, with you for, for the Dolphins just because I mean, we've touched on it in previous weeks, but the two Bromwich boys, Kafusi, they're, I think, like, Jesse's 33. I think Kafusi and uh, Kenny Bromwich, what, 30, 31. I sometimes think when I look at why Melbourne are battling. And I think, is it just an ageing forward pack? Why are they getting dominated yeah, each week? Could deep be. into a season. Could be. They're all going to the Dolphins another year older. I'm really concerned for the Dolphins. Yeah, okay. In saying that, if you're going to have an ageing pack, you've got the best coach ever for an ageing pack. <clears throat> See, I, I just reckon that, that that new fresh start will just freshen them up a little bit. New environment. It'll just peak their energies a bit. Whereas, fuck, it can get grindy, man. They've been at that club for like, 10 or 15 years, like some of them. But I mean, like, we're seeing them at the moment in a bit of a rut and they seem to be struggling to get out of it. I mean, 
Respectfully, I think there's a really good chance that'll be the Dolphins' reality for mm. yeah. 25 Maybe. weeks. It's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, Sean O'Sullivan's been bloody. Sean O'Sullivan, uh, Jerry Marshall King. I honestly reckon Jerry Marshall King's going to make an impact on the comp next year. Like, that's how much he continues to improve. I think he's made an impact on the comp this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I think that the, the wider fan, like as in the Bulldogs yeah. fans are loving him, but I think the wider fans are still a bit, you know, not convinced. But I think when he goes to the Dolphins with a new team, a new club, a, ref a refreshing start, I think people are going to start appreciating. Like, you've been appreciating him all year. Yeah. We, I mean, we all have. We, yeah. Like, But I just think that the wider fan might go, he's a genuine nine now. Whereas I think, like, even at the start of this year, I was still like, is he even a nine? Like, good, solid player. The more I watch him now, I'm like, he's improving so much. His selection – anyway, I don't know why the fuck I'm speaking about Jerry Marshall King. <laughs> fucking talk about – Storm tight. I was about to ask you a question about Sean O'Sullivan. So <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, so it's I personally think, and Storm fans will probably feel a little bit different. I, I this kind of negative vibe that we have at the moment with the Storm, even though it's you know not negative in a hate them way, it's negative. I think it's because we it's a compliment. Think about how crazy it is that we're sitting going, oh, a bit worried about the Storm. They're sitting fourth. Mm. No other team in the comp would we expect this. Like even with the Penny Panthers, we would go, oh, okay, they're having an off year. You know what I mean? It's just not, they're having an off year. The Melbourne Storm, we're sitting here going, ooh, and they're sitting fourth. So there has to be, I guess we've got to show some love to that fact, is that they are in the top four. They had the most long-term injuries in the, in the competition. <coughs> most of their forward pack is moving on next year. They, they deserve some raps for that. I had a follower who sent me just a, a little two-minute clip of a preseason podcast that we did, mm. and one of the quotes that we both said was, Melbourne could have a shocking year and finish fourth. Oh, really? Yeah, which is where they that's, are. That's the why moment. you're called the guru, baby. That's why I'm called the beak. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, that's a, the that's a funny thing. It's like sometimes I people think we just say shit to say shit. Like, we think about it. Like, I'm not just fucking throwing it out We there. think about it occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. pretty much all fucking day. Um, so, yeah, I, we gotta, I guess we've got to pay a bit of respect to the fact that this club is still fourth. Mm. It's still fourth. Like, that, that, that's how incredible they are as an organisation. Like, imagine this. Imagine that they have all these players moving. And we have to remember, they lost Dale Finucane. They lost Nico Hines. They've lost um, Tino Fossil or Malawi. They've lost – who was the other bench? They've now lost Cheese. They've lost almost, what, nearly 10 players in the last 24 months? Yep. And then you could go back another year. They lost Cameron Smith. So let's imagine a world where they're rebuilding, quotation marks, and the worst they finish is four. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty fucking incredible. It will be interesting, though. Like, if they lose to Penrith this week, the two teams below them are South Sydney and Parramatta. They're playing each other. So mm. one of them has to go up. If your Broncos beat the Newcastle Knights – all of a sudden, that Melbourne Storm team is going to be seventh. Wow. And, th and then it is a different conversation. <laughs> and then if the Roosters happen to beat the Cowboys, all of a sudden, they're only one win behind Melbourne. Oh, fuck. So, like, it can get interesting. Like, they're in fourth now, which is fantastic. It's a good knock, all things considered. It's It's been a shit fight. But, but it could get back. It can turn very well, quickly. You know what? It's similar to the Broncos in the sense that, like, it can go from uh, all these injuries and you still came fourth, incredible, to yeah. holy shit, the, the Storm just finished the worst they've finished in like fucking. Well, ever. if we're sitting here next week and they're in seventh, which is quite possible, mm. we'll be going, ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Also, Roosters Cowboys, yes, please. I fucking know. Yeah. Mate, I reckon Day Roosters. Game at the SCG. Oh, I reckon Roosters are a bit of smoky there. Mm. I mean, I, yeah, I reckon I might even 
back the Roosters there. Firm favourites at the moment. Are they? Dollar seventy four. Are they really? Cows two ten. The Cowboys. The, that that scoreline yesterday against the Dogs does not reflect the game. That yeah. was a tight contest. That the Bulldogs almost. You know, if they just had advised a few more opportunities when they had the ascendancy. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. But uh, as it stands right now, I think Storm deserve a massive credit for the standards we all have from them. As a co- like, these are just another 17 blokes, but because they wear that purple jersey, we have way higher standards for them than we do with anyone else in the competition. And exactly right. And, you know, as I just said, it'd be so easy for them to finish just to seventh place. They've won one less game than the Cronulla Sharks this year, who will praise so the Cows come home. Mm. Yeah. And what, two less games than Cowboys? Yeah. And like we're talking about, wow, Todd Payton, coach of the year, and we're going fuck Storm. So yeah, yeah we just we just want. I just wanted to acknowledge that to Storm yeah. fans, like because it is. I think it is. I mean, it's a good problem to have as a Storm fan. Like fuck, you're too good. Um, but we, it is worth uh, acknowledging. Now onto the Titans. Oh no, jeez, disaster, disaster. Fuck. Oh shit. So about ten minutes before, before half time. Tino gets taken off and they show the VB hard-earned index and it's just purple, just purple. There's no Titans players except for one bloke at the top and it's Tino. And you're going, this bloke deserves a fucking medal. The but, least surprising thing of the weekend. Yeah, but then you sit back and you go, why isn't anyone going with this bloke? Like, why is it he just him? How come, like, he's not, you know, like, yes, he is an incredible athlete, but... There's got to be someone going with him. Like, surely there could have been at least a Titans player at, like, fourth or something. I just – I don't get – they just don't seem to be all on the same page going in the same direction sometimes. And as you said, the, you know, the rest of it was purple. We just spoke about how all the guys in purple are kind of underachieving at the moment. And they're an ageing pack. They're an ageing pack and there was just – yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to put you – like, surely they must sit back and watch tape. And see what Tino is doing every single game, and look around the room and go, "Fuck!" I just—it just seems I don't know. They just don't have that same energy that he. You know, I—I I mm. never watch a Titans. Well, I don't usually watch a Titans. Like, there's never been most of the time I'm watching a Titans game that I just don't feel there's a, a much aggression. Like, there's aggression. Obviously, they're playing rugby league, NRL standard. But like, when you compare it to the top tier teams, they just don't seem to have that same venom that say a Tino does or the top tier teams. And I just wonder, I don't, I, do they, are they just expecting to score more points in the opposition? You know, that's the way they do it rather than defending? Mate, I, I reckon the, the only one that other, the only other player that does go with him, I reckon, is probably Bo Furmore. But out on an edge and at 100 kilo, 95, 100 kilos, there's only so much he can do. Like, mm. you have got these, like, you look like you've got Fafita, you've got Mo. These guys have all played Origin. Mm. I, I thought Mo had some decent touches on the weekend. I thought he was a bit aggressive every now and then, but. Yeah. Like Herman SASA scored on the weekend. I mean, I don't know how he hasn't kicked on at this point. He was a gun coming oh, through. Mate, every single club he goes to, I'm like, okay, this will this, be the time. This yeah. will be the club that it happens at. It just doesn't, you know. Isaac Leo still, still got him on the bench, you know. I, Leo, I think, hasn't really, probably hasn't kicked on the way we thought a premiership winning front row would be, would have that club, unfortunately. Yeah. But but I mean I, I also think that he's exactly who he tells you he is. He's not a barnstorming tackle breaking. He just gets through work. That was his role at the Roosters too. Yeah, like. but like he has some crucial errors at times, yeah, and fair. he's a yeah. he's a premiership winning front rower. Bring it brought to the club. You want him to have impact at least, surely. <coughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, and again, it hasn't been terrible at all, but I just mean like if you sign, an, I, I'm, ass, I'm assuming they sign him on a pretty good wicket. Like not crazy, but sign like a, he was one of their biggest signings. I just don't know whether he has impacted the way they maybe have hoped. What do you reckon, Timmy, about the Titans? Yeah, it's a real shame to see them at the moment because this time last year, they were coming home with a wet sail and scoring a stack of points. They're a really enjoyable side mm. to watch. This year, I'm really, really just not enjoying watching them play footy just due to the lack of quality. Um, and it's, you know, you call a spade a spade because it is what it is, isn't it? Like mm. they, like, it, and if people are ever sitting there watching, say, an outside pack and going and they're barnstorming an attack and they keep getting dropped, can't make the side. 99% of the time, the reason is that they can't defend. And mm. poor old Greg Marju, as good as, as he is in attack, some of his defensive decisions every week are just, it like, unexplainable. There was the one that really stood out to me on the weekend was the Xavier Coates try where Harry Graham's a dummy half. And Grant shifted one, one went whack to the right corner to coach who just <coughs> dove over the line. And people saying, how good's that from uh, Harry Grant? Marju just went in on his own line to the ruck, but he just wasn't needed. Mm. And coaches and Grant have just gone, um, righto, thank you. Yeah. It was so, so poor. Harry Grant stood there and had his right arm out and was waving it like that. <laughs> like, like As he ran over, he went like that. Yeah, he went like that. Oh. It, was like, it reminded me of that... Uh, that, that try that um that Hodges set up years ago when he threw it between his legs, he j just gave yeah. a little wave. But like, I just don't know what what he was doing last year. It's, it's like you can go out there and run for two hundred and fifty meters and break twelve tackles and and score a try. But as far as I'm concerned, if you then let in a try like that to go with the mad try, you go well. You're square for the day because mm. for everyone you score, you should be saving. It's yeah, like a save try is as good as a try scored effectively. Yeah, oh, that's, it's it's a tough one because like if he can sort that defense, he genuinely, in my opinion, could be a top tier. For sure, unbelievable yeah. in in attack, incredible, he's in, unreal. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're right. And look, to be fair, is this his first year of first grade? Essentially, <clears throat> well, I know he's I know he's not. He got enough games last year as well. Yeah, yeah, he, okay. he wasn't picked at Parramatta. Played, spent a lot of time. Uh, I think he's playing with Wentworth, Philly, New South Wales Cup, and yep. couldn't crack the Eels side. And people were, were looking at his stats in New South Wales Cup, going, "How is he not getting picked?" Mm. That's why. Like he, he would have played a hundred first grade, a hundred reserve grade games. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's he's been around for a bit. I, I I would have hoped by this point, um, he was probably a bit more consistent than mm. what he is. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but like if if I was a coach, I would take that as a real challenge of like I've got this diamond just sitting there, mm. and my preseason with him would just be defense, 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 like just defensive decisions, def like just talking to him. Because, like, these are the kind of guys that if you can just click that one thing, that defence, he becomes a genuine weapon. Like, arguably the best ball-running winger in the comp. If not the best, he's at least in the top tier. When he, when he runs the ball, he's unstoppable. He's such a, a nightmare to tackle. So, yeah, I agree, especially with that, that dummy half one. It was just a – it's just a focused thing, like, like – and not in a negative way. Like, he may be too focused in – on the ball like so he's just thinking i've got to get close to the to play the ball here just in case um harry grant tries to dive over instead of just just taking that extra second to go oh actually i'll get my winger where my winger is and if harry grant dives over that's not my because like the problem is is that let's say he does stand out in the wing there would have been about a meter gap between him and the marker mm. let's say harry grant gets out dives over people would have been like why the fuck are you standing all the way out there when the ball's there so they had numbers though, like in defense. Oh, for sure. Mark, yeah. But I know what you're saying though. Yeah. People would have blamed yeah. him because if he had have come out and and just dove over in that space. Mm. So like 
I get it. Definitely, he should have been worried about his winger. And, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying, like, that's probably what his thought process yep. was, was, like, the ruck's there. We need to be tight. So the, And instead of just taking that little extra step and going, actually, I'm going to be a bit further out because I can tr- I'm just going to have to trust my man to get that, to tackle yep. that. Um, but, yeah, there's a diamond there. There really is. I, I, I just think just get some – and maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't have tried forever. I met Greggy, um, State of Origin one, uh, 3. He did some um, NRL TikTok. We just did some interviews and that with him and some funny stuff. Really, really nice guy. Really nice guy. So um, if they could just clean up that defensive read bit, far out. He could be a beast. There's a beast. fair whack of diamonds there that if they can clean. <laughs> yeah. Could be a good footy side. Like, we've said it all year that the centres, like Sami and Kelly, like, both so talented, but they've mm. both just got little things in their game they've got to sort out. Um, yeah, Fafita's obviously another one that you could probably put in that category. You've got to get him in the front row, surely. I know it sounded crazy at the time, but are you coming around or what? Well, I, did we push back on you that? I don't, I don't think it turned back. Okay. Maybe. I don't Sweet. know. Maybe I don't remember. Maybe it was the other voice in my head that was pushing back against it. <laughs> I was against it initially, and then we spoke about it um, – for about half an hour, mm. <laughs> and, and, and by the end of the conversation, like I came. Right, yeah. yeah, by the end of the combo, you, you, you turned me around and said, "You know what? It could work." Because you just wanted to move on. Let me go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I needed to get home. <laughs> um, yeah. All jokes aside, though, I think you just get him in there. Is it? It's too like we've we've tried it. Whether you want to blame the ball players or you want to say it's his fault or whatever. I think you just give him a real fair crack and you just say, mate. Whoever's fault it is, yeah. just, just simplify it. Just get him in the middle. Yeah. Say, bro, I just want you to go as hard as you can. Every time you want the ball, you get it. Yeah. Every time. One off the ruck, whatever you want. Get him involved in the game. Push the dummy half over, do whatever. The f- Wh- whatever you want. Yeah. We just want you to get the ball in hand. And I just think that that would release him. You know, That would just get him in a mode where, you know what, I'm, I don't have to worry about anyone else or keeping my width to make sure that other people can st- – we just get in there, rip and tear. It'll be interesting to see what they do now with Aaron Booth out. Oh, what an, mm, I thought about all, you boys as soon as I saw oh. that with, with Clarky. Do they do they have to put him back to hooker? Like, I don't know how many options they've got. Seriously, the Tanner Boyd nearly have to. They, oh, they might almost, be hooker down there somewhere, but mate, you'd almost get him there on crutches. Get him in the crutches, fucking getting past the ball. They, honestly, the, the one player they like couldn't lose was that nine because he's. Yeah. They have looked better with him at nine. Um, Honestly, I put Tanner Boyd there and put Clark at 13. Tony uh, Sexton back in. Pull Sexton back in. The season's over. Get some reps in Sexton. Tanner Boyd needs to stay. I know he's been really good at six. I think he's been really good at six. I mean, he was at seven, sorry, the weekend. Mm. But I just reckon you put Tanner Boyd there, you keep Clark at 13. Um, I also think Tino being in the front row has actually improved his game a bit as well. Yep. I think he's a front rower. Um, yeah. What do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, I agree. I would definitely have Tino up there. I, I just hope they don't move Aaron Clark back to nine. That's just all, all that I'm hoping. He's so for. he's great at thirteen. Yeah, I great. mean, as much as as I prefer Tanner to be playing in the halves, the reality is with Foz arriving next year, he's not going to be in the halves. Mm. It's obviously going to be Sexton in there. You got to still find a spot for Brimson. I just think Tanner's not going to have a spot, so just play him at hooker. Mm. Do you think though that with Tanner getting selected at seven, there's a genuine possibility where Titans think, you know what? Tanner might be the guy that we go forward with. Oh, the Titans could be thinking one of many <laughs> things. I'm, I've got no idea. Because he's still young. Yeah. You know, and it, you don't want to, in my opinion, when you're making decisions, you don't want to lock yourself into a decision just because <clears throat> you made that decision six months ago, you know? 
you don't want to just go, oh, well, I made it six months ago. I'm locked into it. I mean, that's how we got to this problem. That's is, exactly what's the problem. Yeah, it's like, time. and so yes. I wonder, you know, if I'm Titans, I wouldn't rule out the possibility. Maybe Tanner Boyd can leapfrog. I'm not saying he will, but maybe he can. If maybe. he's the best man for the job. I personally think they'll, they'll stick with Toby Sexton, though. I think mm. I think Tanner either turns himself into a full-time nine or maybe goes to another club. Um, Brimo, once again, plays really well. He's a he's a he's just like even when they're playing poorly, he continues to deliver. He's the kind of guy where it's like, far out. If they continue down this track, is it worth him being there? He can go to another club mm. and absolutely kill it because he's killing it in a team that's struggling. Two try assists, hundred and yeah, two try assists, one hundred thirty six meters, a tackle break, a line break, a line break assist, sixteen tackles, um, one hundred twenty three kick meters. So, yeah, it just, it's just getting to that point because their roster is quite good that they need to be worried about losing guys like Brimo. Um, and even, I know Tino's a captain, he just re-signed, but long-term, you, you just can't... If you want to chase greatness, unfortunately, you can't stay at the clubs that are struggling. And it's unfla- unfair for the clubs that are struggling because that's how they keep struggling. But at the end of the day, like, would anyone... Let's say they had another year like this. Would anyone begrudge Tino or Brimo from going, you know what, I can't waste any more years doing this? Like, so, If I was a Titans fan, I'd also be nervous that Kieran Foran's meant to be a Titan in a month. It's the first time he's been injured all oh, year this weekend. Fuck. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. So unlucky. Um, so hopefully they can turn around. I like the Titans. I think they've got a great playing roster. I really do. Like I know some people say they don't have, just don't have the roster. I disagree. I really think that if they just had an experience seven – they would be sweet. I really, really Especially do. Especially with like the brand of footy they play and you know the ground that they play at. They normally play two p.m., three p.m. Mm. Like they're normally playing on a dry mm. track where they can play expansive footy. That's what they like to play. Yeah, I'm not convinced they got the roster. Really? Yeah, yeah. And even like if you go through the starting thirteen, look, there's some talent there, but it's it's a, there's a lot of potential there. Jaden Campbell could be this. Tanner Boyd could be this. Aaron Booth could be this. David Feeder, same thing. A lot of them, but. You look past that and you just look at the depth in the squad. A successful NRL squad, I was going to say the current day, in any day, you have to have depth. You go down to their bench and there's mm. not a lot of whack coming off the bench that, that are going to strike fear into the hearts of opposition between, what, SESA, Liu, Joloff, McIntyre. Throwing a couple more injuries. More players have to come up. It's like, well, I'm just really not convinced that there's there's a great roster there. <coughs> Is this pretty, like, that's pretty much their best forward pack, right? Mm. Like are they missing? Is there anyone else that we're forgetting? I think Jared oh, I Wallace th- is in reserve grade. Jared Wall- yeah. yeah. I, I don't is he playing it. reserve grade at the moment? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was suspended for a couple of weeks, but I thought he was meant to be back this week, as, oh, in, okay. like, as in like round 21, so maybe mm. he was. Um, and so he's not going to be there next year anyway. He was already so, a bit on yeah, the outer yeah. as well. It's pretty, um, I think that's pretty well it. Pretty, uh, look, I, I personally think they have the roster to be in the top eight. Um not not to win a premiership or anything like that, but I don't think their roster is as bad as some people make out. Uh, Wallace hasn't played reserve grade for a while, so okay, sure. so he's just been injured. Then must just be injured. He had a two week suspension, mm. but I, I thought it ended in round twenty one. When, when did he play reserve grade? Re- oh, round seven, a long time ago. Round one and round seven. So how many first grade games has he played this year? Uh, let me look. Because I I got the feeling that he was on the outer. He's on a relatively big wicket. Mm. And he's signed with yeah. the Dolphins well, He went through a pretty good period where he scored like four tries in five weeks or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Because of... they miss him. I think he'd be Yeah, he, he was suspended around 18, 19. So he's been, he's been available. Yeah. yeah, he's played 11 games this year. So he, first grade. Okay. 
So he, you're saying he has been available? Yeah, suspended round 18 and 19 for a dangerous throw. So he was available this that week? That was when he was sent off, wasn't it? Was that right? Uh, um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, based on that, that's NRL.com. He's yeah. been available for selection. Yeah, interesting. Because I actually think they could use him. Maybe maybe he's injured or something. I don't know. Maybe. Speaking um, of injuries, I don't know if you mentioned Foreman before, but he the early mail is he's going to play this week. Well, it's good. He looked devastated. Mm. Yeah. Maybe he's just filthy at the loss because it was probably the end of the... It is it a hammy, like though, so I don't, I don't know how true it is. It is, is what? It is a hamstring... Like, a hamstring injury is pretty tough. I don't to know why they'd be rushing. I mean, in saying that, mainly just dying to make the eight, so maybe mm. that's... Jeez, if you're the Titans, surely you make a phone call. Yeah, go on, boys, please, seriously. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> and they're playing the Titans, too. Oh, oh no. Oh, they're probably sitting out intentionally and go, we want you to suffer. Does his hammy literally in front Imagine of him. Imagine if he does his hammy in front of the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> Man, I remember this. I, I had like a, a, like a twinge in a game. Anyway, that week, so that week coming back to, like played really well, but that week coming back, as you know, I was playing uh, Queensland Cup. So this is when I like had retired and the Broncos had called me back like literally mid off season. And so would you like to come play back, come back and play footy? And I was like, well, I'm doing nothing else. So may as well. Went back. Played for Redcliffe, I think, in the first trial. Played really well. And I actually played in the NRL trials and played really well too. But in the, the, the week leading up to the next game, round two, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like to the, the trainer, I was like, I just don't know. Like I'm not sure whether it's right or not. It feels a bit off. And, and anyway, like I got pulled aside by the head trainer, basically going, mate, like almost like you need to toughen up. So I was like, fuck. I was like, all right. Pre, uh, warm up. For the Dolphins, uh, in the warm-up, boom, hammy, fully fucking gone, out for like four weeks. Happens all the time. I'm telling you, like, like, because it, it's a hard balance that because you need people pushing you because it's rugby league. You're going to constantly be playing injured, so it's very hard balance. Where is he? You know, just being a bit soft or whatever, or do we need to push him and rah rah? So, but yeah, he was kind of like pulled me aside after I did like the fitness test and was like, mate, no, you need, you just need to like. Um, you know, your energy needs to be up, and just all that kind of carry on. Uh, played, uh, warmed up, boom, hammy gone. First, I think it was like the first time I'd ever done a real big hammy. Um, and so when I t- look at Q and four, and I'm like, if you're twinging at the end of the game, and it's a similar situation with having me, it was the end of the game, it was a long chase, just a little twinge. It's a high, high chance that he'll come out and it'll go, like go, go, four to six weeks, boom. So I think that'd be if if he did twinge his hammy, I think that'd be crazy to play him. Mm. Um, anyway, on to the next game, Manly versus the Eels. Um, yeah, look, let's talk about our boy Arthur. I think that you know, I think a lot of Eels fans will uh, be sitting there going, you know what, I'm kind of grateful that he got some time. I'm kind of grateful that he got some uh, NRL footy because. His two try assists were when the game was on the line and they were behind. And in my opinion, if he doesn't have those earlier games to get him acclimated to NRL's footy, he probably doesn't have the confidence to throw those balls. So I just want to give a massive rap to Jake Arthur for, for having the guts in those big moments to make the big plays. And also, Brad Arthur deserves a rap for picking the correct person. You know, Everyone kept saying it's because he's his son, it's because he's his son. Well, clearly it not. Clearly it was part of a plan and that plan has worked. Mitchell Moses is out. They need a guy that's got experience and Jacob Arthur stepped up to the plate on the weekend. Thoughts, Guru? I thought it was great to say. I thought his ball to... Was it Wonga Blake? Wonga Blake, right. incredible. Yeah. Over Saab's head. Intentionally thrown. 
so high knowing that Saab's about seven foot th- seven thousand foot tall. So much risk on that play. Oh. For a guy that's been booed constantly. And you know if you throw an intercept to Saab, you're standing behind the sticks four seconds later. <laughs> if you got done. booed for doing nothing, imagine you would have got imagine booed for that. fucking losing the At game. Brookvale Oval. Oh. Yeah. So Credit to him. I, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he, his kicking game was really good as well. I think he put on a try. Was it Gutho that he kicked for? I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. I think it, it was, was Gutho. Yeah, anyway, it, it was a perfect kick that he put in. So credit to, I know, uh, you know, D- Dylan Brown and, and Gutho were the stars of the show, but I just thought Jacob Arthur, he had every reason to completely <laughs> shit the bed then under all the pressure in the world and just go into his shell. <laughs> he did the opposite. He came out to, to, to go to Brookvale Oval mm. as a halfback. It doesn't get much tougher than that. Rookie, heavy track, tough, tough, tough away trip. And you've got the sure. opposition booing you, and then your own fans are fucking booing you as well to stand up and do that. Mm. A great knock. So well done to him. Timmy, what do you think about the Eels? Yeah, it's really perplexing one with Arthur. Like it's almost as though Brad Arthur had been picking him because he's good at footy mm. and not because he's responsible for his existence <laughs> on the earth. Um, I was so happy to see him after getting booed come out and kill it. He said at, at important times, as Goose said, in the cauldron of Brookvale Oval, wonderful to see him step up. Um, really good sign going forward for Parramatta that mm. they can do it if they lose either of Brown or Mitch Moses. And look, it's only one week, but he stepped out under immense pressure and was really good, Jake Arthur, because they've got probably the best best depth in the comp across a lot of positions para the mm. halves there was a question mark around if one of them went down um so really good there and then on their left edge we've sort of you, you talk about the best edges in the nrl and, and best attacking edges in particular and you think of the bunnies left edge the panthers left edge tell you what the eels left edge now with brown lane sevo um they're just looking exceptional aren't mm, they yeah um, Dylan brown so yeah good. Just the way he digs into the line, and he's just such a threat because you have to stay on him because he's big, strong, and fast. Actually, I saw the clip of your brother. He picked it up before the game. He's a freak, mate. So just recount what your, your brother said before the game. He just – he's, like, very good, Sam, at, at reading defensive lines. And his one on Sevo was that, like we have been here, he's been very critical of Manly's right edge for starters um, between Chez and a few other defensive issues. His big thing was that – when teams are playing, it's manly because Foran is one of the best defensive halves in the comp. DC has his issues. A teams are always going to attack DC's edge, so a it opens up there, and basically just the amount of space that you mentioned that Dylan Brown, how well he squares up and just draws in defenders, but he put emphasis on how quick Gutho is moving in the back line and his ability just to catch and pass at speed. Mm. He gets his line right every single time. So Sevo, not only is he getting the space there. But then, you know, your fullback will come across who might tackle nine out of ten wings in the comp. Try stopping Sevo one-on-one. So yeah. he ended up – yeah, he had a double within eight minutes of that yeah. game. And your brother, Sam Williams, obviously, of Canberra Raiders fame, um, he picked a double, didn't he? Yeah, he said – I think it was on our punting podcast. And his lock of the week was Sevo to score. And then just after, he was like, you know what, and probably to score double tries. And the week prior, we – just laughed at him. But his lock of the week was Brent Naden to score. Mm. That was the Tigers against the Broncos. Tigers were paying about six bucks. Broncos, massive favourites at Suncorp. And he, his reasons there were just speaking about, which I'd never even considered. He said, look, I think Adam Reynolds is one of the best 
halves in the competition, been one of the best signings in you know history for well one of uh, for the Broncos. How good he's been from this year, and he was just saying how tight uh, Adam Reynolds defends to his ba- edge back rower. Mm. Um, and as a result of that, teams score a lot of tries down his edge out wide, like the winger yeah, in particular. Space, yeah. So he said there was no knock on him physically as defending, yeah. not even like his defensive style, but the space is created for the winger. Yeah. Naden scored within 12 minutes. Far out. And so that's, uh, go to SC Playbook 1, that's your Instagram, and the podcast that where Sam Williams does all the breakdown mm-hmm. of that, what's that called? Yeah, the half-backed podcast. So it's, it's you know, we look at punting plays and a few other things, but basically I've just wanted to get Sam's footy mind out there, and now that he's not affiliated with an NRL club, it's been a little bit hard to do, particularly from a punting perspective, but I just wanted to get his footy mind out there mm. and share that to people because uh, he's a genius, mate. Like yep. He knows his footy so, so well. And mate, if he ever wants to come on this genius podcast, he's more than welcome. If, yeah, more if than you start welcome. listening to him, I'll be out, he'll be in. And, you know, what it, <laughs> That'll be four geniuses on this podcast. <laughs> not you, mate. You're not a genius, bro. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah mate. I, the, the Eels, uh, um, look... As I've said all year, and I caught flack for it, I still think they've got it. I still think they've got it, and I think they're a scary team to play, and I think that they could go on a run where they win four games in a row. I really, really do. Guys, can I get you in the corner yet or not? Is he's on the side or no? Am I still crazy? I'm not going to waste your time. I just I was having a thing about, like, who could potentially play Penrith in the grand final. I still think Penrith are that far ahead of anyone. Mm. They showed it on the weekend without their halves. I just found it so hard trying to split literally team two to team mm. eight. So I, I can't put a line through anyone because I can't confidently say this is the team that will play Penrith yeah. in the grand final. Yeah. Um, so for sure, why not, Para? But you're not going, Guri? No, I, I don't think they can win a comp this year. I don't think they'll make it to the grand final. Okay. That's just, yeah. Okay. Having to be proven wrong, more than happy. I, I want to see... Could you imagine Brad Arthur be successful? He deserves it. He was in the grand finals. Against Penrith? Against Penrith. It'd be one of the biggest grand finals. Outside of Roosters versus Rabbitohs. Matter of fact, it might actually be bigger because of the population. Mm. As we worked out on Wednesday's podcast, it's 2 million in Penrith. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2 million in the Greater West, isn't it? On Wednesday (laughs) podcast, I was like, isn't there like 2 million people in Penrith? But what I meant was it was in Greater (laughs) Western Sydney. I think it's the biggest... Area like densely populated I'm sure the area. Boys would have let you get away with that. No, we all, we, no one fucking got it right. We had to Google it, and yeah. it was fucking two hundred thousand. Um, mate, a Western Sydney Grand Final is exactly what this game needs. It is exactly what rugby league needs, and that's coming from a Broncos fan. It's all. It's exactly like uh, the Queensland Grand Final. We needed that as a game. That that Queensland North Queensland vs Broncos. Whether you hated it, hated those teams, love those teams. That ending. Uh, the call from Ray Warren about JT going into immortality. Like, we needed that as rugby league. And I think just as much with Penrith Panthers and Western Sydney, it's almost Penrith Panthers have, like, revitalised Western Sydney. There's so much energy out there now. Pan- Panthers versus Para in a grand final? Oh, oh. my God. It'd be so hectic. It'd be so hectic. The only other thing I could think of is, like, maybe Doggies and Para in a grand final, but I just think Penrith Para. We need Penrith Para in the first prelim and South Roosters in the second prelim. That's what we need. South Roosters grand final. I remember Doggies, Doggies and Eels in 09 when Hayne went on that freakish run of form, that famous Parramatta run to the finals, and the prelim final, I think it was at ANZ Stadium, Mm, and it was just shock-a-block full of people. The atmosphere, I wasn't at the game, but even just watching on television was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Mm. You, yep. you know, you, you then go and do Parramatta versus 
Penrith in a grand final. Could you imagine? Oh, I was at that game, Timmy. That was oh. that was one of the craziest crowds I've ever been a part of, mm. rugby league wise. There was eighty thousand there, and they split the crowd in half. So yeah. half was yellow, half was um, blue. It was outstanding. Far out. Could you imagine Penny Panthers versus Para? Far out. And like, and, and look, I know this sucks for Storm fans. It's looking like most likely they, you know, probably won't make the finals again. Happy to be proven wrong. So there's a, there's a real possibility. Like, because who, who else? Like, it's an open race. You got Cowboys. You got Sharks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Cowboys and Sharks are that far ahead of the Eels in chances to, to get into a grand final. Like, I really don't. I'd, fuck, yeah. It could it, be anyone. It, could be it's anyone. almost at the point where you wouldn't mind finishing fourth and playing Penrith. Because then at least you avoid them until the grand final. Yeah, it's oh, a good point. Great call. That's why Broncos need to get fourth. <laughs> like, you've got one free throw at the stumps. And also, try some shit and it's Cleary's first game back too. Yes. So it's, it's not like, a bad spot to end up. Yeah. Fourth is actually what you want. You have to go to Blue Bet. It's <coughs> going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, but sure. You then you don't – like, that's what South Sydney did last year. They, they, they beat yeah, them week one, then they put yep. them on the other side, and they didn't have to see him again yep. until it didn't work out, mm. obviously, as Maddie can tell us. But <laughs> it's still not a bad spot to end up. What a what a sliding doors moment, that intercept. What a sliding doors <laughs> moment. And I'm not trying to be a dick, bro. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, you're talking to a Broncos, ex-Bronco. We got fucked by fucking felt in the corner. Jesus. Moment of silence, please. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, just remember, guys, dad drop. The dad drop is dropping. The pre-sale is dropping Wednesday, 6 p.m. We've got cool dad shirt. We've got the best dad shirt, and we've got grumpy dad shirt. Basically, you spend 120 bucks. You get your choice of a shirt. You get a bloke cooler um, cooler bag, which we haven't released yet. They're, they've never been released before. It's actually it's just behind me. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can see it just behind me. Um, actually, I'll get it up so you can see it, boys. Here it is, bloke cooler bag. Boom, right there. Then you also get a six pack of your choice. So you can choose lager or midi and you get a stubby cooler that has dad written on it. That is Wednesday, 6 p.m. going live, be there. You know, if you've got a dad or even if you are a dad, tell the missus, tell the kids or buy for yourself. Hey, spoil yourself, mate. Bloody hell, you go to work all week, you're, rip, you're bloody ripping and tearing all week with your bloody family, mate. <laughs> bloody spoil yourself, mate. Even though you probably spoil yourself every weekend with a thousand beers. <laughs> spoil yourself with a with a bloke pack. Also, the short shirts will be sold separately, forty nine ninety five each. Um, that's Wednesday six pm. Also, bloke beer. Uh, whew, it's the best beer in all the land. Bloke midis. Head to our website. You go to the store locator. You can actually tick the midi box. Put in your postcode. It will show you the nearest stockers of the midi and OG bloke. So the bloke lager, smooth, easy drinking beer, beer that tastes like real beer, beer for bloke to turn up for their family, mates, and good times. The OG bloke is in every single bottle and celebrations, Porter's Liquor and IGA Plus Liquor in New South Wales and ACT. Even had a few people message me on the weekend, said, I can't, I went to my local uh, IGA Plus Liquor thinking, nah, there's no way they stock it. And boom, they stocked it. So if you've got a bottle of a Celebrations, a Porter's Liquor or IGA Plus Liquor near you in New South Wales and ACT, they will stock bloke. Uh, also, we're in every single Celebration Superstore in Queensland. Go to blokeinabar.com. We've got hundreds of other stores. We're in hundreds of stores all across Queensland, New South Wales, uh, Victoria, ACT. Go to blokeinabar.com. Check out our store locator. Everything's going to be bloke, uh, based around blokeinabar.com and bloke.shop. So if you want merch, the store locator, head over to the website now. You can also join the Bloke Club. 
Go to bloke.club, you join up, you get text when everything's dropping. We're also going to be starting to do like discounts, all that good stuff. So join the bloke club, but let's get back to the footy. Let's get back to the footy. Now onto the Manly Sea Eagles. Um, what's going on? Is there a big, big news drop? Nah, nah just, just Batuta doing some of their best work. Uh, what was it? What's the article? Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to read out and not. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Batuta, Batuta wrote, and Batuta is a satirical. Nation's weak gutted dog kids warned to get their act together or Ricky Stewart will light them up in a live press conference one day. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the tutor is all time. The Raiders um, just released actually a, a statement around Stewart and all that and it was um, very political and well said, saying they don't condone his words and they're happy with whatever the NRL do hand down, punishment-wise, so that didn't yeah. much weight. They would already be dis- in discussions with the NRL. Yeah. I think they'd already get a feel for it. And also, I think the NRL would already be telling him, mate, you, you need to say this, you need to do this. Um, because Stuart, Stuart had his meeting with the NRL this morning, so yeah. I feel like it might come out today. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, fuck. It's just an unfortunate situation. And, and again, uh, uh, some people that are sitting there going, oh, mate, he just said how he felt. Just imagine if that was your brother, your son, you know, your sister, whoever got spoken about like that, you'd be devastated. I know I'd be fuming if anyone did that. Um, Especially, yeah, anyway. Uh, now, on to Manly, boys. Look, I, probably one of their poorer games in a while, to be honest. I've been a bit, bit of a fan of the way Manly have, like, really circled the wagons um, after the loss of Tom Dravojevic. I think a lot of us may have thought, Tom Dravojevic gone, they are out. But this was one of their more disappointing games, in my opinion. They just didn't seem to have the same, I guess, energy as they've had in recent weeks. Um what you, what, Timmy, what did you think about the, the Manly Seagulls? I was just disappointed with Manly who, who have like forged this reputation under Desi Hasler as just this gritty side who, you know, get up against adversity. And for the first half, to a degree, they did. Uh, it really disappointed me that they conceded four unanswered tries in that second half. I thought, you know, when it was sort of neck and neck going into the half and whatnot, that at Brookie Oval, you know, they were going to go, you know what, tumultuous week, here we go, let's dig in this second half and get a win, a really important win. Uh, and it went the opposite way. And yeah. cr- credit to Parramatta, they, they're the side that did lift uh, and Manly didn't. So yeah. I, I was disappointed in that in that yeah, regard. For sure. Just quickly, got some, uh, not breaking news, but some sad news. Melbourne Storm have tweeted, everyone at Melbourne Storm is saddened to hear of the passing of Felice Kofusi, father, uh, Taniela. On Saturday morning, Felice will miss Thursday match against the Panthers to be with his family. Our thoughts are with Kofusi family during this time. Absolutely, you know, thoughts are with Kofusi. Very, very sad for him. Um, yeah, definitely sending out all the thoughts and, and I guess just hoping Felice and the family are okay. Um, very, very sad times. Very sad times. Um, what did you think about Manly Guru? Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Obviously, coming off last week um, when the you know the seven boys came back into this side, I had no idea. Between Parramatta being one of the more inconsistent sides in this comp and Manly coming off the week they did, I had no idea what to expect. But I think you sort of touched on it. With Des, I sort of expect siege mentality, mm. gather all the boys together, get them up for it, and kind of got the opposite. They had little flashes in this game and they looked <coughs> decent, but... I don't know, I just, I always sort of thought Parramatta were on the front foot, essentially. Yeah. 88% completion rate for Parra. Ooh. Very hard to beat a Parra side that's completing that. And that's like the, the top-tier sides like that. All you need to do is complete high, and you're going to be tough to beat. Um, it, it's, yeah, with Manly, 
I, st- I still think they've had a pretty solid year, you know, mm. but this basically puts them out of finals contention, I think. Um, what's the, the ladder there, Maddie or Guru? Get that up for us, please. Don't, don't have my iPad. Um, yeah, it's a tough one because you don't want to sit here and go, oh, you know, they've been solid without their fullback. Mm. You know what I mean? It's almost that's a ex- low expectations for a club that would be saying we should win a premiership. There's a plenty of clubs that have missed, lost their main guys, and gone on to you know have a real crack. Yeah, they're they're two they're two wins behind the Chooks as it stands right now. Mm. Assuming Manly knock over the Titans this week, if they do, that'll put them one win behind. If Roosters lose to the Cowboys, but then the Roosters have got the Tigers at. Uh, at the SCG the week after. The other thing is Manly's four and against is minus eight. The Roosters is plus 107. Manly do go Titans, Sharks. Sharks is at Manly. Mm. Raiders, Bulldogs. So they're four very very winnable games. Mm. So I wouldn't put a line through them just yet, but they said the four and against will not going to help. But I think that Manly-Raiders game in three weeks is going to be critical. Yep. Mm. Super critical. Mm. Well, whoever loses that out of the Raiders and Manly are done. Yeah. Yep. So but, yeah. they, but they need basically need Roosters to drop two of the four games minimum. Mm. Oh, tough, actually three. Really tough draw. Well, three Roosters. because they, they've got to get in front of them on four and against. Yeah, yeah. So basically they need Roosters to lose three or four, which I cannot see happening. They, which, they, they, sorry, mate. No, no. Well, you're I say they say fa- I was say. Yeah, they face the Cowboys, Storm and Bunnies. So all, you know, tough and quite tough. Uh, Tigers as well, but mm. could happen. Yeah, look, I mean, it'll be devastating. If Roosters were to lose three or four, Fuck. Interesting. And, you know, the Roosters play the next two weeks is at the SCG. Then they go to Amy Park to play Melbourne. And then they played their new ground versus South Sydney. So, what a game that's going to be. A blockbuster. That's going to be an incredible game. Um, Have you already got tickets? Yeah. The minute they went on sale, I jumped on. Far out. I've seen a little bit of the stadium. Looks hectic. Yeah. Far out. New stadium. And is it so it's built like the good stadiums, like close to the ground? Yeah. Not fucking 2Ks away. (laughs) We got binoculars on to watch the footy. Um, yeah, so like Manly, uh, I thought Jason Saab outside of his uh, tackle that he got put on a platform, I thought he was actually pretty good mm. um, on the weekend. I think that, um, you know, maybe the fact that Smalley played so well, Tui Pilotu seems like he's cemented his spot. Maybe that was a little bit of pressure maybe on, on Saab and he come out and delivered. I uh, love when, um, when Foz throws those just floating oh, ball. Like, you yeah. just throw it and then let him work around the ball. Like, yep. they're, they're so dangerous. Yeah. Um, far out, he's quick, man. Savi, he's just... I, I think at top speed, he's probably the quickest in the comp. I, I just think that he's just got the perfect physique for that top speed. I think over 10, you'd probably find quite a few players quicker. But, um, yeah, that top speed is something else, seriously. And just especially when Foz throws those balls. Like, you see Saab, like, he doesn't fly onto it. He waits, he waits, mm. and then he times it so that he, like, you can sort of just throw that pass with enough float that, and he'll just make it work wherever it is. It's, it's very impressive. Do you see, see the hammer and Addo Carr with that kick from, like, yeah. from Burton? And yep. Addo Carr had the, the momentum behind him. He was already steaming on it. You thought he was going to fly past him. Hammer lifted a gear and got to him, like, well before yep. it. Oh. Um, I would love to see, like, a young Fox versus Hammer. Because, like, Fox is a bit older, a bit bashed around. And like, he's put on weight yeah. to, to yeah. come out of his own end. I, I still think Fox, early days, I still think that's the fastest I've seen. Really? I really do. Yeah, he was quick. He was quick. Um, also, just quick shout-out, Wonga Blake's put-down. Is that the greatest put-down this season? <laughs> it's right up there with him. Yeah. Like, a blo- Wonga Blake, for me, he he's so frustrating because you can see 
the incredible potential. And then just some games, he just has these brain explosions and you're going, shit, just hold the ball. But I think like that try, that's his potential. That's what he could be. He is so gifted as an athlete. He's strong, he's fast, he's aggressive. He's, he's willing to get in contact. Um, and I thought that try is his 150th NRL game as well. What a way to cap off 150th. What a fucking put down. He's got the near per- perfect physique for an NRL outside back. 100%. Totally agree. I remember talking to Roger Fabri like mm. 18 months, probably two years ago now, and I asked about oh, who, who would win a race. You know, and we were talking about it, and he sort of said, oh, the guy that's got the best mechanisms for running in rugby league mm. is Wonga Blake. Yeah. And that would have been 60 or 70 first grade Does games. Does like well. beautiful long strides. He's, he's fucking... He's got so much potential. I, I hope he, you know, he's been pretty good the last few weeks, if I recall correctly. There was a few weeks where I was going, fuck, I think he may need some time in reserve grade. But he's, he's slowly picked himself back up again. So um, I, I still don't think we've seen the best of Wonga Blake. I really don't. Oh, I, I think up until now, I've always sort of considered him a better athlete. Footy player? Than a footballer. Mm. Uh, but oh, I think that gap is closed. He's another, like, imagine if he would have stayed at Penrith and he would have still been there now. Mm-hmm. In that back line? Yeah, far out. It's not like he's landing in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. If he was not that Penrith system, it'd be scary. Manly, is their season done, boys? I think so. Timmy? I don't think so. I said, with that run home, Mm. I think think they could be good enough to to go on that run and Mm. and sneak into finals. Look, I'm not not banking on it, but Mm. I'm not putting a line through them, no. Yeah, look... If I had to bet on it, I would say this this season. I, I just can't see the Roosters go, losing three from four and them winning. They've got to win what, four from four then? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I think it's got more to do with the other sides than Manly. Yeah. Like, Manly to go four from four, I just have they even gone on a four-win win streak this year? I doubt it. It'd be tough, really tough. Look, the positive for Manly is, though, and I know we say this every year, but uh, Ruben Garrick, I think he's been outstanding this year. Had had a few errors on the weekend defensively, um, but I think he's been one of their best players all season. Yep. So you've got a guy like Ruben Garrick with way more experience. They look like they've got more depth than ever ever in the um, the outside backs. They're really, I mean, I, I, Morgan Harper. I think although he still has an error in him, I think he's been mm. he's, his form has absolutely turned around. Like absolutely. Um, another real interesting thing though is the Schuster situation. We spoke about this a few weeks ago, and a few people were like, "Bro, relax," but I feel like I'm getting cons- I'm getting concerned. Well, I, I kind of wish, respectfully, too, Foz, I kind of wish he was out this weekend so we could see where their cards are at. Do they play Schuster at six? Because like Weeks was an 18th man. I, I reckon that if he was out this week, I, I reckon there's a good chance they would have played Weeks at six next week. Schuster didn't make the bench. No. Is he inj- Like if he's injured, then put him injured. I just what do you got there, Matty? Got a very, very interesting stat. So Manly have been on a four-game winning streak this year, early in the year, and three of the teams were the th- three of the four teams they're playing in the next four mm. weeks. Oh, really? So the doggies. I mean, we do know they get up for. Yeah, the doggies, the the Raiders, and the, the Titans were all wins in that four-win streak, and they're playing those teams. Okay. And on top of that, we talk about the Roosters needing to lose three or four. Kill you, kill you to hear this, but the Rabbitohs and Broncos, who are on 26 points, their bunnies falling against his 108 uh, differential. Broncos is 51, so Manly are neg eight. So if Manly go and win four in the trot, that bridge is going to gap. They mm. could even go ahead of them. 
the Bunnies, their next four games are Parramatta, Penrith, Cowboys, Roosters. Mm. They could easily lose three of those four. Yep. Uh, Brisbane, we'll see what happens with them. They have winnable games. They have some tough games. So, so if they lose, the Broncos would have to lose four from four? Three from four. So if they finish on, if they win one of them and finish on 28 and then Manly do go four from four, they'd be on level on 28. And we'd probably have a better... Oh, we'd have a well, worse. That's what I'm yeah, yeah, so yeah, you'd be, yeah. If wow. that occurred, you'd be worse. So, wow. so it's not only the Roosters. Like Brisbane can drop out, the Bunnies can drop out in terms of for, for say Manly. Yeah. So it's wow. not just the Roosters. Tell you what, I'm Kevy Walters, and all, Roosters, Rabbitohs. Oh, I'm I'm almost explaining that to the boys. Be like, boys, we are so close to being dropped out. Mm. So. Yeah, wow. If the Broncos dropped out, what a disaster. What a disaster. How? When you think how incredible they, they were in the top four, like they were cemented, that would be an absolute. I mean, same with the Rabbitohs and Roosters. Imagine if, Maddie, imagine if the fucking Rabbitohs dropped out. You know what I mean? Like they've done so well to get where they're at. Yeah, okay. So, Best thing about it, Maddie and his bunny six, your Broncos seventh, my Raiders ninth. Could be a fiery round 25 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it could be for sure. Wow. I mean, what I do love about this, though, is that, like, look how exciting the last four weeks are. Mm. Because last year was not exciting. <laughs> Seriously. Like, yeah. it was so bad. This year, the fact that we've got all these big clubs that can be dropped in and out, amazing. Amazing. Um, so, okay. Manly definitely could then. Definitely could. Um, so, I, I think, like, if they do make the eight, Desi deserves massive wraps. That's a massive turnaround for sure. But just back to the Schuster quickly. Um is there a world where, like, they part ways? Like, I, I think there's definitely a world where they could part ways. But then Manly's gotten rid of Warren. Yeah, they've yeah they, they've obviously got this young finder that's coming through that they've signed on a decent deal there. They've got as as we said last few weeks, they've got Kate Cust over in England that they get first dibs on him as well. So as much as it doesn't look, fan, I mean. <clears throat> And if you do get the older Finu back, I, I, I don't know where all that's up to. I mean, you could potentially play Croker in the halves if need be. Um, he, he hasn't always been a hooker, hasn't, has he? No, he's half. half. He's so half, yeah. like they've got options. I, I just I don't like the optics coming out of Schuster and Manly at the moment. It just doesn't. Imagine how many, not right there. Imagine how many clubs are just, would be licking their lips to get a guy like Schuster on their mm. roster. Licking their lips. Like... Like, even Melbourne Storm, like, there are a bunch of clubs that could use a guy like yeah. Schuster. What would you sign him as? Oh, fuck. I think it's pretty evident he wants to play six, isn't it? Like, surely it's not just a manly 5-8 thing. Should well, he, I mean, he may be put in a position where he just signs wherever fucking... Like, wherever they want to put him, he'll go, kind of thing. Um, What do you sign him as? Oh, that's a oh, tough call. Oh, I just think, though, like, and I love Josh Schuster, I think he's very talented, but... Have the optics not maybe hurt his market value a little bit? Like, it just makes no sense to me why he isn't. Nah, I think we've realised how hard it is to find a high-quality half. I think a lot of clubs would be willing to throw a bit of cash at. If he is the next big thing, I think a lot of clubs would be willing However, to do However, I think it's – when we talk about a high-quality half, I think that's a high-quality game-managing half, mm. whereas Schuster doesn't fit that billing. Mm. I think there's a lot of good ball-running 5-8s around. So mm. I, I don't think it's as important as that game managing halfback. Yeah, but like I just think that potential. There are so many clubs desperate mm. for a, a great six. But you need you need a good managing seven to partner Josh Schuster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's like a monster thing. Like you need a good managing seven to partner mm. with him, and like he's still one of the most valuable players in the comp. 
I just think that his talent and his potential is so great, you're going to get a club willing to like fight for him. And I reckon, look, on the open market, I reckon you could probably get 450, 500 on the open market. I reckon I potentially could get more than that. Yeah. More, you reckon? I wouldn't pay more for. for I, I, reckon, I, I think there will be some desperate clubs that will, but I also like. I think you make a really good point that if, you know, all these clubs are going to go after him, who's it going to be? Is he going to solve the Knights' issues? Mm. No. I don't think so. Is he going to solve the Titans' issues? Well, I see clubs like the Storm would be really keen if they lose Monster, for sure. Um, I think if you were going to sign him as a wide-running forward, you could even, I mean, you could even, oh, it depends what they're doing in their halves. Yeah. So really it's the Storm if Monster's position opens up. Imagine Schuster and Foz as the Titans halves next year. Oh. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be uh, fucking hilarious. Yeah, okay, because what other clubs? You know, Burton is set. set at Canterbury's set. I mean, if St. George... Tigers have Joey. To Benny Hunt, they're okay. Tigers have got halves falling out of their ass. St. George could probably use him. I know Amone is coming mm-hmm. through, but like, they could, you know, I think St. George with Benny yep. Hunt and him could be all right. Big ball running six. Good mates with uh, Moses Suley too. Yeah. You can put them on the left edge. Could be interesting. Yeah. Don't mind that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's oh, interesting. I, I just don't think there'd be clubs falling over themselves to sign this guy like there would have been three months ago. Or at the start of this season, anyway. The start of this season would have been... Three yeah, months ago was a stupid right. comment. Start of this season. Because, yeah. like, remember last year how important he was to their... Like, yep. he was a big part of their run into the finals. I was honestly sitting here in the preseason going, if Foz gets injured this year... It might be a little blessing because mm. you bring in this kid who yeah. can be – and it just hasn't panned out that way. I wonder what's going on there. It's bizarre. The fact that he cannot make the side is just – There was – what was it? Two weeks ago, Andrew Davey was out with COVID. They went with Ben Trevojevic. And on the bench here, they've gone with Ben Trevojevic and uh, Ethan Bullimore over yeah. Josh Schuster. Like, Very interesting. Bullimore started the season left edge. They chose. They decided they didn't want him. They brought in Davy. Now, like he's essentially sitting behind Bullimore, Burbo, and Davy now yeah. for left edge back row. Yeah, far out. He must be injured. Must be carrying injury, and that's just hurting his confidence or something. Because like just, or maybe they're just trying to. They feel like this kind of tough love will, you know, dividends in the long run for them. Mm-hmm. If they, if he's going to be a key player, he just needs a little bit of tough love to get him. I don't know. Because you can't, like, it'd be interesting if we could see him play in reserve grade, you could kind of get an idea where his mindset's at. And that's the thing, if you're going to play him at six, I don't understand why we're spending a whole year not him not playing rugby league. Yeah, just put him in, in New South Wales Cup at six to learn the trade and, and whatever. Yeah, really interesting times. I like, I really like Schuster, and I think he's got literally, arguably the most potential of any half coming through. That's how, like, a big, silky mm. ball player like that, the potential is endless. Seriously is. Um, yeah, well, really interesting times. I think you guys have convinced me that Manly are still a chance of the eight. I think that I agree, Timmy. Like, when you look at those teams and you look at the Broncos and where they're going and the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, they, they could make the eight. They could make the eight. Um, now, on to Rabbitohs v. The Warriors. Uh, this is, again, a really hard one to read because, obviously, the Warriors aren't going greatest. Um, I had a comment last week where they were pushing back a bit against uh, us saying we were concerned for the Warriors next year. And they said, look, they're getting Charles Nickel-Klukstad, they're getting Tamade Martin, they're getting... Uh, Dylan Walker. Dylan Walker. But I, I don't think that, like, when you compare that to Chanel Harris-Tavita, Reese Walsh, Matt Lodge, Ewan Aiken, I don't know if that's a... That's three players you just named that are going over there who can't start for their current club. Yeah, yeah. And so 
after watching the weekend as well, I'm getting concerned for the Warriors. I really am. I, it just, it does not, like, I don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is from at the moment. Well, what are your thoughts on the Warriors right now, Guru? Yeah, I'm still concerned about them next year. And, like, obviously they, they've probably had worse defensive performances this season, but I thought that was their worst in a number of weeks at least. Mm. Um, well, they had the gl- players that usually are their tough Hard and hedge, missing tackles that they never would normally miss. I wonder they're injured. I'm assuming a lot of them are injured. I also just don't understand what they're doing over there. Why you've got you've got Assi and you've got Ronald Vulcan they've brought over there. Why not get them experience now instead of playing your hooker at 5'8"? Well, Stacey Jones came out and basically said, we want to win games now. It's, which pick is, your two best back rowers then. Pick you and Aiken and pick Josh Curran. I don't... I, well, it's, it's strange because, like, this is the argument for if you're going to sign a coach, bring him straight away. Because, mm. like, Stacey, he's not going to be the head coach next year. I would assume he'd still be a coach, but not the head coach. So it's like he's making decisions, I guess, for now, which is understandable. You're right. We do want to win games. But, like, the season's over. I, I agree with you. I think bring your young guys in. If you're going to get pumped, at least make it with young guys at the end of the year. I just, I just I looked at that team list and I, I honestly like half giggled to myself. I just thought, what? How on earth have they come to like? I just I don't understand what they're doing over there. I yeah, the, a big loss like that didn't shock me. Yes, it was against our Sydney, but I just I don't know. It just feels like it's getting worse before it gets better at New Zealand. I feel like two years ago there was a lot of hot hope at the Warriors. I mm. loved their signings. I thought Peter O'Sullivan. I know he's moved to the to the Redcliffe Dolphins. But I thought they were absolutely heading in the right direction. Great signings. And I feel like all that good work is just undone. Timmy, what do you reckon about the Warriors at the moment? Yeah, Guru's pretty covered everything I was going to say. Just It's probably the first time in two and a half years since sort of COVID hit and the Warriors have had to move over to Australia and base themselves here that I didn't feel sorry for them because mm. I think they shot themselves in the foot at the selection table. Mm. I just, you know, Wade Egan in the halves, you know, a back row of Murchie, Sirenen and Aaron Penney. They just didn't pick their best team available this mm. week. And, and I thought that showed, like Wade Egan in the halves, he's been, he's so good at hooker. And they brought him, what, Freddie Lasik, who's a solid bench hooker at best. I just, I thought it was terrible selections. And I was, you know, I was not surprised it was 48 10. And I don't think it had to be this result had they have gone in other directions with mm. the squad. Yeah. It's, I just don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Because, like, Chance is a great, good, solid player, but. You know, he's a good solid player in another team that has other players that can do certain things. But at the moment, I'm just... they got some young outside backs with a lot of potential, but it's the key positions that just like... You know, Sean Johnson obviously getting to the end of his career. Who have they got coming through that's, you know, a real organising seven? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, the Warriors. And I, and I feel like, as you said, I, like their team list don't reflect any direction. Are you getting ready for the future? Mm. Are you, like, I don't... And yeah, like I know you said, Stacey, he he wants to win and win now. But I'm sorry, the the, the team pick doesn't reflect that. That 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 mm. screamed to me. I'm throwing shit at the wall, and I'm going to see what sticks here. Mm. <laughs> do you think it's him making these selections, or do you think Probably someone else not. is? Which it would make sense if it's not Stacey. He's not going to be the coach next year. <coughs> but I like like I don't understand why you would go and get a guy like Volkman playing for two games and him fall off the side of the earth. And to be honest with you, on form this year in first grade, I think Assey's probably been better. I think he's been really good. I thought he was solid. He's played. Another one I just, for the life of me, I don't understand is Josh Curran off the bench. He's going to be there next year. He is by far and away your best back rower. He's your best second rower. He's your best 13. He's not playing either. 
I just that makes no sense to me. Like he should be there thirteen, and they should lock it in and then build with that comp, that that spine. They went from a back row last week or the week before of like you and Aitken, Josh Curran and say Toru Harris, Jazz Tavang is obviously gone for the season. That one's out to Siren and Murchie and Penne. Like, is, am, I, am I missing something? <laughs> yeah. and, and, no, know, I'm with you. I don't understand. And, and you just said, oh, you know, all the guys have signed for next year that they don't get into their team. I mean. That's half their pack that they've got at the moment. Like, like Bailey Searin and Jack Murchie, these guys couldn't get it into Freddie Lussick. These guys couldn't make it into squads elsewhere. They've brought them here and they're moving guys that have been great. Aitken, Curran, Egan out for these other guys. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, yeah. Murchie, to his credit, has played some pretty decent footy of late, but it's just... Yeah, yeah, Murchie, to his credit, that try-off low was fantastic. Yeah, he, he's been playing good. Yeah, but... You know, it's it's only a few games. You know, you've yeah. got guys like I, I don't understand how Curran isn't starting. Curran not starting is ridiculous. I can understand moving Aitken to centre because yeah. your edges have been fucking yep. shot. I get it. I still don't agree with it, but to not have Curran to have Curran coming off your bench is just ridiculous. I just they've re-signed him two months ago. I was so excited what, about it. Like what concerns me is like with the current situation is like is there something more going on there like is he not liked by the coach or like is he not 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 like that's the wrong word but like does the coaching staff just not rate what he brings because i kind of feel like everyone that watches the warriors and please let us know in the comment section if you're a warriors fan do you not have josh josh curran in your starting side playing for as long as possible and and i'm happy to be proven wrong and and if you want to point out you know he makes misses tackles or errors or whatever but every game i've seen that corin has started he's been one of their best players so I, I'm, I'm just it does not make sense mm. that he's coming off the bench now granted he's still got 48 minutes so it's not like he's but he's an 80 minute player in my yeah. opinion he, like he has a few defensive deficiencies like a few misses here and there a couple of poor reads but not enough to warrant not starting him. Like, yeah. It's not serious. Oh, I mean, especially like they're not, it's not like they're a tippity top tier team that you're like, we expect these. I've never watched a game and gone, oh, Curran, man, he's, he's been shocking. Like he was my shining light for them last year. One of the, he was honestly one of the finds of the season last year, in my opinion. And also he was in the Rooster system. If you're in the Rooster system, you've got to have something about you because you don't, you don't get into that system unless you've got something about you. And that's the other thing that I don't understand. He's one of the guys that has come there during uh, you know the start of COVID, and he, and he said, "I want to stay yeah, here. Committed. I want to be a warrior." Yeah, you got the fullback who's not going to be there next. year. Chanel Harris Tavita, since saying he doesn't want to play next year, has played six and one at different points. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Um, yeah, a bit worried about Warriors going forward. Like you know, even like a guy like Tohu Harris, he must be busted. He must be injured. Well, he he missed probably the worst tackle I've seen him miss of his entire career. And he's – I'm I put Tohu Harris up there as one of the best forwards yep. in the game. He's sure. so, so good. He's so he's one of the most consistent, tough forwards in the game, but I reckon he's injured. There's, I just – Well, he's I also reckon. coming off an ACL, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So – I don't know. I reckon he might be injured. I just – How many minutes did he play? He played 74 minutes <laughs> in the front row. God. <laughs> coming off an ACL. 68% completion rate, the Warriors. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting a bit concerned for the Warriors. I really am. I just don't know whether... I, don't, I can't... There's nothing that I can... That I'm looking at going, oh, that's the direction, or that's the direction. Whereas two, three years ago, I think we can all agree, some of their signs, you're sitting there going, wow, mm. like, I can... Re like, you know, say what you will about Gus. And I know that because of lo uh, lockdown that he had to leave to go to the Bulldogs because he couldn't be with the Warriors. 
But I mean, he definitely seemed to have had a lot of impact when he was there. Like he got some big names to the club. And mate, the new coach is going to arrive next year and over the next two or three years, he's going to build the squad that he wants. It's going to look completely different all over again. Yeah. I, I just, I, I want the Warriors to give this new coach some time. You cannot go sacking another coach. You just can't. And it's going to be awkward timing for him because what, SJ is going to retire in a year, two years? Mm. How long do we, how old is that? Surely, yeah. I reckon about a year. Probably next year, I'd say probably be his last year. So in general, anyway. Yeah, so they're also going to have to go into the market to find a seven. They're going to have to pay overs to get a seven to go there, let's mm. be honest here. Who was their coach again? I can't fucking remember now. Oh, so Nathan Brown, Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown, yeah. Um. Yeah, so sorry, Warriors fans. It's a tough, tough gig at the moment for you. Um, I'm trying to think of some shining lights. Reese Walsh ran for 200 metres. Had a line break, a line break assist. I thought he really tried. Um, defensively, he was a bit, you know, not the best. Um, the left edge attack has been quite sharp the last yeah. month or so. They're yeah. scoring a lot of tries and just like making some decent defensive edges look quite pedestrian. Mm. Uh, I've really noticed, like, I think Cozy's been on the end of a few of them, had some really good moments. Yeah. Like when Reese Walsh is sweeping around that edge there, mm. it looks super exciting Oof. and dangerous as anything. So, that I mean, that is a, re- a real positive um, for the Warriors. So hopefully they can turn it around. Hopefully. Um, they just, yeah, it'd be tough. Tough for them at the moment. Now, Rabbitohs. Um, I thought this was a really good win. Really, really good win. I know it's against the Warriors, so you can't take too much away. But they put them to the sword, and then they kind of just packed her up, said, boys... Okay, they scored a couple of tries, but outside of that, it was a dominant, dominant display. Cam Murray just, I think he deserves such a rap. Here it is, a young guy that's 24 years old, 23, 24. He gets the captaincy as he's almost the youngest, one of the youngest outside of Tino in the competition in one of the toughest periods in recent memory from the Rabbitohs, losing all these leaders, Reynolds, Wayne Bennett, Dane Gagai, and Murray has led this team to now... The Rabbitohs are sitting sixth. And so if the Rabbitohs continue this run, they genuinely could finish as high as fourth. I mean, yeah, I, I can't see them going to... Th- I mean, they could go to third, but they could genuinely make the top four. And Cam Murray has been the leader through all that. I think he deserves a massive rap. And I think that if, um, Jason Dimitro, as long as they finish in the eight, deserves a massive rap. Um I think the Rabbitohs have done astoundingly well to turn their season around because it was looking it was looking tough there for a bit. It looked like it was going to be the worst-case scenario, and our worst-case scenario was they didn't make the eight. Um, but it's getting closer to best-case scenario. I think Latrell has brought so much energy to that team. Like, he is just on another level. Guru, thoughts about the Rabbitohs? Yeah, just on Cam Murray. Uh, like, he has to be the most complete forward in rugby league, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, just what what part of his game needs to be improved where can he like he just does it all was it three tries in the first 25 18 minutes i think <laughs> unbelievable and he he was ta- how many tackles he made he must have knocked up 45 odd or so he got through 187 meters run yeah 35 tackles zero misses yeah tackle breaks four line breaks one line break assist two three offloads three tries he was just everywhere he like, just think about a player that has Three tries and 35 tackles and zero misses. Like, that's unheard of. I've said it before. He's Bradley Clyde all over again. This is exactly – he's got this huge motor. He can go all day. He can cut you to pieces with the ball. He can cut you in half in defence. He, he's 
I, I genuinely do think he's the most complete forward in rugby league. I would say the best forward over the last few weeks has probably been Joey Tapano. But just Murray can just do it all. I tell you what, the two series that you guys lost, Murray was as in New South Wales, Murray was either knocked out or did his uh, yeah. hammy yep. in those series. <clears throat> and it's an unsung piece of the puzzle. Like, for example, a few years ago, they focused a lot on Teddy getting head, like knock, the head knock. Um, you know, but Cam Murray wasn't in. He got he did his hummy in like the first game, I'm pretty sure. And then this series, the first tackle of the game, Cam Murray gets a head knock in game three. Now I don't know whether New South Wales would have won, but I tell you what, the loss of Cam Murray in both of those series, and you've also lost. It's starting to be a bit of a pattern there. That's how important he is to sides. That's how much holes he clogs up. You know, it's just incredible player. It's great. Like you said, there he's the captain of this side. Latrell Mitchell's won two premierships. Mm. He's won a few State of Origin Shields. He's played for the Kangaroos. They've got the Australian hooker, who's 31 years old. They've got Cody Walker, who's a 32-year-old, 5'8". And they still went for Jairo, uh, for uh, Cam Murray, who's, what, 25? Mm. Like, it is just ridiculous. Yeah. How old is he, Matt? Is he 24? <laughs> At, at the, the, one of the oldest clubs in the comp, if not the oldest. And there is a bit of debate. What is, isn't there a debate about the Roosters Rabbitohs about who's the oldest? No, no, no. The debate's Glebe versus Newtown. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, the debate's Glebe versus Newtown. Okay. Yeah. So who's older, Roosters or Rabbitohs? I think he's saying the Roosters. Are no, no, Rabbitohs are, are older than Roosters. <laughs> Ra- okay, Rabbitohs are older. So, so why is the Rabbitohs older? Because they were formed first. Okay, and people that say the Roosters were formed first, what do you say to them? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I don't really know, but the debate, well, when I was at New South Wales Rugby League anyway, it was Glebe versus Newtown, but like, fuck, who cares? So, so, oh, okay, so what, are you saying that like Roosters are saying that because Glebe and Newtown? No, 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 Glebe and Newtown are fighting to be like, who was the first ever team formed? Yep. So, yeah, that's the, that's the debate that will never okay. die. But Roosters, Rabbitohs. Oh, let me get the dates for you. Yeah, because I think there might be some, let us know in the comments section as a, if you're a Roosters fan. <laughs> do you debate? Do you want to challenge Maddie to a debate on who's which club started, or even a fight? No, no, joking. That's joking. Um, <laughs> He's loading up his burner accounts down. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because you've been, you're, that's very confident there, Maddie. Very confident the Roosters is the oldest club. Um, but yeah, the oldest club, or arguably the oldest club, um, is captain by. Ke- you know what I mean? Like it's 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 a privilege and an honour, and he has taken it on board and absolutely nailed it, nailed it. Um, Timmy, what did you think about the Rabbitohs? Yeah, I've had a love affair with Cam Murray for a long time. It started back, uh, I interviewed him for work, um, might have been, what, four, four or so years ago now, three or four years at Redfern Oval, and it was at a time where he was playing off the bench and very uh, raw in his career and just killing it. And speculation was building about him unseating John Sutton as a starter in the side, and, mm. and obviously Sutton was, was on the edge there. And I put it to him, I was like, mate, um, you know, you must be getting itch- itchy feet to, to start in this side. You're killing it off the bench. Sato's getting on in his career and that. And, and he was just like, he goes, no, unseat Sato. Like, no, no. Um, John Sutton, legend of this club. Like, my time will come. When that does, I'll have you take it with both hands. Mm. Got on chatting to him about it and about his, his leadership credentials that were clearly there. He went on to tell me about how his dad had played for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. His sister at the time was playing South Sydney Rabbitohs juniors in the Tash Gale Cup at the time. 
He then went on to say that when the bunnies were kicked out of the comp, uh, was it, uh, and they did their rallies on the streets in in two thousand, I believe it was. Yeah. And he was pushed in his pram by his dad as they marched up the streets of no Sydney way. to protest South Sydney, um, getting back into the competition. And it's just like you could not want anything more from a captain of your club in in Cameron Murray. Um, he's just like he he's just everything about that club yep. is. Everything about Cam Murray is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, he's a legend. I, yeah. used to, I used to sit in the burrow with Cam Murray back when we were at school. <laughs> oh, really? Like he sat in the burrow with the, like the legit fans back in like year seven. But anyway, back to the uh, thing. South were formed seventeenth of January, nineteen oh eight. Roosters were twenty fourth. What to answer your question though? Why Roosters claimed there first is because they say that when South got kicked out in two thousand, that South actually reformed in two thousand two. <laughs> Ooh, and fair that, enough, isn't and it? Like, and so like, I feel like that's fair enough. Yeah, I think that's play on. So like, your guru knows this. There's nothing <laughs> in the world that phases me except for this fucking argument. I like it drives me insane. Bro, I'm getting intimidated. You need to relax. <laughs> I'm getting intimidated. It dri- It literally like it trigger. It's triggering. It's wow! So we trigger warn it. We should have trigger Tr- warning. Trigger warning for all Rabbitohs fans. The, so Raiders, fan. the Raiders are actually 18 years older than the Rabbitohs. Oh, West shit. Tigers are a couple of years older. Yeah, than, uh, I'm taking my That's because aren't you guys like the youngest, <laughs> essentially the youngest club in the comp? Them and the Titans. I reckon Titans. Are, the nah, Titans. but Titans are doing some local stuff. I reckon. <laughs> so Rabbitohs are the youngest club in the comp. I'm Damn. not. I'm not. Could I'm not Seagulls, the Giants. Yeah, maybe they are in front of you. I have very Northern Eagles vibes about the Rabbitohs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh mate. I, I honestly think that the Rabbitohs are a... I reckon the Dolphins are an older club than the Rabbitohs. <laughs> like, seriously, when you like look into it, just saying, Redcliffe Dolphins have been around longer than the Rabbitohs have been back in the comp. Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to Cam Murray. He's hot. All right. Next. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's incredible. Honestly, you know, I, like I've had a bit to do with Cam now. Like when you talk about if you could like if the NRL could clone or, or create a player to represent rugby league to the masses, mm. it's literally Cam Murray. Like if they could mould a player to go, this is the kind of men that play our game and, and also women, they would like it's Cam Murray. He, he never puts a foot wrong. He's incredibly humble. Um, he plays with his absolute heart and soul every single week, and he's hot. That's the main thing. He's hot. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, holy fucking moly! This guy, be quiet, be quiet, and then boom. Talk about what I love about Latrell too. It's like for many years, I, probably the Billy Slater, Anthony Minicello introduced this kind of like if you're not running for 150 to 250 meters as a fullback, mm. it is absolutely not good enough. Like you need to be doing that. Latrell Mitchell's kind of thrown the fullback role on his head on its head because he ran for 66 meters <laughs> you know what i mean if you ever saw that let's say you don't let take away the trisis you'd be sitting here going that is terrible he had 16 touches of the football <laughs> it's incredible it's amazing like other fullbacks are getting up at what 30 30 40 but every touch is just like, like you know I, I, mean? I remember sitting here going a few weeks ago, fuck, Joey Marnie only touches the ball 16 times yeah. at centre. We need to move him. Latrell touches it six times. Puts on, like, I, and, you know, obviously from our perspective with um, Supercoach, like, I, I text him after about 25 minutes in that game and said, Latrell's on 12, because we, we, we both don't have him, so we're hoping he's going to be quiet. Mm. I text him and said, he's on 12 points. How good is this? Mm. In the next 30 <laughs> minutes, he scored 150 points. Yeah. It was... 
I, w- I would love to see like if you could work out touch to impact ratio. Oh. Imagine Latrell's touch to That's impact crazy. ratio. Like think about this. He had 16 touches. So one of them was a try. Another one was a try. The other, another one was a try assist. Another one was a try assist. So out of six, out of 16 touches, at least what 30 percent was either a try assist or a try. He only had three tackle breaks as well. Yeah. Like, he had nine just, runs. He'll beat you in so many ways. And what, what did he come off on in the 60th minute or something? 60 seconds. <laughs> just amazing. Like, he's just a different breed of athlete. I just cannot I cannot wrap around in my head how he can do the things that he does. Like, what just – and I remember what, what I love about the Latrell story is, like, when he was getting hounded – remember the fever pitch of whether he could play fullback? Like, yeah. it was crazy. A bloke, like – He's just like, I'm just going to try and have a go. But even before, what I love about it, it's very easy for once an athlete comes out and does the thing, it's very easy to turn back and say, see, I fucking told you so. Latrell was saying before, I'm going to play fullback yeah. in a different way and, I, and I'm going to play it my way. And a lot of people were sitting there going, nah, that, that's not going to happen. And boom, he nailed it. Timmy, thoughts on Rabbitohs and Latrell? Yeah, I can't wait uh, for the next month of footy because – we know Latrell gets up for big games. He's got up for Origin games time and time again. Finals games with the, the Roosters. Uh, he obviously missed finals campaign last season due to that lengthy suspension. Um, all fun and games, good and well, beating up uh, lesser sides in the competition. I can't wait to see him over this next month of footy where the Bunnies are playing for a top four spot and also a top eight spot. It's that tight. Mm. I can't wait to see how he goes against stiff yeah. opposition yeah. because that's when it matters, doesn't it? For sure. And then, like, let's say week one of finals, it's just going to be all eyes on the trail as a fullback in a finals game. Mm. Uh, it excites me. You have a look at this season. He's played 10 games of football. He's won seven of them. Two of them that he's lost were in extra time. Oof. So the only other team he's lost to has been the Penrith Panthers. They lost that one 26-12. So, you know, if they would have won those two games in extra time, which, let's be honest here, it's a coin toss. Well, he had three shots. He had three shots field goal. Yeah, he he did the same thing against the Melbourne Storm earlier. All of a sudden, he wins nine out of ten games, winning at 90%. That's Penrith Panthers sort of areas. Yeah. And, it's, and we're talking about a Rabbitoh side here that before we come back, we're all going, doing the old side-eye to each other, like, oh, this is getting yeah. bad, this is getting bad. This is a team the year after Wayne Bennett leaves. This should yeah. be a train wreck. Yeah. No, they just lost a premiership-winning halfback and the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. it's. In, I mean, his impact is amazing. And, like, I know there'll be some people going out, out there and be like, oh, if he had a one, if he had a one. But, like, the reality is we're talking about golden point moments against the Sharks yeah. and the Storm. Like, that's – look – that's a good knock. That would be a good knock for a Rabbitoh side that may make a grand final. That's a great knock for a Rabbitoh side that, as we've said, lost all these people, new coach, all that kind of stuff. So really, really incredible stuff. Alex Johnson, like, fuck, if he doesn't break the record, I'm not here. Yeah. He basically just has to play – when I was watching, I worked it out. But it's about 40 more tries, I think, he's got that he has to score, I think. So basically, let's just hope that he plays another four – It's about 50. 50. Yeah. So what? He just has to play four seasons and he should get it. Mm. And missed a decent chunk of games as well across mm. his career. Um, yep. Last few seasons have been good, but his hammies. Remember, he had stacks of troubles with his mm. hammies. Mm. Um, like 12 games back in 2019. Yeah. Um, yep. Had he have had like a, a flawless injury record? Oh, yeah. Now. Four games. And what's he, 27? 27. Yep. So he just needs four more seasons and it's almost a guarantee that he'll get it. Like, and he's, he, he doesn't look like he's getting worse, that's for sure. 
Um, so really, really exciting times for Rabbitohs. Yeah, the thing that I was worried about at the start of the year, as far as his record goes, was that Cody Walker wouldn't be here for the next four or five years. Mm. Fuck, the more I watch Latrell and how he, how good he is down that left edge, mm. I'm starting to get more and more confident he will get there. His record in the last three seasons is 1.2 tries a game. Oh. That is wild. That is wild. Um, yeah, incredible. Um, shout out to Isaac Thompson. I thought he was a beast on the wing there, especially for a debut. And I think he may have fought his way into at least getting another crack for sure. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, Keon... Uh, Kolomatangi, I think he just goes from strength to strength. I think he's really starting to develop into like, not a veteran because he's still so young, but that consistency that he's hitting. Like, you know, I feel like a, a couple, maybe last year it would be every few games we'd get this kind of game out of him. I feel like this year it's more than more games like this than not. Yep. You know, a try, 155 metres, 42 post contact, two tackle breaks, a line break, um, and 23 tackles, only one miss. Like, it's a good knock. Yep. It's a good knock. Martin Nichols was great off the bench too. I think especially in this game without Tom Burgess. Yeah, yeah. I think he's been their, their best front rower all round the entire season. But Tatola's been Tatola's great. starting to push him. Yeah. Uh, Tatola has matured into such a leader. Seriously, 200 metres I think he had in that game. Um, getting so consistent, Tatola. Now, on to... Sorry, Timmy. We've got to talk about it, mate. It's all right, mate. Penny Panthers versus the Raiders. An absolute shellacking, unfortunately. Uh, we'll speak to you first, Timmy. What do you think about this game? Yeah, look, mate. Um, losses are never great, but if it's going to be to anyone, it's the Penrith Panthers. I, like, I think you're pretty foolish to go into a side against Penrith, even with their halves out, and thinking you're going to beat them. Mm. Um, obviously, the result was more one-sided than we'd probably hoped, but at the same time, you know, we lost Joe Tappany pretty early on. He played thirty odd minutes, but like. Penrith's systems are so good and they play a, a pretty simple brand of footy that like Melbourne through their decade and, and then some of dominance where players get injured, they just their systems are so good all the way down to their juniors that new players come in and they play the same role and nothing changes that much. Like their forward pack was at effectively full strength, their back line was effectively full strength in the as it back five I should say. I, I was never under any impression that they were going to be too far off the mark this week. A 20-point deficit is, is more than we'd hoped, but uh, it just showed the class difference between where Penrith at and where the Raiders are at, and unfortunately it, it wasn't overly surprising. My most disappointing thing about this game was everything was on the line. Everything, like, and I know they still technically can, can make it, but, like, with so much on the line at home, and that's what they dished up, I just... Really disappointing because I've been such a fan. I mean, like I was saying the Raiders had turned the ship Mm. around, what, six, seven weeks ago. And I was, you know, people disagreed, which is fair enough. And so, like, they they turned the ship around all the way around to the point where you're going, going to this game, the Raiders are a sniff. And then they come out and do that. It it was almost – it was honestly, it was the last thing I expected from the Raiders. Like, I still thought that Penrith might get the job done, but I thought it was going to be – if you're going to get the job done against us with everything on the line, you're going to leave battered and bruised. And unfortunately, mm. I just didn't see that from the the, the, the uh, Raiders. Yeah, and you mentioned that, obviously, Tapane. What did he last, 30 minutes? Yeah, about that. About that. Didn't have a fullback either. Jordan Rapana had to play there. So it wasn't ideal for Canberra, but yeah, I thought at home, season on the line, considering they started well. Yeah. I, um, Josh Papaliti scored what in the eighth, ninth minute? Like normally, when he scores early, the Raiders are on. And I sort of thought, okay, here we go. They can give Penrith a real shake here. But 
Penrith just being Penrith. They're just too good, aren't they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of want, want, want to go harsh on the Raiders, but I'm like, fuck, I think this would have happened to 12 other teams, 13 other Reckon, teams. Fuck, maybe it's because I had higher expectations mm. for the Raiders. But I was I was starting to get a real feel of like a roll-on happening. I, I, I really thought they'd take it to them. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if anything's going to stop a roll, it's this mob. I'm with you, they Guru. Just, I just thought... Penrith, is, I honestly think they're so much better than anyone in the competition. I'm honestly not even that disheartened by it. I, I never had any uh, misconception of like thinking they'd beat them come finals time either. Um, like, I, I, but, they're so good. I mean, this is a team with, and this is no disrespect, but O'Sullivan and Summon in the halves, but like, and you, it was never outside of the try initially. It was just a domination. Look who stepped up, though, and went nuts, though, in the absence of the halves. Dylan Edwards, unbelievable. Appy Corusau, really good. Those two blokes who often play second fiddle to, to Luai and Cleary, they just stepped up and took up the role. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I, I definitely take on your points. I, I guess I just had more expectations of the Raiders. I thought they'd be much more aggressive and up for the game. Um, like, put it this way, like, Raiders went down a Melbourne storm. Like, mm. that, that's, in my opinion... That was a much different Raiders mindset than the Raiders that I saw against the Penny Panthers. And, you know, I, I personally think the Raiders, like, the way – I thought they started well. That's why I was like, here First we are, we're minutes, on. I thought, but with Penrith, you, you can't start well. you got to fuck – you got to 80 well. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Look you know. at Sharkies. Started really well against the Penny Panthers. Yeah. They just absorb, 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 <clears throat> boom, turn the game go, okay. You mentioned a yeah. guru, but uh, Jordi Rapana at fullback, as good as a footballer as he is, we were so clunky in attack. Like, yeah. <laughs> If there's a fullback who's not willing to pass the ball, it's Jordan Rapana. He just doesn't do it. And that's fine. That's his game. Yeah, that's his he's game. not a yeah. passer. So, yeah. um, that's why he's so good for the wing because he yeah, just get it, in. Incredible. Dude. So every time we'd have those backline movements, he'd be sliding out the back. We just, you know, combinations were off there. He was never going to pass the ball. It, you know, it wasn't ideal. And not, not that Xavier Savage is a massive passer of the ball at this stage of his career either, but him and Jordan Rapana are so different in every way. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm being a bit too and, harsh and, on the boys. Yeah, and even going into the run home, we're still like we're sitting ahead of Manly on the ladder in ninth place. So after this, we go Dragons, Knight, Manly. Obviously, that huge game there, and then the Tigers. So we win. I think we can probably get in potentially with three or four, but quite a poor uh, points differential. So we, you know, we nearly need to go four from four, but all super winnable games. Mm. In fact, I'd expect us to win three or four. And then that manly one will be really tough. But that's in Canberra as well, so mm. we're a chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, see, I see what you mean. I do think that the, you know, Rapana at fullback was a massive out for you guys. Like, seriously. Because um, Rapana is such a good winger. He's just not a fullback. Um, but that's not his fault. He was just trying to do a job. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I still I, – I agree with everything you're saying. Like, you're making good points in that. I just I just felt, felt it wasn't the same energy that I've seen from the Raiders – you know, and regardless of who, you know, whether you've got your best side or your worst side, energy is a choice. And I just think that like this, put it this way, I feel like if they came with the same energy as they did against the Storm, I think it's a much closer match. Now, don't get me wrong, I still picked Penrith to get the job done and win. Um, I just thought it was going to be a, a much tougher outing for the Penny Panthers. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Papali'i was great. Uh, Hudson Young worked his ass off. Um, outside of that, you know... I guess Corey Huddleweir and I had some really good moments in defence and big hits. Um, it was good to see uh, Atta Morieta, mm. uh, apologies if I'm saying that incorrectly, get a debut. So that's great for the club. He looks like a big, like thick boy, far out. Um, 
Their forward pack is so much depth. You could you honestly could argue they got the most depth in the comp. Got Corey Huddle, uh, Corey Horsbury in reserve grade right now, and I th- it was a period there where he was really good. Um, do you do at thirteen next year? Who will I put at thirteen? Yeah, what would be your move? Jack oh. Whiten. Jack Whiten. Sorry, <laughs> I was asking him. But anyway, yeah. what would you do? Oh, look, there's different options they can yeah. do. Like they started Elliot Whitehead as a thirteen for them this year. Um, you know, you can bring in like Harry Renaira. I prefer him on an edge, but he can also play thirteen. Um, what about Trey? Yeah, it could be Trey. Yeah. Again, we've got the best thing about it, and you talk about the Raiders' depth. So many good young forwards coming through, but they're all also very capable of playing edge or middle, mm. which is like there are a lot of forwards in the competition who can only play on the edge or only play as middles. Um, like between big red Corey Horsburgh, more of a middle, but he's played edge before. <coughs> Harry Renaira, edge or middle. Um, uh, like there's lots of lots of options. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you remember the penalty where someone was on the ground, I don't know who it was, and he got tackled hard and they got a penalty for it? Uh, classic case of tackled hard. Well, I, I've got it in caps lock right <laughs> it there. It happens, yeah. No, no, I know you see it at times. You're just like... Like, so, I, I, again, I, then yeah. I'm more than happy if you can send me an image. Well, you don't have to send me an image. Mm. But if there is an image of their contact to the head, fair enough. But I'm pretty sure he just got tackled really hard. He surrendered and then someone come in and tackled him hard. And I've got some cap, caps lock here. Penalty for tackling too hard. Are you fucking serious? What is our game coming to? Um, but it truly was. It was just a hard tackle when he was on the ground. Um, does your phone get slapped harder when it's got the caps lock on? Yeah, fucking know it does. I don't have it. Can't believe it. Seriously. Like, that, that's when you know the refs are in a mindset of like yeah. looking for it. Like straight away, they're like looking for anything that's too physical or anyway. It might have been the, the salmon on Starling contact. <laughs> Wasn't that? Wasn't that? Um, <laughs> Now, uh, outside of that, oh, it's it's hard. It's hard to say the Raiders. Like, okay, where do you sit with the Raiders right now? Then, I mean, like, what in terms of do I think we'll make the finals? What do yeah. I think is a good result for us? Do you us? think we'll make, they'll make the finals? It's very hard because it, it, it it's still. I shouldn't say it's entirely results dependent on the, those sides sort of place five trade at the moment because if we win four from four, mm. we'll be in the finals. Yeah. And I think we're capable of doing it, yes, but as a week, week to week judging the Raiders, I, like, I'm still not convinced on what we're going to see. Mm. Um, but look, I do think we've shown enough over the last six weeks that, as I said, I, I think we win... I think we can win three from four on the way home, which might just be enough to get us into the eight. Yeah, okay. It, it's, it's like it's so 50-50 at the moment. Like, yeah. Like, exciting that, that edge mm. there um yeah hopefully they can bounce back because I, I think the Raiders have played some really good footy over the past six weeks like really good footy uh maybe it was as you guys said you know missing Savage and the Panthers are just so good that hard to beat them sometimes um now onto the Penny Panthers what a win what what a win Sean O'Sullivan coming in getting the job done uh talk about just evidence of good systems like guys just mm. coming in and they're beating they're beating Raiders by a, a point differential that if Cleary and Jerome Law did that, you'd be like, good solid win for the Penny Panthers. They went away to Canberra, dominated the game, come back, get the get the two points, see you later. But this was without their two key players. I thought this was, and also Kickout was out as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. I thought this was such a great win for the club, and it just shows you where they're at as a club. And and as you guys just said, like they're clearly leaps and bounds, the next best, and then ahead of the next best in the competition. Right now, would you would you still have them as favourites if Cleary and Luai were out for the season? 
Fuck. I would. After watching that, I'm thinking maybe. Absolutely. Because of where Melbourne are now at, who, you know, six weeks ago, you said, oh, Melbourne against Penrith out their halves, but... There's just not a team that stands out to their like would still beat Penrith. Mm. Definitely favourites. I mean, we saw them last. Was it last week? Once they came out at half time, down twelve against Parramatta, they won that half. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's which is incredible to to yeah. think that you're even considering. Like we look at Manly and we give them a pass because they're missing their fullback. We go, oh, you know, Manly like really good solid year if they make the eight. Whereas Penrith are so good and rightly so. Like Tom Trevojevic is such a big part. But, like, Penrith are so good that they don't have Cleary and Luai. And we're still going, you know what? They could still win the comp. And to rephrase your question, Kenby, like, what team would you see starting a game favourites against Penrith in a grand final if Penrith are missing their halves? Like, yeah. was there anyone there who you'd be like, oh, I think they'd probably win this game against yeah. Penrith without their halves? Mate. Like, could you imagine it? Like, if we talk about these next few teams, in second is Cowboys. If I said to you, what are their chances of winning a comp without Chad and Dearden? <laughs> Cronulla without Moylan and Hines, Melbourne without Munster and Hughes, like mm. just no chance. You just write them off. Yeah, you almost say, oh, they'll probably miss the eight. From yeah, me. like yeah, they may not win another game. And I still think it'd be interesting to see what happens after all the controversy on the weekend. But I'd still think Kurt Falls would come in in place of Salmon, who goes back to the bench because Falls yeah. has been injured. So I think he comes into the halves for them when he's fit, which could be this week. Yeah. Mate, they're just the Panthers. What they have created there is absolutely incredible. Um, I thought Isaiah Yo really stepped up. I thought Dylan Edwards, we've already spoken about it, but he was absolutely amazing. Appy Corsair, great again. Um, you know, it's just that Fisher-Harris, uh, Fisher I know he was 10 in the bin, but that Fisher-Harris-Leota combination, they're so consistent. They are so consistent. It is mm. just incredible. And when you put Eisenhuth in there, nothing changed. Nothing changed. He gets the job done. Like, he's just – they just – it's next man up mentality and they, they live and breathe that. Live and breathe that. I, I was watching them the other night and I was watching Sean O'Sullivan very closely and I, I keep looking at this Dolphins squad, their assembly, and I keep going, you can start with O'Sullivan, but surely they want a better seven. Can you start with O'Sullivan? That's the thing. Like I think that if you had asked me that six months ago, oh, you probably need a little bit more. And then I look at guys like Reynolds and Townsend of like, and look, they're way in a different stratosphere than Sullivan now. But are you telling me Sullivan doesn't have the at least base ability to be a really good, strong organising seven? I think he kind of does. Just a good, solid kicking game, gets the boys around the park. He's got enough to get uh, tri-assists. I think if he, has, if he has an incredible work ethic, he might be the seven long-term for him. And there obviously is the argument at the moment he's doing it in the best yeah. system. And there's no... There's no denying that. Yeah, I, I, I agree to a, to a degree, but I'm like, it's not as easy as people think, you know? For sure, but he he didn't look this good at the Warriors last year, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100%, Guru. It's like, and it's playing devil's advocate a bit, but he's doing it behind one of the most dominant packs we've seen in a long time in rugby league. <laughs> to go up and do it in a Dolphins outfit that we've already set our, our issues with and concerns for them next season, it's just... A new, a new kettle of fish, isn't I'm it? I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy. Yeah. But I think he's showing signs of being the good, solid... Like, the same people that would have said Townsend to Cowboys, there's no way he's going to improve that roster. And I, again, I understand Townsend's further along in mm. his career. But, like, Townsend's just a bloke that works his ass off. Mm. Like, he's worked his ass off at his game. And I look at Sullivan and I go, surely he's proven that, you know, if he works his ass off, he can you know, be at least a platform seven for some a good six to come to the club like a Munster. Mm. 
Um, but I understand what you're saying. Like it's yeah. against a, any seven against a terrible pack. There's really like the only seven I can think of that if they're not against behind a good pack that does well is like Joey. It's Joey. Literally yeah. Joey is the only guy that if he's got a pack that's not going well, it can go, you know what? I'll do something pretty incredible. Um, you know, so yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I think he's shown enough to be not, I think he's no longer considered just, oh, it's a fringy backup to, he could be a seven that we could build with. Yeah. Um, is he going to do that? I don't know, but I think he's proven enough to to, to get the conversation of like he can be our seven moving forward. And I think you, you need so, someone next to him with a bit of X factor and For talent sure. to them, which is, as you just said, oh, like he, he won't be the guy. Like at the moment, he kind of might be the guy. We got Milf, Milf's signed there. Yeah. And like we know he can be the guy for sure. We well, can be, yeah. And yeah. so like I think that's the role Milf will be playing is okay. is like, you know, the X Factor. Look, hopefully he can find his form against. Unfortunately, um Wouldn't yeah. that be a good thing for a, a great thing for rugby league is a firing Milf at the Dolphins next year, oh. just back to anywhere near his peak form. Yeah, it'd Gee, be incredible. It'd be, it'd be a win for everyone. And anyone can do it, it's Wayne. It seriously yeah. is Wayne. Um outside of that, yeah, look, what what else is there to say about the Panthers? Yeah, they're good. They're so good. They're so disciplined. They're so mentally tough. I thought um, Crichton, they had that little error at the start. Outside that, I thought Crichton was really good. Made two tackles, which made people drop the ball. Um, Brian To'o, again, getting back to his best. Uh, Tungo continues to, like, it's almost like people have gotten used to Isaac um, Tungo's, like, high-quality footy. Because, um, like, even on the, like, he, he, the amount of metres he gets each week, like, this was a quiet week for him, and he still ran for the most – like, he nearly ran for the same as Talon May, and he's a centre. If you would have taken, like, any four-week span of his entire season and made it the first four games of the season, we would have been sitting here in week yeah. four going, fuck, this kid's good. 100%. But now – Just got used to it. Gotten used to it. Yeah. Like, we've got to remember, this yeah. is essentially his rookie year. Essentially, I understand he played a bit last year. But he's, he's almost – he's been so good that he's cemented his spot. Like, we, if anyone was to go, oh, who's – Panther centers going forward, no one would go, oh, I think, you know, Tungo's a rookie. We'll see how he goes. We go, no, no, absolutely, like, long-term. That's a lot harder than people think it is to just go, essentially, in your first year of footy, go, boom, you're the center now. Um, Shout yeah. out to uh, Taruva, who made his debut off the bench as well. And yeah, he had, a, had a, I think it was his first run that was quite impressive. He's, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was, tallness-wise. I mm. thought he was, like, a little kind of fast outside back. He looked like quite a big boy. Yeah, he's big, yeah. Um, he, he's going to be special, this kid, I reckon. Like, just the way he moved, that first little half line break that he made, I think he's going to be something special. I really do. He, he's got something about him for sure. Could be anything, Kempi. Could be anything, Could mate. Could be anything. Um, now, on to the Dragons v. the Sharks. Uh, Sharkies get the job done. It looked like it was going to be done easy, and then the bloody the Dragons had a little bit of a fight back. I guess we'll get to the biggest talking point of the game. Guru, did you think Tarek Sims was 10 in the bin or did you think it was a send-off? No, I thought 10 in the bin. Um, uh, if they did send him off, I don't think it would be the craziest call we've seen, obviously. Uh, but I, I thought 10 in the bin was uh, pretty fair for that play. Yeah. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, Sim in for me, mate. I'm happy for it not to be a, a send-off and he's accepted a four-game uh, Four-game suspension for that, which means he's done at the drags. Far out. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I, I think the ref actually handled that really well. Would have been very easy. You know, a bloke's getting stretched off. The emotion is high. Everyone, you know, wants... You know, there's certain fans that are like, get him out of here because we're looking at the injury. Um, 
you know, it, I think 10 in the bin is right. I, th- I actually could have landed probably like two to three weeks, but four weeks is four weeks. He does, he's got a bit of loading, doesn't he, Tariq? Yeah, so, okay, so four weeks is probably about right. Just one of those infor- unfortunate things, you know, yeah, he was falling into tackle, but I guess in today's game, we just you just got to be extra, extra careful. Hopefully, Connor Tracy is all good. That's the other one. James Fisher-Harris will miss two games, so they're going to be without oh. their best They'll be sweet. forward. Yeah, <laughs> and they will be sweet. Yeah, so. incredible. Disappointing, um, though, that we've got Penrith playing Melbourne and we're missing... thousand players. Yeah. Um, oh, also, yeah, shout out to Connor Tracy. I hope he's okay. He's been such a shining light for that club. Always works his ass off. Um, we'll go to the Dragons before we get to the Sharkies, though. Uh, is Dragons season over? Yes, I think so. They're just... I'll be honest with you, I didn't think they played that well in this game and they somehow lost by six. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I, th- I thought they were pretty poor, to be honest. I kept looking up at the scoreboard and just going, how the fuck are they in this? Mm. When Nico Hines waltzed through on the f- first or second set, I sort of thought, this could be an onslaught here. Um, that's the thing with the Dragons. They managed to hang in games, but they just... You know what it was, though? Sharkies, 19 errors. Ooh. Yeah. And so I was watching the game. It was just error. And that second half, it was error after error after error. Like, it was painful. Mm. But, I mean, like, they, they also had the sin bin. Like, granted, Cronulla had Blake Braley off. But at least they, they, they had, like, he was off the field for, I think, three minutes and they had half time. Like, mm. I think that's a little bit easy to deal with. The Dragons had Sims off from the 11th to the 21st minute, like, mm. at Shark Park. Hard to, hard to recover from that. I, I don't know how the Dragons hang in games. I don't know how they do it. But yeah. they the Dra- to. Sorry to interrupt, but the Sharks made 19 errors the week before as well. Yeah, so they've got to and, fix it and up. And they've scraped two wins together, but that won't fly in the finals. No, nah, they've got to fix it up, seriously. Um, they're almost too good for their own good. Because mm. you, like, 19 errors, you deserve to lose. Yeah. You deserve to lose. I don't care how good you play, 19 errors, you deserve to lose. But good on them. They get the job done. Um, yeah, with the Sharkies, what are we thinking? I mean, not the Sharkies, sorry, the, the Dragons. Um, also, yeah, uh, Graham... He got the sack as well from the Dragons. So it looks like they're doing a massive clean out. Because um, both their assistant coaches, mm. also Graham as well, gone. Apparently, the, the, the word is that more people are going to be gone. Mm. I tell you what, Anthony Griffin, if you're talking about pressure, like if you're going to move that many people on, now it's all on you because yeah. there's no. And then, like, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Um, the only concern with the Dragons, and it's kind of like with a few other clubs like the Warriors, and they're not as bad as the Warriors, but who are they bringing to the club that's going to change much? Like, I understood the money ball approach because, like, you build a good solid foundation and then you go out into the market. But right now, it's kind of like, they, have they gone into the market? Like, Who are they? They're losing Sims? Are they, are they losing Josh Maguire? Is he leaving yeah, the end he's of the season? Yep. Aaron Woods is gone. Is that confirmed? Is it Aaron Wood's gone? It's not confirmed. But he doesn't have a contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, right. Well, that's three guys from their pack on the weekend they have to fill. Yeah, I I just don't know. I can't see where the improvement lies. I mean, I'll be surprised if Tyrell Sloan's there next year. Um, Wasn't that fucking hard to watch on the weekend? His confidence is just absolutely annihilated. It is annihilated. Um, And, you know... It's great, Cody Ramsey came in and played really well, but this is what happens sometimes with some of your young guys. Like, his confidence is shattered. Yeah. 
Um, like the fact that he's, you know, Moses Embiid is keeping him out of fullback spot when you've got this yeah, guy. We've geez. seen how yeah, like we've seen how good Tyrell Sloan can be. We saw how confident he was last year. Unfortunately, like you know, I, I although Cody eventually came in and played really good footy, I still think Tyrell should have been given at least a few more weeks to try to turn the ship because, yeah, yeah. It's right. crazy how preseason, like us and everyone, was just talking about these three young guns at the Dragons. Bud Sullivan, I've hardly seen Bud. Yeah, seen him in a, in a couple of games where he's come off the bench and whatnot. Tyrell Sloan, I mean, he's hardly been cited. We've got Moses and By playing fullback. I just, it's crazy how it's played out, and yeah. somehow they're not that far off the top eight. Yeah, still. And, and Amon, like, he hasn't really kicked on the way we thought he would this year. Is that is that a an indictment against Hook's ability to develop, or is it just the club is is you know in general? I don't know. I never know what to say about Hook. <laughs> you love your Bud, don't you, Guru? <laughs> <laughs> Always going on about Bud. What do you, you think about the Hook, Mark? No, no comment. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> oh, you're the best, Timmy. What do you what do you reckon about the Dragons, Timmy? Uh, yeah. Look, um, I said. Not too different to what I've said most weeks about them. I thought this was around about where they'd end up. I probably had them a little bit lower, to be fair. And I think uh, I think they've done a reasonable job this season. They they're matching it with some decent opposition. Uh, there there are some weeks where they just get out class, like we saw against the Cowboys last week. But uh, how they approach the end of the season now that they won't make finals, uh, like do you, I said, do you give blokes like Sullivan a run? I, I don't know how they do it, but. Moses Embiid at fullback, he's not the answer for them. Um, no knock on him, but he's not a starting fullback in the NRL anymore. Mm. Cody Ramsey's due back this week. So yep. the more games they get into him at fullback to finish off the season will only help. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll see. They're missing Moses uh, sorely. Oh, yeah. Massively missing. Like the amount of metres that he would chew up would just be so impressive each game. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what to say with the Dragons at the moment. Like, I agree. I think we all had them around the... I said they were a dark horse for the A position. So you'd probably say satisfactory year. That, and so, again, it's kind of like backing my point of I think that the money ball system in quotations was really good to get them to this point. But the concern I have is just like they haven't taken that next step now of any big signings. They've literally... like, Do you know of any big signings they've got coming in? No, nah, but they're, they're in an awkward spot where they're not a tyre fire. Like, they're not an absolute shit mm. fight. So, I don't know. But, but you obviously want to take yourself to that next level. Well, surely. But, like, I, I, have they been in the market? Like, I don't know anyone that's coming there that's... Apologies if I'm forgetting someone, but surely they've got money in their cap to yeah, bring they someone. They have to, so. to, wouldn't surely. they? Surely. And they're obviously not valuing some of these young kids... Too highly. Like, it's not like they're flooding money into Yeah. Them. They're not playing half of them. I just... Are they being too conservative? You know, are they, like, just refusing to spend big on players? I, I don't... I haven't seen them linked to anyone. I haven't... Very yeah, interesting. Like, like where, I said, where in the world is their money being tied up? Obviously, Benny Hunt's on, on big money, but, like, Zach Lomax is, would be on a bit, but he's a centre, a relatively young centre. You know, Jack Bird might be a little bit, but they, they signed him off the back of a lot of injuries and missed games. And also, I think Broncos were chipping in a lot of it yeah, in the first well, few. Where, where are they? Where's the money being taken up in this side? Yeah. And they, they're surely sitting on a big... What do you got there, Manny? Oh, no, I was just confirming. They haven't signed anyone for next year. Like, so I, I even wonder, like, have they even spent their cap for next year? Because, like, we're, they're losing players, but they haven't really recruited very many. And, and so are they being too conservative? Like, are they, you know... It's the Ben Hunt big contract. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
So it'd be really interesting to see if they roll into the next year with this same squad, maybe they are just really hoping that Amon, um, Sullivan, Sloan, Ramsey, all these boys just kick on. And that could be, that could be big. If Amon kicks on then, and fulfills his potential, then that's a massive win. Just it's a four-pack there a bit It's still going to be like they're losing three of those forwards. They're going to have to replace them. From what I can see here, and this is, might not be 100% accurate, but it's pretty close. Contract for 2023, they've got 24 players. And Woods is one of them because he's got a player option. But if he goes, that's only 23 spots filled. So Woods will probably be there next year then. He'll just take up that option. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I just... not. I just There's not much exciting me with the Dragons at the moment. Even watching them, like... Yeah. They're, they're really hard to get excited about watching Dragons games. Yeah, and, and I'm usually, you know, really enjoy watching the... Benny Hunt go around, but outside of that, I don't know. It just seems a bit. But like to, to be fair, this is this is who the Dragons of all like. This is who they are, though. Mm. Like even from the start of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I used to watch Dragons with like a Matty Cooper and your Gazni. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, if you want to go back fifteen years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like like at the start of this season, like they had these couple of young kids. But outside of that, like we've been calling it the Moneyball squad since. Yeah, but December. Like, I, I, what I mean by I'm not getting excited is like they're not recruiting anyone. Mm. Like there's just there's not much energy around the place, in my opinion. It doesn't seem like there's buzz or energy around the place. Whereas like Sharkies last year, when they made these signings, there was energy, there was buzz. You know, I'd even argue there's energy and buzz around the doggies. There's energy and buzz around the tigers. Mm. I just think the dragons. It's just all a bit. I'm not feeling anything. Like that's kind of hooked too, though, isn't it? Isn't that his sort of? That's just if it is him, it's not a good thing. Like, you want to mm. have energy and excitement around your club. Like, you want to have – and that's, it's not even a hook thing. It's like the, the recruitment. It's like who's being brought in next year. That just – I don't know. Like, for example, I'm more excited to see how the Tigers will go next year than the Dragons at the moment. Like, I just – there's just something missing. There's something missing, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But in saying all of that – They've done really well to be fighting for the eight. Like, if, if I had a said, like, without looking at the ladder and I just, like, watched their footy, I'd go, oh, they're probably, you know, bottom four or whatever. But they're, you know, they're fighting in the eight. So, fair play to them. It's going to be interesting. Like, uh, do we assume that Andrew McCulloch next year will be his last year? He's 32 now. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, fuck, it's going to be a punish if Andrew McCulloch and Ben Hunt go at the same time. Yeah. Who knows? Seriously, who knows? Um, anyway, on to the Sharkies. Um, mixed bag, seriously. Really, really good at the start. Dropped a million balls. But, um, you know, Nico Hines was outstanding in my opinion. Uh, Britton Nakora probably had the best game. Oh, well, at least in, in the last month of footy, had a fantastic game. Um, you know, I, I really like Toby Rudolph. I really think he's maturing as a player and, and really understanding how important he is as a foundation of that forward pack. Um, you know, sometimes when they need big hits or energy or whatever, he, he always delivers. Um, but, yeah, really good, solid win. Uh, Talakai, Mulatalo, great again. Um, yeah, good, solid win. Outside of the – they just got to get rid of these errors, seriously. If they – put it this way, if they had like 10 errors, we're looking at a, probably a blowout scoreline. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still just as excited as I was last week for the Sharkies. Um, just the errors. What, do you, what did you think about Guru? I like teams that can win ugly, not mm. play well and just find a way to win, which yeah. is um, the Sharkies. Now, I think Nico Hines sort of touched on that after the game. That they, they know it's not where they want to be. I mean, you know, on top of that, they're without their fullback. They're without their 5'8". They lost a winger. They're without Dale Finucane. 
Mm. So, like, there, there's a lot more to come into that side. There's a, there's a lot more improvement, and you know, we we know the impact that can Dale that the Dale will have as soon as he walks back in. But back this week, back this week, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Mm. Um, interesting what they're going to do about Lockie Miller. Lockie Miller came on for, you know, ended up coming on for 70 minutes, and you know, he had six tackle breaks, 62 meters. Um, Dykes, who was is solid, but you know, he he had 96 meters and only two tackle breaks, so. He also had four errors, so on. You know, I wonder what they do with that Miller Dyke situation. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it might not be a. I mean, if Moylan comes back this week, just Trindle go to the bench. I, I personally think I'd rather keep Miller as my utility. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Like he had some really good moments. But we'll say though, Trindle was outstanding. He, was he, he had a great yeah. game. Oh, look, I'd probably have Trindle as, as my utility, but I'd mm. consider whether I'd put Miller or Dykes at fullback. I, I think Trindle will be the utility this week mm. because now that Connor Tracy's gone, Moylan coming back, if he is back this week from, I think it was a quad injury, like mm. very minor, uh, they'll need cover for Moylan. You need cover for Moylan yeah. all the time. So that's another beauty of Connor Tracy being in the back line. He's the halves cover, mm. which means they don't need to run Trindle on the bench. But mm. now... That kind of Tracy will be out this week at least. Mm. They'll need to carry Trindle. Yeah, for sure. Miller's been playing six for the last month though in reserve grade mm. too. Like oh, yeah. Uh, I would not be. I'd be keeping Trindle on the bench for sure. At Fourteen, like, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know whether <laughs> Miller has the same. Well, he definitely doesn't have the same experience. I personally would be putting Miller at fullback. I think that his debut was in outstanding. Yes, against, oh, yeah, against the lesser. Uh, Opponent, but Dykes was solid, and I'm sure he'll get another crack um, in the future. But I think Lockie Miller just brings a bit more explosiveness mm-hmm. at the back there. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely be having Trindle at 14. I think it, um, you know, a try, a try, assist, um, you know, 52 run meters, four tackle breaks, a line break, two line break assists. It's a pretty fair game from him. Pretty fair game from him. And I think it, and you, you spoke about in the process, and I think Trindle is obviously better when he's the uh, second fiddle. Yeah, for sure. Sort for of sure. guy. It's so interesting to see, like, no one picked Hines as the seven. Well, like, I, I thought he would be the seven, but a lot of people were like, no, he's a six. Like, what are you talking about? And he has improved and done so much. He's, like, like one of the best sevens in the comp from yeah. a fullback. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy become such a complete seven in such a short so quickly. Mm, and so maybe he already was, and I, I just couldn't see it. I don't know. But I, I didn't anticipate this at all. In the preseason, absolutely, it uh, seems so obvious now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, if you had to said at the start of the season, Hines is the seven, everyone would be like, "No, he's the six, the running, the yeah. ball running six, or even the fullback." But the seven, I just thought that he's just so dominant of a ball player, and he's willing to get the players around and, and make the right calls and all that kind of stuff. Um, just a quick shout out, Toby Rudolph. I thought he was really good, really good. He, and I each week he just seems to be growing in confidence and really realizing his potential. Uh, Timmy, what did you think about the Sharkies? Yeah, uh, Guru touched on players that come in, came in and did a, a role for them and they're, they're starting to see a few more injuries and suspensions and these sorts of things add up. And what we touched on before about you know, Penrith's incredible systems and their depth, uh, the Raiders' four-pack depth. Well, the Sharkies, for a side who have come so far in what's less than 12 months, they've got so many boats coming in and doing jobs for them mm. when these bi- injuries do build up. This week it will likely probably be Matic Avalu coming in for Connor Tracy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really good position for them with players coming back into the side as well. If they can get, you know, sort of semi-near full strength by finals, you know, like they're sitting pretty comfortably in the top four. They have a really yep. soft run home. 
uh, having a bit of a look through the draw, I think it'll. It's looking more and more like week one of finals will be Cowboys and Sharks. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll depend where that game is played. Whoever yeah. finishes second. The Cowboys have a few tougher games, so I suspect maybe it could be the Sharkies finishing as high as second. Wow. Um, but the difference between playing in Townsville or in... Would the Sharkies get... It wouldn't be a Shark Park, Sammy, I think week it? one it would be. One, week one would. So There's a bit of debate works. over that at the moment. Yeah, I was, I was confusing <laughs> with these suburban grounds and if they get them or not. But yeah, if that game's played at Shark Park v Townsville, it's... Oof. Yeah, what a game. Big, big, big I mean, difference. Some people didn't have sharks in their top eight at the start mm. of this year. They'd think they might finish second. What a what a bloody turnaround! Um, yeah, so really exciting for the sharks. They just got to sort these errors out. It's the only knock on them. Just the errors have got to go. Now on to the doggies versus cowboys. Brought to you by Bloke Beer. Make sure to grab a case of a Bloke Beer. Go to our website. We've got a store locator. Plus the dad drop. The dad drop is six p.m. Wednesday pre-sale for one twenty. One hundred and twenty bucks. You get your choice of a. Dad T, a cool dad, a grumpy dad, or a best dad. Uh, you get a bloke cooler. Uh, you get a stubby cooler that says dad on it. And you also get your choice of a six-pack of beer. That's Wednesday night. Pre-sale goes live. All will be sent out by 22nd of August. So you get them for Father's Day if you do it for Father's Day. Or if you just want to buy a dad shirt, they're going to be sold separately, $49.95. Let's get into the game. Doggies versus Cowboys. Um I, I mean, great win by the Cowboys, but I actually think the, the dogs should be stoked with this, and I think the dogs can take more out of it. I think it, it proved, I proved, well, not proved, but I think that I've been saying, and I feel like you guys have been agreeing, the dogs have been playing top eight footy for the last few weeks, and I think they proved on the weekend. They, they won the first half. You know, if they, a few things went their way, a few different, um, you know, capitalizing on good field position. I, they were really in this. Don't let the score fool you. The doggies were in this for a long, long time. They just got blown, blown away a bit at the end. Um, I'm really excited for the Bulldogs next year. And I think that it's almost getting to the point where you have to give Potter a one-year extension. Surely. Yeah, I, I think they have to seriously consider it. I thought Canterbury was, was pretty good in this game. Like The Cowboys really blew them away in the last 15 minutes. Um, I actually thought the Cowboys bombed another two tries in the last 15 minutes. So the scoreboard could have got even worse, which I don't think fairly reflected Canterbury's performance. No way. In this one. So, but I mean, at the same time, mate, like credit to the Cowboys, like Josh Josh Carr scored, I think it was on the second set of the game. Matty Burton scored about 15 minutes later. So the Cowboys found themselves down 10 nil. They'd been punched in the face when they came out and then they still managed to pull it back together. We spoke about Sharky's sort of, Winning ugly, not playing their best footy. I don't feel like the Cowboys are anywhere near their best the other day and still managed to, you know, win and win well against Canterbury who have been playing top eight level footy recently. Oh, mate. You, I mean, you've got to be excited as a Bulldogs fan, but you've got to be frustrated because you're like, shit, if we had have had this, you know, this style of footy from week yeah. one, we'd absolutely be fighting for the eight. I don't know if they would have made it, but I tell you what, they'd have been fighting for the eight. Timmy, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, reiterate all the things you boys said about the doggies. Really impressive. Um, going to the Cowboys corner, yes, they blew them away late. Really, like, quite a strong headwind uh, in that game, yeah. which we saw by Matty Burton nearly dropping out the entire field. He was 68 on the Crazy. fly. Yeah. Um, so that first half, like, scores were it was almost level at half time. So the Cowboys playing against the wind in the first half, that breeze, mm. you know, Pretty impressive to be where it was. So when it blew out late, I think that was a case of, all right, we've done the hard yards, yeah. the doggies tired, 
playing against the wind in the second half. So um, while while it did blow out late, I think the Cowboys earned the right to blow the scoreline out late via that hard, the gritty work in the first half. And it was just probably a bit of a battle of the forward patch for me. The Cowboys' ascendancy through the middle, they were quite dominant. No doggies, forwards ran for over 100 metres. And then on the flip side, we had Ruben Cotter, who ran for 182 metres off the bench in 50, what was it, 54 minutes. So Is this the most improvement we've ever seen from a player? Oof. Like, did you, and obviously I know you had him in the, um, the squad of Queensland. And I, I was like, I, I wasn't, I probably couldn't have squeezed him into my squad at that time when you were saying it. Yeah. And it, it was a big call. There's no denying that. And obviously you were correct. Um, but did you see this much of improvement? Like he is putting up numbers. Like sure, like I cannot believe how much this bloke's improved. I, I knew that he'd make 45, 50 tackles. Yeah. I, I knew he'd be completely fine with that. I didn't think he'd bend the line like he does. Mate, I cannot believe it. I yeah. cannot believe it. I, I agree with you. Like, he was a bull terror. He was a guy that was going to go in and rip and tear and 40 tackles, no misses. And But he's he's almost an attacking weapon mm. now. Well, he is. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And he's almost a shoe in like a lock for the Australian squad. Like, would you put him in the Australian squad? 100%. Yeah. I just I can't remember a time where a bloke has gone from arguably fringe first grader to one of the most damaging forwards in the comp defense and attack. Like it's That's incredible. Crazy. Yeah. Incredible what he's done and what he did like your debut in origin what he did for for his game one debut in origin when he Absolutely. was preparing to play 45 50 minutes. Yeah. Just said sweet all good killed it. Yeah. Amazing Ruben Cotter. Sorry Timmy, get going. No no that was it mate. Is it all, all, all about Cotter? But no, just the the Cowboys pack in general. Yeah, um, they, they won this game through the middle middle third of the field. This is his stats: seventeen runs, one hundred eighty two meters, eighty two post contact meters. Post contact. We're talking about a guy mm. that's five ten, maybe, maybe five ten, ninety five kilos, one hundred eighty two meters, eighty two post contact, one offload, twenty four tackles, zero misses. Second game back from a hamstring injury. Quite a lengthy one as well. Fucking hell, honestly. In 53 minutes. So he had more post-contact metres than, what, the greatest post-contact metre player of all time, Tamalolo? Tamalolo. Well, he had the same al- amount of runs. He had almost more post-contact metres than the entire Doggies pack had running metres. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but uh, actually, we'll get to the Cowboys. How, would, would, yeah, have we done the Bulldogs or no? Oh, yeah, we'll get to the Cowboys, stick to the dog, doggies. Um, uh, Jackson Topiner, I think that's how you say it, or Topine, apologies if I'm saying it wrong. Um, I think he might be the 13 going forward. I yeah. think I was a bit concerned about his size. I remember we spoke about it like 12 months ago, but I think he's proven on the edge there that his size is not an issue. And on top of that, Ruben Cotter, you're telling me that Jackson, uh, Cotter, uh, Jackson Topine and Ruben Cotter are that much different size-wise? I think he might be the perfect 13 for them going forward. And I think they'd be crazy not to start putting him in there now um, to build that combination with Kyle Flanagan. I also want to give a shout out to Kyle Flanagan. How good's he been? Mm. Seriously, like he's just been so bloody good. Um, Matty Burton, if my, at the moment, and I'd have to like sit down and think about this, but right now off the top of my head, it got, for sixes this year, it goes Cam Munster, Dylan Brown, and Matty Burton for me. I think he's been a top three six this year. Yay or nay? Yeah, I don't think it's unfair. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, no, I think that's probably fair. Let us know in the comments section. Is Matty Burton being a top three six this year? What do you reckon, Timmy? 
Yeah, I mean, I have to list them all and get them in front of me. But, uh, yeah, he's been unreal. So, yep. why not? Because I'm trying to think, like, Whiten. I feel like Burton's probably had a better year than Whiten, although Whiten's had some really good games. I'd, I'd give it to Birdo. Yeah, I reckon Burton's yeah, been I'd top go three. Burton over Luai this year. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Then you've got what? You've got, um, we already said Storm. Go over Cody Walker. Cody's been... Ordinary by his standards. By his standards. He's been a bit better lately. Yeah. Um, then you've got Cowboys, which is Dearden. I would say Burton's been better than Dearden. I mean, I think the year that this guy's had has just... He is currently on massive unders. Mm. Massive unders, which yeah. is crazy to think. I, I think you're getting close to the ballpark of 800k a year. I really do. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a star 5'8". Like, yeah. 800k a year because he's not doing this in a team that's fucking killing it. He went to the doggies and helped lift them off the bottom of the table. This kid is special, man. In all seriousness, as crazy as it will sound, how much money does his left boot add to his contract? Seriously, more than my left nut. <laughs> no doubt about that <laughs> whatsoever. But it's got to be... I don't know why I said that. It's got to be... <laughs> like, you've got to be talking at least 150k it adds, I reckon. Honestly. Like, we've never seen anything like it. They score tries off it every single week. Yeah. It's probably the, it's the most valuable left boot in the game, nearly. Outside of maybe, all clear, he's not left-footed. He's right-footed. Yeah, but I, like, what Burton's case, like, I, I, do you remember sitting here last year going, Nathan Cleary's bombs are just unbelievable. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever get, like my jaw's never going to drop at a Cleary bomb again because I'm so used to what this guy does. Every bomb you're sitting there going, something's going to happen here. If just something doesn't happen, it's a miracle. Yeah. The ball's bounced dead. That's the only way that something could not happen here. Mm. Next yeah. step in his career, learn the Pat Richards kickoff. Yes. Imagine him doing him off the tee. I would no doubt he could do it if he worked out a little bit. And then he turns everyone. Like when Pat Richards was doing those kickoffs, it was almost like a 50-50 every kickoff. Yeah. Kyle Felt does it pretty well. Like Felt a, does do yeah, it well. Yeah. Um, Matty Burton, like just the way he hits a ball and times a ball, I'd love to see him start trying to do that. Ve- far easier said than done. Yeah, but with enough sure. work over the off-season, imagine him sending those up every time he kicks off a footy. Oh, Ooh. mate. It's, it's such a weapon. It's such a weapon. Does he, he he will go on the kangaroo squad at the end of the year? Won't he? It's getting very fucking crazy. You know what? It's crazy. We're gonna have a fifty man squad yeah, soon. Yeah, we're getting a very. Um, oh, can play centre, can play five A. So, yeah, Dylan Brown is a six for New Zealand. You know what? You probably do take him. You know, you probably do take him because I'm trying to think like who else who else deserves it on form. In it for Australia And like what We look at the other Centres You'll have Gagai Who will be there I think Holmes Will be one centre And I think Latrell Will be another centre It's going to be interesting To see what they do With Gagai Because his form Mm. Hasn't been the best At the Knights Yeah And and, you know He did have a Not the best series He was good in game three But didn't have the best series I wonder what they do With Gagai Depends if Turbo's there as well Yeah if Turbo's there It's going to be hard Um, Yeah look I'm not sure But mate Burton is amazing He's amazing Uh Outside of that, massive shout out to Kyle Flanagan. I just think that he's just he's just kept his head down and kept working and kept working. He's a big reason why Burton has been uh, unlocked. Um, well, yeah, we, we we spoke about him the other day a few weeks ago, and I put up a, a bit of content about it, and I couldn't believe the amount of Canterbury fans that were still bagging Flanner. It's crazy. I, I couldn't. Like, are you watching these games of football? The reason, one of the reasons why Burton is playing so well is because Flanagan releases him. Like he releases him from all the nonsense and allows Burton to have the good ball stuff, or just whenever he needs to get the ball, he gets it. And then outside of that, Flanagan's setting everything up. That's it's bizarre to and me. Yeah, like all these Canary fans, because oh, anyone could do it. Okay, go get anyone. 
Let me know how it works <laughs> out. Hey, you know that anyone you tried it earlier in this year? You tried and it, it was a heat. disaster. Should we go through the list of guys you tried at seven before Flano? Seriously, like it was almost like you were trying not to pick Flano. You finally get him in there. He absolutely has a combination with Burden. So surprising to me. Um, so yeah, really exciting times for the doggies now. Onto the the Cowboys. We'll try and go through a little bit quick because I think we're getting up to four hour mark. Um, drink water. First half a bit quiet. Second half just turns it on. Unbelievable. Fucky silky. Probably the silkiest fullback. Seriously. He just glides across the park. Mm. Just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. He's so impressive now. They've come out and said they're going to try to keep Hamiso and Scotty Drinkwater. Um, yeah, I, I, he was amazing. Um, you know, Townsend had some really good moments too. Uh, Cohen Hess is another guy who I think is really beginning to play some good footy for the team. Um, just some good moments. He's not like statsing it up, but he's just has some good key yeah, he moments. Had some good runs, yes, yeah. He was solid, yeah. Um, Nanai is a freak. Uh, Tommy Gilbert was fantastic. Um, but yeah, Ruben Cotter. But I also want to shout out Luciane Leilua. I thought this was his best game in Cowboys colours. And I thought he was really the difference that like really upped the ante for the Cowboys when they needed it. And unfortunately, the doggies couldn't go with them. Uh, well, not unfortunately for Cowboys fans. He had a try, try assist. He had 13 runs, 144 metres, 60 post contact, four tackle breaks, a line break, a line break assist, 16 tackles, only one offload. <laughs> Just a fucking mammoth performance. The longer this season goes, the more important he's going to get. He's the kind of guy you need in finals footy because you can't prepare for him for one. But also, if you're preparing for the Cowboys, you've already got to deal with Nanai. All these other boys that you're focused on, Jason Tamalolo, we haven't even spoken about him yet. So like, it's almost like he's that extra guy that fills, overflows the cup. Um, How good is it that we can talk about six forwards before Tamalolo? Yeah, amazing. Honestly amazing. Um, great win by the Cowboys. Sometimes you've got to win games that you're just not playing that well at the start, and they got the job done. Really, really exciting for the Cowboys. And I think they're a premiership threat. I think Cowboys fans get excited. I can see them lifting the trophy at the end of the year. I don't have them as favourites, but I tell you what, they're just as likely to be in the grand final as nearly any other team in that eight, in my opinion. That's how good they're going. Um, now, quickly onto the Tigers versus the Knights. Uh, oh, this is tough. <laughs> Knights started the game really, really well. Matter of fact, Knights started the game so well that I'm sitting here going, this is what I expect from that squad. Mm. They were great. Um, Tuala was fantastic. I thought Dan Gaga had a massive bounce-back game. Um, he had 14 tackle breaks, 203 metres. Like, he had a pretty – He's had a, his form's been a bit down, unfortunately, but he had a massive bounce-back game. Um, Jaden Braley, Braley, huge knock. Look, the good thing is, is that although that second half, they, it's like they were trying to lose the game, they got the win. They got the win against the fast-finishing Tigers. Um, what did you think about this game, Guru? Uh, yeah, pretty ugly stuff. But uh, Newcastle, everything's just tough for them at the moment. On-field, mm. off-field, whatever it is, just great for them to get a W. Um, I thought Tex Hoy was pretty good. Uh, it's... Yeah, it probably hasn't quite lived up to the hype that he came in with, which was sky high, to be fair. Uh, but I thought he had a good game. He would have gone for almost 200 metres, a couple of tackle breaks and whatnot, scored a meaty too. Um, Jake Clifford too. I think he's shown good signs. I'm, I'm glad to see him back in this team. Mm. Um, I thought he was pretty solid. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's I, I don't know read. if it was harder to lose this yeah. game or to win this game. It was um, It was tough. Timmy? Mm, yeah, real bludger of a game, to be honest. It, it's just like, I remember growing up when the Sunday afternoon 4 o'clock game was like one of the hype games around. Yeah. They put real heavyweights in it. 
nowadays, it just it's obviously TV related and viewers and audience all that sort of stuff. But they just seem to throw the cellar dwellers there every week now. And um, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, like awesome for the night. <laughs> I just he's just so hyped for it now. Sunday afternoons, you're like, uh, yeah. you used to rush home on a Sunday. Yeah. Make yeah. sure you were home. Well, well yeah. the next three, are, I think it's tight Titans nights. Uh, you got uh, Raiders versus Tigers. You've got Knights versus Titans. You've got Knights versus Raiders. Sorry, did I say that one? And then the last one is, yeah, Tigers versus Raiders. So they're all like pretty go. average games for the rest of the year. Every time, the four o'clock Sundays. Make now. your partners feel special on a Sunday for the next month. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's a, um, yeah. but you're right though. It's, it used to be such a good finish to the week yeah. or at least a start to the week, however you're looking at it. But uh, oof, she's been tough. Um, Knights situation, thoughts. So they just, it's just all about next year. They desperately need to sign a half. It is like so desperate I cannot describe how. Yeah, I hope they took the opportunity to talk to Brooks while he was there. Or he was Hastings. There. Or Hastings. Hastings first, but either of them. I hope they spoke to someone. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they just need to find a seven. Obviously, Milford's going to leave next year. I'd have no problem with Clifford playing six next year. Yep. But I think you need to go out and get yourself a seven. You've got the nine. You've got the one. Yep. I yeah, agree. In fact, you've got fucking everything. Just get a seven. Who are they talking about bringing to the club? Oh, but was it Bevan French they're talking about bringing to the club? Yeah. Yeah, Bevan French. I mean, it's a good signing, but it's not what they need. Like, it's fucking not even not close. definitely not what they need. Like, it'd be great for them on the sting, for sure. Um, but they are they are seriously desperately in need for a seven because the problem is, is that, like, it's a snowball effect that if they have another year like this, then they start losing all these gun forwards and it's just all of a sudden you're back at the bottom of the table because you've lost all your guns. Um so, yeah, desperate need for a seven. Sorry, guys, we have to rush through this. Uh, we've been going for quite a while. Um, On to the Tigers quickly. Uh, started really poorly, really un-Tigers-like compared to the last few weeks. Um, you know, came home really strong. Offen Galway worked his ass off, 164 metres, 44 tackles. But just some of the sets at the end there where they were trying to win the game were just yeah. like, if you ever needed a game to show you why they miss Hastings so much, that was the game. Because if Hastings playing, in my opinion, I think they probably win it. I really do. He was playing 7, 6, 13, yeah. 9, front row. Fuck, they would have won with him on the field. Yeah, oh, I reckon they would have for sure. And it just shows you, like, Dewey can only do so much. He needs someone there with him. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, Jock Baden had some good moments. But just towards the end of the game, like, they weren't even throwing any real good shape at them. It was just, like, do your best kind of stuff. Um so, um, look, they need to keep – like, if they – I know there's, like, rumblings about Hastings moving on, but I think that's insanity that they would lose a guy like Hastings. I, I don't even know if it's better for Hastings, whether he's – like, for his value, I don't know if it rises more when he's on or off the field. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, if I'm Knights, I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a big contract at Hastings. Like, a big contract. Well, you, you look at – I was sort of excited for Adam Dewey about how we wrapped him um, yep. massively last week. And I was thinking, all right, um, Hastings out, Brooks out. It's his show to run. It just like it showed that while, while he can get a team around the park, he was really off in this one and, and mm. sort of didn't um, – because he didn't sort of have – you mentioned Birdo gets unleashed with Flano running the show. Yep. Dewey's – Dewey and Birdo are similar enough footballers yep. in a lot of ways and he needs someone to unlock him because he was running the show – like. Didn't have a lot of touches. The last set of the game when the Tigers were attacking the Knights line, he didn't touch the ball. Now, I don't know if that was his fault or 
poor decisions well, from the dummy sets half. before that, he was getting tackled on the fourth. Yeah, getting tackled. And then the last set, they had two one-ups. This is with like 30 seconds to go, front mm. rowers. And then they had a scoop from dummy half, and that was basically it. Yeah. Just gone. They were just a shambles. Yeah. Whereas like Hastings would have been formed straight in there. Boom, boom, boom. Get there, get yeah. there. And it would just... Yeah. I, I honestly... If it is true that the Tigers like may not want to re-sign or, or whatever, like I don't think it is. But if it is true, Hastings is he deserves better. Like look what he has done when he's played for that club. They should be he should be number one. Like mm. we are keeping you no matter what. Yeah. Hastings and Dewey, if they have Hastings and Dewey in, in the side with Appy at nine, with Papali'i on the edge there, they can play finals footy. That's like they've got some really good outside backs like Asu Kapoa. Like I thought he, was, he had seven tackle breaks. Like, okay, yeah, he missed a few tackles or whatever, but there's potential mm. there. Naden, we all know Naden can play some good footy on his day. Uh, Stafford Toa, again. Ken Mamalo, like when he's on, he's on. Uh, so, yeah, really, really tough loss for the Tigers and kind of ruined a lot of good work that they'd put in. Well, we sat here seven days ago so bullish about them, about knocking off the Bronx, almost knocking off the Cows. And then we're sitting here now and they got beaten by Newcastle yeah. and just looked to shambles against them. Yeah, oh, so disappointed. I was so excited for at them. At Campbelltown. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, poor. Uh, I, I feel sorry for their fans. But um, unfortunate loss. Hopefully they can bounce it back next week. We are done. Done and dusted. Any announcements, guys? No, we're all good. All good? All good, mate. Uh, dad drop Wednesday 6pm Be there uh, Also Blow quitties There's about 100 left I think So not many So get in before they go uh, And I'll go and fuck myself Thank you